Hello and welcome back. Hey, everyone. Hi. Howdy. This is the end of this arc. It is the final session of the Weave of the Nine Stone preliminary arc, Tales of Twilight. And, yes, I just named it. And as we are diving into session number seven of seven, ah, we lost one, um, we are going to excitedly recap everything that's been going on in this campaign so far, make sure that y'all know what stakes are going on with these characters and what's happening next, and then we will begin a slightly longer session, expect maybe another hour, an hour and a half for this one, folks, along with some extra breaks in between as we wrap up this finale here. I will comment that this is our final day with Uyanga's player, uh, Hannah, with us in person. But don't be don't be alarmed. There might be opportunities for these characters to continue to reunite in the future. Uh, but let's get into the real world, the Chrysalis world, and recap six whole sessions worth of content. Here we go. Start the timer. Three, two, one. In the world of Chrysalis, gemstones are how you get magical spells, and different civilizations have different belief systems, structures, ideologies, and forms of magic based on the gemstones that they harvest. Our six heroes come from different locations with backgrounds, stories, and struggles. They met at the Celestial Conservatory and the Sapphire Scholars. They formed an adventuring party, the Purple Hearth. After discovering a secret underground dungeon, the Dungeon of Taurus, they found a celestial script, the script of Virgo. After it was deciphered through Uyanga's song, they found that there was a curse that was afflicting the six of them to ascend into starlight in just 15 days, every day bringing them closer to that fate. However, after a little bit of help from Headmaster Zagria, Gaius, and Nova, who offered to ask as a distraction, they fought their way through some lower-level officers, fled the, uh, the conservatory itself, and through the woods found themselves uh, trekking until they made it to Star Step. Starstep, a city on the outskirts of the conservatory, is where they met Zanatis, a young wizard artificer who was desperate to find his next breakthrough in his research, knowing that there was a mystical, mechanical, and uh, a, a biomechanical electric energy coming from the Thundercrag Peaks. After they were almost discovered by the administrator known as Moira, they found themselves inside of a rocky enclave on the mountain peak where they fought a mighty earth construct. Defeating it and taking the core from its chest, they decided to use that core to develop the most powerful star signal scanner using Xenanus's abilities. As Zinni developed this material for them, they were aware of the fact that using this core would result in Moira revealed to be a sentient robot-like creature would no longer be able to be completely powered by the core source in the mountains. And so, designing this device, they were waking uh, they were going to wake up the next day to prepare for their upcoming adventure. With 14 days left on their celestial clocks and about a 2 days journey to reach the tomb of Virgo, what will our heroes face as they try to save themselves from certain celestial demise? That is where we're going to start today's session. Except, if I may pause music for a moment, it's time to rewind ourselves by about 20 hours. It is the next morning, they are preparing to leave. But before that, at the top of the Thundercrag Mountains, as a thunderstorm began to descend and a construct stepped forth out of a wall to begin to fight. 
one of our heroes experienced something truly tremendous, a form of celestial phasing unlike anything else that was seen. Uyanga, you awake in a void of colors. Imagine the film of soap if you were preparing to blow a bubble, except it completely surrounds you. Like the air itself was a texture that you can't feel, but warbles with shimmering colored lights like it was made of that soapy material. And it goes as far as you can see, left, right, up, and down, no ground beneath you. Your body flips through this visage. And every now and then you hear a drop of water and a slight echo. What do you do? How conscious am I? Like, how much can I think? Probably operating on, like, one Vicodin. <laughs> you were like half conscious. Yeah. yeah. How about how about it's that feeling where you woke up in the morning and then you decided to snooze and then somebody pulled you out of bed immediately. That one. That feeling so, right there. <laughs> so I think she just kind of is there for a while. Mm. However, long it feels like simultaneously a long time and no time. Hmm. And then she kind of, almost on instinct, kind of looks down and then tries to move her leg and take a step forward. Okay, you do this, and it feels like there is um, not solid ground, not rock, but almost like a, a, a thick liquid that you can sort of pull yourself through like you're swimming in water. For lack of anything better to do, she just keeps going forward. Okay. Are you like, how are, are you swimming? Is she just walking? Yeah. Are you it's, doing like it's a butterfly? No, it's basically like she's waiting, so it's almost like in slow motion. Okay. That it feels like she's wading through something, but when she looks down at her legs, there is nothing. Yep. So, at, so you're sort of wading forward through this mm -hmm. film, this sort of celestial... Uh, uh, echoing light sort of void here. And you still continue to hear And as you move, you can tell mm -hmm. uh, You move in one direction and can tell that this echoing of this drop is going farther away from you. Okay. So she, she like the moment she realizes that she's going farther away from it she like pauses and kind of frowns just a little mm -hmm. and slowly turns, considers it for a moment, mm -hmm. and then goes towards the sound instead of waiting. Okay. So you're waiting. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to say that you, you continue to wait for what to you feels like 10 minutes, and nothing really seems to be changing. It does feel like the, the sound is getting very slightly closer. Um, I need you to roll a Celestial Ascension check. Oh boy. Okay. You want to roll uh, lower than a 14 or a 20. Okay, four. Cool. So you you feel almost like your DNA, the sort of the, the chi, the, the energy that makes your life what it is, 
begin to siphon off into the universe as you lose a day of your time on Earth. You are now wading forward, Mm -hmm. um, and then you continue, (coughs) and it feels like you're getting closer, but you don't see anything. Like, so technically things are changing. The the film continues to shimmer and warble, and the colors shift there, but you don't see anything recognizable. Nothing is changing to your perception. Another 10 minutes pass, I need you to make another Celestial Ascension check. Eight. Cool. So you lose another day of your life on Earth, on Chrysalis, and you are now down to 12 days. After 20 minutes of waiting, you see that yourself has, you see that coming through, almost like it, I I cannot think of a better description other than stepping out of a fog, but in this case, the fog was the lights from the colors. You see a thick, vertical film of water. Um, Actually, it's better to describe it as soap. Because, like, if you imagine a gigantic bubble wand, except yeah. it's infinitely tall and infinitely wide, you are now coming up on it, and I'll just say for right now, you're ten feet away from it, and okay. you can continue waiting for it if you want. I wait for it all the way up to it, and then I stop. Okay. As you are walking forward, you do notice that there is a drop of water that, from this vertical plane, flings itself forward, and then gravity pulls it back. And you look through the film and you see the drop repeating that motion on the opposite side. So from a side perspective, it goes, and then it pulls back. And every time it strikes on your side of the film, the echo dissipates into the void. Um, When it hits the other side, you don't hear it at all. Um, And every single time that it hits coming downward, it sends a little ripple out to the sides Mm -hmm. and it is slow and rhythmic and it continues on forever. It does not itself dissipate. So it's it's like a perfect ripple for infinity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you see all of this. And the last thing that you notice when you were there is you begin to hear something. Please roll perception. This is hearing. And I want you to roll with uh, advantage. Okay. Well, I do have a uh, plus five to perception, so... <laughs> advantage clutch <laughs> advantage 17 clutch. great so <laughs> so you begin to hear the rhythm so far has only been the sound of a drum and it's been perfectly in sync over and over again but then other sounds begin to fill the space and you see on the shimmer in between the ripples of the drop other, uh, if you've ever seen like uh, a stereo or an EQ on a DJ setup, the different sound effects bump up mm-hmm. and down based upon the, the volumes of the various uh, uh, pitches, mm-hmm. and you see the wall begin to dance uh, as these ripples of their own shapes and sizes begin to take form. And what you begin to hear with a 17, you already recognize as a song of your people. And so I will not, there are, there are no lyrics, but I will attempt to play multiple instruments at once. Mm-hmm. It's... And then you hear a wind instrument. Oh, 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 oh,
And so it keeps going, and it is building in volume. You step up to it, and you know this song. Why don't you roll pers- uh, performance for me, and let's see how that goes. Oh, boy. Ascendant beats coming to us for me. Um, it is a nine with my plus seven ah! performance. You're in that haze. You're yeah. in that someone pulls you out of yeah. bed and you're like, oh, yeah. I can't sing early in the morning. Yeah. Um, then I am going to impose this restriction on you and boy, this will be fun. Not for you though. Yeah. Uh, I need Justin nice. to come over and cover both of her ears. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh, Sorry for us. boy. Before he does that, I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. Okay. And you will do your best because actually, technically your life depends on it. Um, uh, I'm about to whistle a very specific tune with a pretty common re- uh, meter. And then your job is to repeat it as you hear it. And we're just going to exchange bars back and forth. Um, he is going to hinder your ability to even hear what I'm whistling, which is representative of you maybe not remembering this tune from your people. Right. Um, and you are going to do your best to represent it. And yes. based on how you perform, we'll see, we'll see what you see. We'll see what you do. Okay. We'll see what you see. Okay, so I'm going to give you the rhythm, and then you're going to cover when I point to you, and then we'll go. Am I being pointed at? So you are focused, and you did a great job. You, I think my whistling's actually pretty easy to do, but, you know, for what it's worth. It's fine. For what it's worth. It's your natural, your natural. So, um, you start singing, and as your voice begins matching sort of the dancing of the EQ I've described on this shimmering wall, you begin to see not just the EQ as I described it, but you begin to see faces. Like relief sculptures pushing through this film, and immediately you see the face of your father, Tumulin. And you see him making motions that would indicate that he's singing. You don't hear his voice. Um, instead, you only hear music. And then, uh, and then next to him, with a what'd you get? A nine? Yeah. Uh, you see a bunch of nondescript faces, um, <laughs> but you see that they're moving in a way that might signal they're dancing. So they're moving up and down rhythmically. There's some small ones and some big ones, um, like people. Uh, and uh, as you are listening, you then begin to hear a shift in the music. The music that had a particular rhythm and uh, arrangement of instruments is now being sort of infected by other sounds that don't belong. I'll try to simulate. So the song begins playing, you know, and it's... And 
And it's disruptive to you because you don't recognize any of this. Mm -hmm. And I guess with a nine, the best I can tell you is that it is very clear to you that you are having a connection with your father and something is cutting right in the way of that. And as soon as this electric guitar <laughs> ramps up, it literally, like I've described the EQ effect, mm -hmm. it gets so loud that it begins through the effect of, of moving the film muting the uh, expression of your father's face. You literally cannot see him anymore because of the sound. And then eventually it completely washes out the entirety of it until there's just the single drop throwing, throwing in on one side or the other. I need you to roll another Celestial Ascension check. Oh boy. As you've spent ten minutes here at the wall observing this. Three. Three! These are good low rolls. Good low rolls. Alright, you have 11 days left. And as soon as this ends and it breaks your wall, your capacity to connect, you are certain that your father is trying to connect with you and that your song was able to give you a sense of what he's feeling, albeit not a very uh, great sense, uh, mm. but it got interrupted by something else. You, boom, wake up. You are in the Montaigne house, a place that you saw Previously, um, when you when he when uh, Keplo Montaigne made you some tea, and as of now you look around, it is no longer noon. You're not on a mountain. There is no giant construct getting ready to attack you. It's dark. There's a fire. There's some strewn mechanical pieces, engineering, uh, what sits and who dads that are all over a workshop where something was built. You see. Aegon, walk over to your friend, Ari. He says something you don't hear, you're too far away at the moment, you're still kind of in a haze, hearing the song in your head, the guitar and the sort of the, the shark uh, Tom's playing, and Aegon whispers something to Ari, and Ari stands up and walks away. You look around, you see that Axios is off by himself. He is seemingly not willing to talk to anyone right now, and everyone feels very sullen. Um... What do you do? What happened? I'm going to say, at the, at, as of now, you're not near anyone, but anyone could hear you. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of like, let's just say you're in the house, and then people are just like, I'll just arbitrarily put you in different places as I see fit. So I'll say Aria's left the building. So other than that, everyone else is... Have we been aware of her, like, shimmer with us this whole time? Or yeah. has she just been not there? Yeah, I know we had to talk past the last session, but y'all quickly got used to the idea that she was just shimmering, and you did not have anything you could do about it, but she would follow you, I would say, just because. Because. Uh, and, like now, and now it yeah. is completely ceased, um, obviously. And it's thundering outside. And, and it, just a little bit of rain <laughs> continues as the thunder clouds from the thunder crag start to hover downward into Star Step and sort of nest themselves above the Montaigne house. And there's a little rain exactly on where Ares walking. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but there's a little bit of a sprinkle. Mood. No, but there's a little, let's say a little bit of a sprinkle right now. Uh, actually. <clears throat> oh, there's a lot of a sprinkle. It's it's like it's like Wet. good rain. It's a 17, like, so it's it's wet. a lot of rain right now. Uh, so, so, Uyanga, like, stands, but she, like, staggers a little because she hasn't yeah. 
had legs <laughs> <laughs> for a good like. It's been like ten, ten hours. hours. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time. Um, so she like staggers kind of and like clutches the chair that she was sitting on before like managing to stand a little and. For lack of another person, and I think because she's connected with Axios a little, because they're both from Tobas tribes, she makes her way over to him. I think he's also like closest, probably. Yeah. So, what are you, what are you doing right over now? To him. I was trying to think of what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're thinking of what to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I let's see. Hitting your head against the wall. <laughs> um. Let's say I'm just kind of like. Ooh, I want to be sitting by a fire. <laughs> yes, there is a fire. There's a little kettle on it, black kettle, and it's clear that Montaigne is uh, making more tea for those who want it, since that's his two defining characteristics, is that he looks like hot Santa and makes a lot of tea. Uh, <laughs> Great. Hot tea Santa. Um, hot tea Santa. Hot Santa tea. In that uh, case, I am sitting, like, by the fire because it feels good, and I have, like, a mug, and I'm, I'm waiting for tea. Okay. Uh, so... Oyanga walks, staggers, manages to get over to him, and kind of half falls, half kneels beside him, because her legs won't really hold her anymore. I'm like, whoa, like, I don't want you to fall in the fire. So I'm just like, hey, be, be careful as you're sitting down, because I notice you kind of, like, stumble. Yeah. So I, like, put a hand out to, yeah. So steady. I, like grasp onto his arm a little and, like, lower myself to the floor. I'm like, what? What happened? Where's the construct? I thought we were fighting. Well, that was, that was the least difficult thing we had to do yesterday. <laughs> or is this today? It's today. It's the night before. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was the least difficult thing we had to deal with. Uh, we fought it. It was tough. Um, do you, do you remember that lady that was chasing us? Uh, administrators. Yeah. Uh, well, so once we defeated the the big dude, we did defeat it then one well, Oh, yeah, that was easy. Yeah. No problem. You're completely painless. Oh, yeah. No one was ever going to die. No one died. Not even a single time. <laughs> and you're going to, like, kind of listen in and be like... <laughs> <laughs> I'll also be listening in. We did end up defeating him. We got a sort of power source from him. It was like this cube of electricity, almost. Mm. Um, And that was when the administrator and her minions caught up with us. But we ended up talking to them about it, um, telling them the truth. And what we discovered was that Moira is a robot of Mo- some kind. Moira? Oh, sorry. That's the name of the administratish. I do regret making up that word. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real word. Is uh, it? Yeah. All right. Ministress. Cool. And she is powered by all of the electricity that hits that mountain. Um, Zenny was very sure that this core thing we found would be the key to helping us break this curse. Good. Then, then we have a lead, then. That is true. But what Zenny also told us was that if we wanted to 
save time in creating this tool, it was going to use up the power and prevent Moira from being able to recharge on the mountain. So we discussed it as a group um, and decided to, well, Moira was surprisingly cool about it. Um, she, She accepted our decision, but we decided to use up the power of the core in order to create the tool. It was not an easy discussion that we had. Um, we weren't all necessarily in agreement on what we should do. So oh. that's what happened. Um, so we have the tool that'll help us break this curse. And those are our next steps. We just got to keep moving forward. How much can I remember? From what? From oh, from phasing. your dream? From, yeah. Uh, oh, from like, from, from, the, from the real world while you were phasing? No, just from what oh, I, just from, from what I, okay. You remember all that. Just like it was a dream, a strong dream you remember. Okay. I was phasing, wasn't I? Yeah. Luckily you would follow us, and it didn't seem like you could get hurt, so we were able to fight uh, without worrying for your well-being but yeah so, uh, since basically the beginning of the fight how long mm, 10 hours that's long <laughs> i'm just glad you came back we didn't know if we would be able to see you again i don't think i entirely did what do you mean we in, like, outside of just, like, game mechanics, we know as in our characters, in our group, how much time we have left, right? Yeah. Like, you can just sort of approximate that you have X number of days because mm-hmm. it feels like you're losing your grip on reality. So we have what? We have we three have more days than you? Yeah. Four, yeah. At this point, because we have 15 Yeah, you're going to wake up tomorrow with 14 days yeah. left. She's going to wake up tomorrow with 10 days left. We had 15 days, right? That's right. Still do. Not all of us. I have ten. Is that from the phasing? It was the longest anybody had ever phased before. I don't... Could that happen to us? I don't know. Probably. Well, on the upside, because of our decision today, we'll get there a lot faster. We would have lost about three or four days, Zenny said, if we had gone the other direction, so. Upwards of weeks, I think he mentioned. Mm. Hmm. While this is happening, I need to resolve some uh, lasting consequences from mm-hmm. the battle. Because a battle like that was really hard, physically, on this party. Um, you two went down, is that correct? Twice. You went down twice, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> you went down twice? Oh, okay, cool. Um, here's... Here's what we're going to do. Um, I know that. Let's do let's do Aegon first. I want you to roll a d20, and we're going to determine just how badly you were injured based on how you went down. Cool. Nineteen. Cool. Um, in your fight against the construct, you were finding opportunities to stop it from moving. You were going direct, like directly up to fight him, 
And at the time at which you were knocked out, you took the hit with your face, which was especially bad. Um, your nose is broken in such a way that it's about at a 20 degree angle off of what it should be. Um, in universe, it's clear that with a little bit of magical healing, it could be completely corrected. And honestly, would probably just heal back on its own. I'll be a little crooked. Um, you have a broken nose from for for now, from now, from now on. Um, cool. Um, Can we heal that? Can I want you to roll again. D twenty. It's also a nineteen. It's also nineteen. Okay. Ketosis. Doubly broken. <laughs> very, very twenty. Yeah, you're not strong. <laughs> like almost off. Um, you also, as of now, um, your uh, 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 the left side of your chin, this jawbone was broken in your fight, and so just laughing or eating foods, swallowing, chewing, those are all extremely painful for you. Left side of your jaw. <laughs> Broken bones. Not fun. All right. Are you excited? No. Uh, would I know that higher or lower is better in this scenario? Nope. It's random. It really, it's distributed in such a way as to not have a system. Okay. <laughs> One of yours will be a bludgeoning uh, injury. The other will be a lightning injury. So we'll get to that. Uh, let's roll bludgeoning first. That's less exciting. Great. <laughs> it's a nat 20. Ah! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so good. Pretty funny. Uh, um, so Wild you... Surge? <laughs> No. Woo! <laughs> uh, you you took a, a, a blow to the head in, in combat that gave you a um, a <laughs> a bad bad strike to the temple of your head, causing right. an immediate concussion and will incur a psychic injury. I need you to roll d twenty for this. What? Psychic. <laughs> okay, would I know that this is better, higher, or? <laughs> It's, yeah. it's or still is it kind still of random. random. It's still uh, kind so of random. I took the lucky feet, and I yeah. didn't know before oh, you give me the I'm result. sorry. I now understand why you were asking. Yes. Okay, so um, yes, you can totally re-roll this if you want. Um, I wish this had enough... It's fine. Uh, it doesn't matter. How about, just... this? How about this? Screw it. Um, including the previous roll that, that I just resolved. If you want to just not have it and re-roll... You can do that. I'm not going to tell you what the other options are. There, the, this first roll was from bludgeoning damage, so there are things like what uh, you saw Aegon experience. You can re-roll that. Mm. Or you can roll the psychic injury and then re-roll that if you want to. I, I want to point out that I'm not going to permanently cripple your character's okay. combat abilities <laughs> from this. I'll um, just roll psychic. It's okay. Fine. That's a five. That's a five? Oh, oh that's uh, the wrong table. Okay, cool. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, whoa. Whoa. Dang. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so um, you took a strike to the head. It's a concussion. Ow. Here's what you're suffering at this point. Okay, hang on. Let me make a note of it. Okay. Um, you have severe migraines. Uh, whenever you are deeply concentrating on something, which translates to like a perception check or a wisdom check, uh, then you begin to take... Uh, a lot, uh, not a lot, sorry. You take damage from having a lot of pain from your uh, your headaches. <laughs> it doesn't actually give you disadvantage. You just take damage when you, you do it. Damage when um, I, I, I thought I might as well tell you, even if you haven't done it yet. It's every time you do a check, it's uh, D6 plus 2. To beat. 
eight damage. I'm re-rolling that. <laughs> yeah, that seems wise. I'm using a luck point to re-roll, <laughs> and right, then cool. I can choose which of the ones that I cool. take. This is so funny, because in the context of the universe, you're using luck to like have your concussion give you a different right. disability, uh, which is very interesting. That's an 18. 18? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, let me roll this. Oh, okay, cool. Um, oh, it looks like nothing happened. Good for you. Great. <laughs> wow. So looks like or nothing happened. I said what I said. All right. Uh, now you have to roll again for lightning damage. The time you went down from the the shock to the to the earth here. Wait. Didn't I go down to that? Oh, okay. did you? Did, Too late. It, it shocked your jaw broken. You got shocked, shocked you fell on your jaw. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. Not 20. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, so here's here's where you're at. Um, you, your, your body was so severely jolted by electricity that uh, occasionally, oh, anytime you do dexterity checks, you have muscle spasms. Uh, and the muscles back. I'm a rogue! <laughs> Magical healing can cure this, um, uh, and that's typically like a, like a, no, I mean like a restoration spell. Um, otherwise, they'll resolve on their own after two weeks. Two weeks of mu- muscle spasms. What do the muscle spasms do to uh, me? That's it. Oh, oh, I see, got it. Um, so... The table says disadvantage, but I wasn't going to make that apply. So what will happen is, um... I'll say you spaz every time you do a check, and then if you roll really badly, then something bad might happen. Fine. <laughs> That's much better than disadvantage. Fine. Does the same thing with restoration spell uh, apply to my wounds as well, or does cure wounds fix that? Typically, yeah. Cure wounds does? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, restoration spell can typically fix like broken bones and stuff like that. Okay, so yeah. maybe one of those in order to fix my face. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, my bad. So, in review. Oh, okay, so the <laughs> In review, broken nose, oh broken jaw, um, muscle spasms, all um, dex checks. Muscle spasms. <laughs> yeah, that's not, definitely not good for a rogue. Do um, I have to be talking without my nose? Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. I do look forward to that. Actually, it really that's what I want. Okay, cool. Good. So you two are tending to these wounds as you get ready for rest. Uh, I'm gonna say that we we wrap up the day. So mm-hmm. unless anyone has anything really burning they want to do, yes. Does that mean my long rest was after my left point was expended? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, because it, technically it happened when you got hit. Yeah. Um, and but weirdly enough, you leveled up after. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, so then you all go to rest. Um, and uh, what a great night. Uh, we already rolled your celestial ascension check. That means that all of you lost one day. You also lose a day as part of being with the party. So you're down to Love ten that. days. The rest of you. 14 no, I was already days. at ten, wasn't I? No, no, no. I said that number earlier. I said okay. tomorrow you. So you, you are currently at 10, they're at 14. Um, next day, Dawn's, um, something happens during the night. Uh-oh. What? Am I still outside? I don't know, where are you I sleeping? You came in. Honestly, I would probably stay outside, probably under like a shed or something. Okay, you find that a shed. Me, that There's a little like uh, really planters, uh, sort of garden there, you, you go over there. Um, uh, I'll spend the night outside on for... Just because I'm concerned about Harry. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, so let's say that you're out there at the moment. It is nighttime. Stars overhead. You can hear thundering in the distance. 
Okay, I can't, mm. I can't control <laughs> IRL control clouds. Uh, and, uh, Ari, during the night, your body breaks into cold sweats, and in your mind's eye as you sleep, you continue to hear the voice from Lena's apothecary shop in town. Great. Holy cow. You hear, a great time here. You hear, <laughs> you doomed them. How could you leave them behind? You led them to your slaughter. And you see, flying across your face, it soars decapitated head. <laughs> like it was just thrown. No thanks. You see... No thanks. Uh, kind of like a, a superimposed image of blood trickling down the steps of the crime courthouse. You see your father's face, like a flash of lightning in the night. You see your brother there, standing, erect, sword out, as he commands the troops to kill your friends and allies. You see faces of the common people of Crya, and then at the end of all that, you see Kita, who is um, still trapped in the, the, the uh, I'll just say the, the courthouse, in the, in the key. And throughout all of this, you continue to hear this voice echo as it gets louder and louder and louder and louder, and then you wake up in the middle of the night. Cold sweats. You will continue to have nightmares for, uh, looks like only one more night. I rolled it. You rolled well. So you just, I, I guess I'm allowed to tell you this. You, sure. you will have nightmares for one more night of rest. Congrats. <laughs> okay. Great. It's morning. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Love that. Does she just have a mental breakdown? I think and I, not recover. I think it's a <laughs> Let's be real. She just go crazy. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real. I, I do. Well, so that was an option. Um, uh, she did not get that. Uh, so, so let's uh, let, let's be real here. I think most people who play rogues want to be the edgy rogue, and she got to actually be the edgy rogue, <laughs> this is true. not by not by design, uh, which is great. Which is great. You do have some nightmares. Uh, Oh. They don't do anything special um, in terms of mechanics. As a destroy your mind. It's a destroy your everything else. Emotion. Uh, you wake up, Montaigne. He has made all of you some toast and eggs, uh, and they've got little goat cheese on them. Uh, he's pulled in some fr some like vegetables from his garden, so you can have some of that food. And then he is uh, uh, packing all of your stuff up as Zinni is also there, and the two of them are getting ready to see all of you off. I assume this smells great, but I, I can't. <laughs> My nose hurts really bad, guys. Uh, Keplo says, Oh, well, um, I think Kibo here has a processor if you want him to blend it up for you. What? <laughs> what? When you say what, Kibo is already springing into action. He rolls off the shoulder. And he literally takes the ball and he goes, and there's a little blade inside. And he's like, uh, yeah, that's a good, that's good, Kibo. Here you go. And he pours some eggs uh, and toast and milk into it. And then... Wait. Eric chuckles. Wait. And then there's a little tube that comes out. And he, pours, he picks them up and pours the, the smoothie into a cup. It's Wait. warm and cold at the same time. He hands it to you. 
Well, don't be rude. Don't be rude. Wait. <laughs> I, I can still Zinni, eat. Zinni promised me that you, that you love this kind of blend. He said that you ate raw crabs back where you came from. This is... I mean... He's not... <laughs> He also describes that you are are fantastic, that you have the ability to uh, vomit acid. Surely this is nothing for someone as, uh, you know, with such a uh, strong gut like yours. I mean, it's not. I just, I want you to know I can can eat. Put her there, put her there. He puts a hand behind your back and he starts pushing the cup to your face. (laughs) I'm just going to drink it. Uh, I'm going to drink it. How much psychic damage does he take? What are your real content for me? The rest of you see oh, that, that um, Aegon starts vomiting on the floor <laughs> of Montaigne's house. He's, oh, I'm so sorry. I I should have warmed up the milk. Um, uh, meanwhile, you, Aegon, Aegon, you take four points of damage from your jaw just feeling like it's being ruptured right now. Every time every time you huck, it's just like it's, it's pulling open your broken jaw. It's not a good time for you. Uh, he says, "Oh, I'm oh. so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, here, uh, let let me let me clean that up for you." Uh, Kibo, <laughs> down on the ground. He's got a tiny little like he like flattens himself into a Roomba and starts yeah, sucking Roomba. it up off the ground. <laughs> um, and then he goes outside and dispenses that. <laughs> so there you go. That's the, that's that. I don't ever want to come back here. <laughs> So, the rest of you have eaten. You're all, you're all rested. Maybe you less or so, but you did get a long rest. Um, you then leave and you have the device with you. Uh, Zinni did say who he gave it to last session, right? He did. He taught someone specific. Neither of Not us. Not us. I, I think it. it was Lupin. Okay, okay, cool. So, um, Lupin. I wasn't taught how to use it, though. We're just going to say the entire party's taught how to use it. Zinni right. briefly describes to you that the way that the device works is that you are to uh, help it to catch a signal. If you imagine like a radar gun mm-hmm. for uh, speeds, you have to point it at the signal that you're trying to trace. It will then capture it and store that signal so you can have it sort of indefinitely. Uh, and then if you were to point it, you use it to basically check locations for specific things. And, and this is the advantage you get because of your uh, consuming the core uh, decision, mm-hmm. is that it has an, an LCD screen that explicitly tells you within a one mile radius the exact location, if present, of that particular signal. So the sensitivity of, let's say, the gun part is increased. You have exact locations for the particular signals that you already have stored, and it has unlimited storage for those star signals. There are more uses that you might discover, but that's how, what he tells you he knows it does. So he's now given it to you. Um, he gives it to Lupin. Lupin, you're holding it. Um, and he already has the signal from his radio. So he plays it back. He then points it at the device, catches the signal. You now have the signal of what Zagria cast to locate the celestial tomb. Um, on top of that, he confirms by scanning the celestial script that is in your bag, uh, Aegon, that it matches. So he scans it, awesome. it is now stored, the celestial script is in your device, which is called the Star Signal Scanner. Uh, and you now know definitively that it's about a two days journey from here, on the opposite side of the Thundercrag Mountains, a little past a little valley outside of that, and then, I don't know the map, um, but it's on another mountain uh, that is beyond that, because there are plenty of mountains in this area. Great. Okay, anything else before you leave? What, is this, what would you call this device? The Star Signal Scanner. 
Well, I guess the only thing left to do is walk. I don't really want to eat breakfast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. I've got Sar. Yep. So, I'm riding her. Great. Um, I have noticed that Ares, like, staying as far away from the group as she possibly can while still, like, going with us. I assume you're going Seems with us. Right. <laughs> yeah. Seems yeah, I'm going. Right. So, um, I kind of nudge Sar closer to her. I don't entirely know what's going on, but I've guessed. Um, Axia said that we weren't all in agreement, and I can pretty much guess who wasn't. What are your insight? Have you guessed? Okay. Do you know? Have I? Do I? Do you know? You're kind of on that Vicodin kick right now. Mm-hmm. While she's in the side rolling, I'm just going to do healing word. Can't <laughs> oh, this is you that one. No, up. I don't. Uh, I know nothing. Okay, so. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. Uyanga, you're in this haze. You're thinking about your father. Yeah. You know that something's going on down there. It's very yeah, dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are trying to think about what's going on in the party. And your perception of what's happening here is that, um, man, this is really complex. How do I even make one on this, on what happened? Um, your insight is that everyone is going to be so sad to leave Zinni. They're going to miss him so much. I mean, we are. <laughs> this is true. Sad. Cool. I am also now sad about Zinni. <laughs> well, there you go. So, some truth to that, let's say. Um, do... Would your character act upon what you are pretty confident is missing Zinni and, and console Aerie about this? Oh, no. <laughs> Would I, Yeah, I think I go, I go over, but I don't think I, like, say anything blatantly. Okay. I right. still kind of act on what I think mm. is going mm, on. Okay. But I go over and I, um... I like because I'm on on Sar right now, so I go over and I've I've been able to tell that Aegon and Arya are very beat up. I don't think I need to roll on that. They're like <laughs> bloody his, and bruised. His nose is his this. nose is uh, the other way. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I know that one. So I I Aegon's too big to go on my horse, so I go to Arya. Okay. Um, and I like hold out my hand to her, and I'm like, do you want? I'm not mad at her, so yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I also didn't sleep well last night, so you have nothing to be mad at me for. So you're you're gonna step turn. up onto her horse then? Yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's riding. She's riding. Why do you roll a just a just a very very easy acrobatics Eight. check? Thanks. <laughs> uh, hello, can I get to acrobatics, please? Liz. Oh, that's real thunder. That is real thunder. So cool. It's you have a plus really seven, so. Okay, yeah, that's a, like, 24. Cool. So you very easily, very deftly, you're you're used to this, you jump up on, but as you contract your leg muscles to kind of make that leap onto the horse, they begin to uncontrollably spaz in place. It's like Ah! your leg is flicking in place as you are on the horse, and it is shaking Sar. Um, It... To your perception, I'm going to keep your one from earlier, it feels like she's terrified to ride on your horse. Okay, I, like, reach around behind me and, like, try to hold on to her as best she can so she doesn't freaking fall off the horse. Yeah, that seems fair. I'm gonna kind of, like, clutch onto her. Oh, very, very cute. So, so yeah, she's riding Pillion with me now. Okay, good. So, so, uh, buddy, buddy up on the horse. You're definitely not scared of riding the horse, but you'll you'll take the, you'll take the uh, comfort as it is. I'll take it. So, um, you ride off. Keplo and Zinni stand uh, at the doorway. Zinni outside his tower where he built this device as you ride forth. 
Tears now, stream does, from his eyes. Does, does Zinni <laughs> say anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Zinni uh, programmed a message because <laughs> he was in Kibo because he was so heartbroken that he wanted Kibo to deliver well, your course, message of course, of for course, him. Of so yes. Kibo yes. hops up, sense. and you hear the very robotic and not Australian voice <laughs> play back. Uh, and it says, <laughs> I don't want it to be a robotic voice. Um, uh, it's like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm going to miss you guys. Go and <laughs> I'll see you when you come back. Live long and prosper. You here? <laughs> you here? You here? All right, cool. That's, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Okay, so, okay, okay. okay. So, you, so you right off. You got Fern. You got Sar. We're riding, uh, uh, we got two on this horse, we got other three uh, running, kind of just like on foot here. It's going to take, it's going to take uh, three days, sorry, two, two nights, two nights. Yes. Uh, the path that you're taking is instead of going directly, what would that be, northeast in town, which would take you right back up the mountain again, you cut south a little bit, then east out the east, just like the straight eastern part of the town, you cycle around it, and then you're going on a known path that takes you in between the mountains. Um, that's going to take you a night, and then you're going to open up to an open plains area, and then you're going to take another night doing that. Um, I will roll in case something interesting happens. It's not like guaranteeing you get there without anything happening. Uh, this is a true, actual, completely uh, like custom sort of triple D20 here. We're going to see if anything happens on your first day on the road. Again. Couldn't wait. Okay, cool. Just let me think for a moment. Cool. Um, I I will merely talk through what happens. I don't think this is important enough to warrant uh, full roleplay. You reach a juncture where it looks as though. Uh, guards from a local city are taking a toll on people that are passing through the mountains. They are asking you. As thunder strikes and the guard looms down and looks at all of you. He sneers, stares at you in the eye and says, uh, that'll be four gold pieces, please. Oh, hi. Really? That's it. Well, who That's has it. our money? Four I gold pieces for the tree keeper Prionis' troops. The, Thank the you. App. It's in the part. Okay. The app has a. Uh, here you go. Do you want four gold from all of us or just four gold for everybody? Well, are you one party? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Four gold will do it. Just need to keep keep care of the roads. What did you say it was for? Uh, it's uh, one more than three. No. No. <laughs> what, what was the. Do you want the gold or not? What was the gold for? <laughs> to maintain the roads for tree keeper Prionis. Thank you very much. Welcome. Okay. He checks them to see if they're legitimate. He's like, "All right, thank you very much. Have a good, uh, have a good trip." We move on. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there are about like four other guards that are with them there, and then it's, it's clear that they've got like a little encampment that they sometimes can't pass. So loud. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Hey, <laughs> what kind of goods do you got in there? Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, um, those those look imported. Can I have one of them? He looks at it, he looks at it, he's like... Uh, you can have one of these gold pieces back. <laughs> hey, great job. Thanks, Yaga. 
I'm just saying, like, like these are like cookies that you pack from literally all the way okay. back. They're <laughs> home like cookies. Home cookies. No home it makes cookies. My eyes water to talk. Like <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. I'm committed. <laughs> all right, I'm committed. All right, the so finale. That is the only important and interesting thing that happens on the first day. Um, you continue through, and then you camp that night. We're gonna say off the road in a in a sort of a clearing that's behind some trees. Um, Ooh. Ayla, sorry, Ari is going to have more nightmares. Um, in your nightmares, how about it? I'm gonna roll. Do we need a long rest? Cool. It feels like your nightmares are... We long rested are... right before this yeah. session. But we long rested feels like now, too. You, you're gonna get that back after tonight, so... Um, it was a cantrip, you didn't... It, was, it wasn't a cantrip, it was the, uh, During the night, you have more nightmares. Um, they seem to be subsiding severely. The thing that seems to be the focus of your attention in these nightmares, the vision that you're seeing on this particular night, is your brother. Um, you see him walking in the courthouse. You see him carrying papers. You would probably recognize these as decrees. These are specific instructions, probably from your father, about the orders that he needs to carry out. And then he's walking through one hall, he talks to somebody, and you can see that there are holding cells for insurgent agents or for uh, other people that live in the city of Cryo. He walks through that. You kind of just see this in your mind. Um, no, no way of telling if that's actually true or not. This is a nightmare after all. But you see all this, and then you wake up, some cold sweats, uh, bad, bad night. Aries just kind of numb at this yeah. point, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I want to go sit by Ari. Can I go a, sit by Ari. I'd be I, awake looking at the stars, uh, rubbing my nose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm looking at the stars, rubbing my nose. <laughs> you go over. Um, I go over to Ari <laughs> because I have also not been sleeping great, considering that, you know, I only have nine days to live now. Well, we'll get there. And we'll roll that in a second. Yeah. Could be um, So, and then also, nine. like, I've been remembering what I saw when I was phasing and everything, so I am also not having a great night. So I walk over to Aerie, and I sit, go and sit beside her, and I'm just kind of quiet. You see her walking up maybe 30 feet away. You notice her walking over. I'm gonna sit there. All right, cool. Just making sure. Yeah. You know, you have a reaction time if you. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll reaction just sit there. Time. I'm sitting there. Like I said, she's not one of the ones that I'm mad at. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. So. You're sitting. That move has a lot of impact. I'm not actually just like up. lean my head on her shoulder. Uyanga is a, a little bit like surprised about this, but this kind of reminds her of her sisters, so she just goes. I'm not going to go over. My but nose Fern, hurts. But Fern is going to walk over and then just cuddle at their feet. At your command or because he wants to? Command. I don't, I don't. Yeah, do, do animal handling. Okay. Nice. Roll the deep Roll it. Because Fern is not especially like intimate with Harry yeah. as character. But so likes Uyanga. I mean, true. He does like Advantage? Her. He does like oh, Sar. Uh, that's that's, no, a, that's a different line. creature entirely. How'd you do? Advantage? Taking no. a bit, no, ten. Mm. All right. Uh, so <laughs> you two are okay. So you're you're sitting we, there. We Does anything else happen? We bonded. I thank her for the, the ride earlier in the day. Okay. And apologize for the violence shaking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that lasted like two minutes. Okay. Minute <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Cool. Uh, you two are sitting there, very quiet, and then you hear. <laughs> 
and there's a werebear walking up, and his nose is sniffing the ground in front of you. He's, he's, he's like walking up to the two of you. He seems he seems like cautious. He's kind of just like very gently approaching here. He doesn't do anything. Do I see Lupin give this command? Uh, I'll roll for you. No. Yes. No. Glare at her. Glares. And then get up and move to a tree. Oh no. Oyanga looks up at her and she almost calls Eri back. I will pat Fern before I leave, though. It's not his fault. Fern. Fern, um, seems uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, I'll just whistle and come back. I, I, I almost call up to Eri, but I just kind of look sad and keep sitting there. Alright. It's a weird night. Walked over the tree. You? Yeah, I noticed because I'm looking at the stars. Okay. You do this. Fern has, wa- Fern has returned to Lupin. Ares sees you coming. Uh, 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 Yanga stays with Sar kind of on the ground uh, to the side. We'll say that you two are alone enough over. to be out of earshot. I walk over. Don't leave this time. That's better. Aren't you, <laughs> aren't better. you in a tree? I thought you were under a tree. I... Given that my legs have been violently shaking, <laughs> you don't want to climb. I don't, don't really want to, want to trust them to climb. At the <laughs> so moment. you're like you're. I'll just like sit at the base of the tree. Okay, I guess. Cool. I'm just gonna go to the tree and sit, also, like with my back against the tree, and just like fold my hands in front of me and say something. <laughs> so Aegon walks up and says something. <laughs> Say. Okay, <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. I I don't think that we had another choice. We clearly did. I wish we did. Can I roll insight on Aerie to see if she wants to be in this conversation? I didn't think you were there. Where am I? Let me, let me roll Let me roll up for you real fast. That spell slots to me. I rolled. I rolled high. You happen to be awake and happen to see all Great. of this taking place. Wow. I'll do that. Okay. Uh, roll inside. Oh, I forgot about that part. <laughs> Impressive. You were very attentive. Well, I got a twelve. Okay. Um, your read on the situation is that Aerie is tired. Okay. <laughs> I will it. let them keep talking. Okay. I don't think that there's ever going to be anything I can say to help, but I am sorry that that. Did you know that that everyone I have ever loved in my life has been slaughtered in front of me? Mm -hmm. Yikes! (laughs) No, I did not know that. Did you know that it was by my father's hand? Did you know? That he thought that the killing of innocents was just because of his grandiose ideas, of his dream. That sounds like a pretty jerk. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? My dad left me on a mountain to die. (laughs) Did you know that you were the last person that I loved? Oh. What? Wait. What? I fell for you almost immediately. What? And 
I'm watching you follow in his footsteps, and I'm worried every day that you'll throw yourself off a cliff to be with the stars. Thunderclouds start to roll in and thunder rains. <laughs> I can't watch another person die by my hand, and you were supposed to be with Nova, and that was fine with me until you threw her to the wolves to die, too. And I seem to be the only person who cares about that. And now we've killed Moira, we've left Zagria, we've left Gaius, we've left everyone that I cared about. I don't have much caring left. I suppose that's fair, but I mean, the point of our quest is to go back. We're supposed to go Is that the point of your quest? Because last I heard, you were willing to give yourself up to this. You were waiting for your chance to join the stars. You were ready to I'm leave not, us. I'm not going to look at you and say, I trust the stars more than everybody, because I don't. They've been there for me when nobody else has. I'm, I'm done with the nose thing now. Okay, cool. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> they were there. My dad took me to the top of a mountain. I was seven. And he said, find your way back or die. And I thought about it. But then I looked up and the stars were still there. So I didn't have a family other than the stars. And then I came here. I met that old guy. (sighs) Master Verini closest thing to a dad I had. He sent me here and I finally had a purpose. Oh, I did the nose thing. I don't know. You found I don't, us. I don't think that the stars are my only family anymore. You sure seem willing to give them up. Not after yesterday. Yesterday was a turning point, Harry. I don't... I don't think that we're supposed to join the stars anytime soon. And if there's anything I've ever learned studying on the top of a mountain for 13 years, it's that there's never just one answer... That rock is not the only way we'll save Moira. That staff is not the only way we'd find the tomb. But it's what we had. And for what it's worth, I I can't guarantee that I'd be able to help everybody if we didn't have the staff. And I don't really want to lose you guys. You guys have become my family. Ever since we built that shack. (laughs) Shack. I just... My whole life has been dedicated to destroying the man who did this to me. And I don't want to have to add another person to that list. It sounds like a reasonable list. I don't want to be on it, if it helps. 
I mean, once we get all this sorted out, we figure out a way to stop ending up in the stars in about, you know, a couple weeks. I mean, I've learned that I like beating up bugs. And from what it sounds like, your father sounds kind of like a bug. (laughs) (laughs) And then I cut down the tree without cooling. Are you going to punch the tree? No. You want to punch the tree? I don't want to punch the tree. You want to punch the tree? This seems like a good moment. I'm not going to ruin it. He's socially awkward, not an idiot. Hold on, I, is, there anything else, oh, is there anything else going on here? I don't know. I'm waiting on a response. What are you doing? <laughs> I... I appreciate your help. If you're willing to give it to me, I can't say that I will trust you again. Cypress, too. I... I wouldn't expect you to. But, I mean... Yesterday, I woke up with one purpose, and it was to join the only family I had in the stars. I went to bed with the purpose of bringing Zagreus memories back and finding Gaius. Maybe going to the Library of Evolution and see if there's a way to save Moira. Because if anybody knows it's them, I don't mind going to bed tonight with another one of hitting your dad in the face with my stick I think that'd be really good actually it sounds really cathartic at this point my nose hurts so bad right now I can't even begin to explain that aside my father aside if truly your goal is to make this right I I'll travel with you but the second the second the We're not trading another life for ours. Yeah. I think that's fair. A lot of people have already died. Or, I mean, Moira's not dead yet, but I don't think, I still don't think that it's over for her. We'll find a way. The stars have answers. We just have to know how to ask. That's what I've been doing my whole life, asking. Good night. Good night. I'm gonna see them talking, and they're like, "Look at everyone just everyone just assumes that they're all um, nosing." (laughs) I'm gonna roll and see if you actually are up. Please. You're also awake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to sleep. Hey, I'm just I'm chilling somewhere. I'm awake, nosy. Okay, if you make you happy, oh benevolent DM, I have gone back to sleep. Okay, great. (laughs) I. Lupin starts to get jealous. Okay. Because she is like, ain't gone for a while. Oh no! Why? Trouble trusting why, why everybody. Why don't anyone fall in love with Axiom? Because <laughs> you're and a fucking lion. I, to be fair, a hot I'm lion. I'm gonna go a lion. Lupin. Lupin walks over to where Axios is and asks if he's awake. You awake? Trying not to be. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see. Uh, he's lazy. 
he's there like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the uh, the Sokka and the ten, right? Hello. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Are you need anything, Lupin? Uh, Lupin puts her arm through his fuzzy arm and then just puts her head on on his shoulder. Yeah. And that's it. I don't say anything. I put a very large paw on her very small head. So covered. Just completely covered. That's Russell. it. That's it. All right. Very good. Um, this is pretty cool. So you you all go to sleep. You get another long rest for all those. Let's go. My spell slot. Wait, my spell slot. Do I know why she's upset? Do you want to roll inside? Yeah, I do. Oh go ahead. Gosh. Not twenty. No, wow, she's twenty-one. Holy cow! Um, wow, so, starts at that moment. Axios. Um, Cuddling all of a sudden. <laughs> um, you are you're used to your brothers being sort of um, pick of the litter uh, back in the uh, Ember Main yeah, Pride, and so a lot of the a lot of the lionesses there would pine after them, and you could I think maybe from the whispers and the joking chuckles of your older brothers, and then them making fun of you, and maybe a few girls and your pride had crushes on you. You I think you get the sense that Lupin is um, not so happy that Aegon specifically. Uh, with spending all that time over there with Harry. Oh, so good at reading women. <laughs> um, so women. Uh, can I explain what I'm feeling after? Do you, do you just tell them this? Sure. He hasn't. He hasn't said anything yet. All that's happened is your. Actions. I don't think. I don't think I was going to say anything because it. She doesn't need me to talk in this moment. It's clear that she just like needs some comfort, mm. and so I put my paw on her head. But I'm not going to say anything unless she wants to talk about it. Look at that. Modeling good communication skills. Wow. Axios. Axios, the woke lion. Axios, um, the woke I, lion. I'm not going to say it out loud, but okay. I want people to know what I'm thinking. Okay. Is it, okay. Is it, is it that loud? Like you're trying, like you're, wait, what do you want you people want to know? You player, want the players, not the characters to know? Is that what you're saying? No, that's fine. I'll just be quiet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Well, let me know. Let me know if that changes. Um, the night begins. Um, this is really interesting. I had already pre-rolled this, um, so I, I'm not scripting this, but tonight is the last night of your nightmares. And so you go to sleep, and you you just had nightmares. That's what woke you up in the first place. Yeah. You are back, and you see Endor walking through the crime courthouse, and he takes those papers, and he's walking up. And it almost feels like the ground he's walking on is moving. Like, the, the cobblestones are moving under his feet. Like, they're just, like, shaking and shifting. And it's almost like they, they float and carry him to a massive stone. Um, it was it was originally the courthouse's judge's seat, which has now been appropriated as a pseudo-throne for your father. Big chair, like a purple runner, uh, going all the way down and off this massive table. And you see that he has tons of papers there, charts on the walls, maps. And then he walks up and he says something to the akin, uh, something akin to... Um, I'll complete the orders of, as you've requested, sir. And then his response is, mm, very good. Now, there's one important thing that we have to attend to. He says, um, yes, sir? Well, you see that, and from just off screen, a wooden staff find its way across the table and into Toriel's face. <laughs> and he's knocked back into his chair. He was standing, he's now seated in his chair, and you recognize the staff as Aegon's staff. 
and you see him sit there just, I will not be made a mockery of. What was that? Who are you? Show yourself! And you begin to rest and a smile pulls across your face (laughs) as you lose your psychic nightmares and you finally get a good night's sleep. And so the next morning begins, the day that you will finally arrive at the tomb. And this is the perfect place for us to take our first break. So we're going to take about five minutes. Don't hold me to it. Uh, And we will be back (laughs) shortly to reconcile all of this wonderful new news along with the upcoming entrance into Virgo's tomb. We'll see you in a little bit. Take care. Okay. Uh, Wait. That was... Hello, welcome back. Uh, thank goodness that night was completely uneventful, like any of the trans, uh, the uh, traveling days that I yeah, had planned in yeah. my sessions. You know. Really easy to budget time in this campaign. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and start the next day with our Celestial Ascension check. Um, we are going to see where everyone is. You have to roll separately, because it yeah, is more likely that you will start fading. Um, for everyone else, you were at 14. You need to roll uh, basically lower than a 14, or I guess get a 20. So, uh, oh, right? roll in front of the yeah, that way you can blame right, me. Right, right, right. Yeah, there it okay. is. Here we go. Oh, then you just have water in it. Uh, that's not even yeah, true! Um, Alright, there we go. It's 12. 12. Congratulations, you have 13 days left to live. Uh, good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 16. That is higher than your current number. You drop not just to 9. 9, but also. Wait. You, yeah, you what? dropped to 8. 16. That's right. You eight. actually dropped to 8. You lose an additional day. This represents. This represents your your grip accelerating as you get farther and farther. And you actually know a lot more what this feels like because you've seen sort of a vo- this one of these voids that represents this transition. So, uh, okay, cool. Let's keep going. You wake up in the morning. The sun, actually, no, it's foggy. Uh, fog starts cutting through the trees and you get on Sar and you get on... Fern, and you prepare to run. Um, does anybody do anything as you take off? Can I just say that I'm very shaky, and like everybody, I, I kind of, I feel like at this point, since I only have eight days to live, I kind of look like I'm dying. Dark circle yeah. of the eyes? Yeah. Sure. I mean, sure. none of us Can slept I... super, except Cypress. I Cypress was so right. Cypress knocked down a good old salad. Yes. Conked out. Okay. What's that? Did actually notice the color of my wings yesterday? Oh, right. Um, tell us, tell us about, tell us about, Tell us about okay. your wings. What's special about your wings? So my wings change color depending on how I'm feeling. So okay. blue is like blue is sad. Sad. And then yellow would be happy. Okay. Green is like just a neutral tone. What? Green with envy? No. No. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> and then That's not pink, pinky purple is like feeling either like a familial connection or like romantic connection. Oh well, that's confusing as heck. <laughs> I'll say we'll say pink is romantic and purple's family. All right, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. no, no, I like the potential that's set up, but that would be so funny. All right, cool. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, just as a canonical role in universe, um, most most people not from the refuge they don't know this. So if so, it's not like people can just read your emotion from a mile away. It's but it's only isn't that the emotion? Did you see the color? Uh, roll the twenty. I'll roll for. Oh, you already rolled perception. Well, back when I rolled last night. I rolled an insight oh, on, like, insight. how she was feeling. I'm going to do some quick rolls for you. Okay. First of all, would you know anything about this at all? And the answer is no. <laughs> you wouldn't just naturally know this. For Second, do you just perceive it passively? 
I rolled really poorly for you, so you didn't even really notice the wings changing color. So you're getting hit with a lot of uh, just absent-minded axioms like, Woo! I feel afraid. knew exactly what you were feeling. Yeah, yes, he had a perfect read on your soul and just didn't know anything about the wings, so he just didn't notice that. I will just say that my wings are fluorescing. Cool. Yellow, mostly, and pink at the base. Okay, so like a happy, cool. That is good to know. Oh, what's blue? Blue sad. Blue sad. Yeah, pink romantic, what purple familiar. Angry? Anger. Die? Think you will die. Angry. Blood red. All right, cool. So that's very helpful. Thank you, Lupin. So we wake up. We are getting ready to go. Anything else as we're taking off? Boom, 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 boom. Do you ride again? I try, yeah. Cool. Um, I guess so. I'm not going to make you roll. Um, you do it, and then cool. your legs uh, are having sort sure. of restless syndrome once more. So you uh, ride. You know that this is going to take most of your day. You're, you're getting your reading. You know that you are under a day away from getting to the entrance of this tomb, so to speak. Um, you're closing out the signal. Let's roll. What happens? Does anything happen of significance during the day? Fingers crossed. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. Um, so you you're riding. The forest then opens up, and you're in an open, more plain area. It's a common road, grass to the side. There's some vegetation every now and then. You might see off in the distance places where people are living. These are common farmers. Um, but as you continue walking along here, double check my note. Uh, cool. Um, you notice that a tree uh, that is on the side of the road has been struck by lightning. And you can see that uh, basically an entire branch uh, uh, caught on fire and then broke off and fell into the road in front of you. Uh, it's a big old branch. I mean, like you could—it's like the the width of a horse's torso or whatever. That's about how big around the branch is. Um, so this tree, yeah, it was—it's a big tree. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. So you're coming up on this tree branch right now. Is it in the way? It is, is just like thing? blocking the road perfectly. You can walk around it. It's you're in the plains. You can just literally walk around. It would take an extra twenty seconds. Um, you do that? Yep. You walk around it? I don't want to hurt. Can I ask who is going first? Um, I feel like I'm in the lead with Sar. Okay, Okay, you're just on there. You I try and lift it for the clout. You want to try to lift this tree that is as wide around as a horse? horse, yeah. Uh, I'm really strong. I'm giving you one in in 200 odds. (laughs) What? Do you know how heavy this thing is? I'm a Goliath. This is like lifting 30 horses. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> I'll give you a chance. Go ahead. I guess I have to nap. It's a 21. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> At least you don't look bad. You, 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 it's like light shifts. A it's like shifts, but you never, not even any clearance whatsoever. It's just wow. like in place. Cool. So you're going first is what I hear. And then y'all are, y'all go around it. Yeah. Okay. You walk around it. And then you keep walking. Keep walking. All right, that's it. So you you continue traveling, and then you get to the end of the day, and I it is time to describe what you see. The plains begin to flatten, so there's not as much hilliness to them. You were coming from a place of a lot more hilliness. It levels out. You see that the vegetation is pretty green, like most of the Sapphire Scholars. It is getting colder. You're traveling slightly northeast. Um, you are in the distance. You see that you're getting closer and closer to the next set of mountain ranges that are coming up in front of you. And then as you get finally there, let's say that it's uh, 10 p.m., um, it's already basically twilight, and you see the entrance. Uh, or it's not even an entrance. You see that there is uh, uh, tributaries, little little bodies of water that are strewn across the plains in front of you. And a covered bridge, or like a rope bridge, jets 
diagonally between different tributaries as a way for you to help cross these little bodies of water. And they continue forward about 200 feet until they reach a massive, well, I'll say massive. It is a very large, uh, 20-foot raised rectangular slab of stone. Um, if you've watched like Lion Lids, uh, Witch in the Wardrobe, you imagine like where Aslan was kind of killed. Uh, it's pretty similar to that in shape and size, mm. uh, except that it's rectangular. Uh, and here is uh, what it looks like. Somebody's got to cite the deep magic to me. But I was the one was I should only say that once I actually have the link in my hand. Okay, cool. And there it is. This is what it looks like. Those are good trees. Yeah. Um, so I said it was getting colder uh, for fun. I think it's fair to say that some frost has descended over the area and the waters look a little, it's a little frigid. Um, this bridge walkway. Yeah. It's long. It's a long little image there. So um, you come out and you see that where the road ends and breaks off oh, yeah. from the main road, there are trees, there's this bridge, and then finally on the other end you see this massive slab. Those stairs are kind of hard to read. We're going to say that those stairs go up from the water about 20 feet. So it's pretty tall. You'd be pretty high off the water if you were to climb that. Uh, you'll notice a little gap there at the end that's about a 15-foot gap. Okay, great. So you reach the end of this. And from the reading on your star signal scanner, it is certain to you that you can exactly pinpoint the start of the signal from boop, right smack dab in the middle of that slab in front of you. You are at the base of this image at the very bottom. I'm going to step in front of the horse and be like, uh, I'm going to test and see if this bridge still will hold any weight before you guys walk on it. Okay. I want to so hop like, up, burn, cross. and go help him. Cool. Um, you, very walk. accustomed to the cold weather, uh, growing <laughs> up in the mountains, living basically in cold the Arctic Circle. For a yeah. yeah. Uh, so you you walk forward. It's getting it's getting frigid. Um, I want you to make a perception check. And then you're with him, actually. Yeah. Like, I'll, see one I'll come help you out. It's not amazing. In fact, it's pretty bad. It's a seven. Cool. You continue walking forward. I'm going to continue walking forward. You are following. Yeah. You two step on the bridge. Seems fine. I'm going to cross the bridge to the yeah. next like embankment and see if it holds my weight. I'm going to start following behind him. You walk the entirety of all the bridges. They <laughs> seem to hold both of your combined weight. You can follow behind I'm on float. Fern or is no, Fern coming? Fern's just saying. Okay. I'm floating across the bridge. For reference, Fern weighs less than these two combined. So it's not un- inconceivable that you could have Fern uh, I'll have Fern come, come after you. everybody's off the bridge. Okay, cool. Yeah, we should probably still have people go one or two at a yeah. time. I'll hop off just to be sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's go last? Middle. Oh, we can go together. I'll go last. Druids together. I wait no way. You don't hate me. Okay, you No, Sar's pretty well behaved, so... I trust that. I don't. Uh, Fern also anything. stays, but then ultimately Fern's going to be called to follow the rest of you when everyone comes, which is going to be after these two. Uh, you all walk. Um, you reach the point, uh, those who in the lead at the front, you reach the point where there's a scat in front of you. And you it's about 15 feet forward to get to the bottom step, which would then take you to the front. Um, it's cold. You can tell that it's cold uh, in the water. There. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer for me just to do this. I don't have any problem with the cold. I'm going to uh, see if... We can cross on the ice. Seems pretty thin, but I can swim. Can you swim? 
Wait, is he able to step onto the ice from that point? We're like 20 feet up, right? No, the, the bridge, the bridge is... The, uh, the, yeah, yeah, the very platform. top is... Yeah, those steps. are stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to see top down. Um, so say, say what you're doing again. I'm going to... Well, I'm going to step onto hmm. the ice and cool. see if it'll hold me. And when it inevitably doesn't, I'm going to swim to the stairs. Okay. Uh, you step down into the ice. Uh, the ice immediately does not hold you and you fall through. Yeah, right. And you're now... In the water. Um, I need you to make a con save. This is cold. So I have cold resistance. Cold resistance just makes it... Oh, it's not save then. It's technically damage. Uh, make the save anyway. Because it's cold damage. 19 plus... Cool. Um, you would take half damage, but I'm just going to say you don't. Uh, 19 pretty good. So you, uh, you start freezing, but you buffet it off. You've done this before. You go for morning swims in the Arctic, right? Back where you live. So I had to catch crabs. <laughs> barehanded crabs <laughs> in the water. Um, both ways. In the snow. Is there anything in the water around you? Are they crabs? Are they crabs? It's a mat 20. Crabs! <laughs> no, no, no. It's not always No! <laughs> it's a crab. I am going to roll that thing that I did for the animals in the forest. We're going to do mass and size. There aren't many, and they're pretty small. But what are they? <laughs> Sounds like fish. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, while you're in the water swimming around you, uh, there is two. <laughs> Gosh. Um, there are two electric eels. Oh, my word. All right. And cool. they, they just happen to live here. Congratulations. They, uh, Cold resistant electric Once again, I'm just rolling a ton of random stuff here. They don't seem to mind you being there very much. Cool. Cool. So <laughs> I'm going to swim. swim to the old stairs. Cool. Um, you it's grab like it. 15 feet, right? You grab it and pull yourself yeah, up? Yeah, I'm going to pull myself up. Cool. Um, once. What was your earlier perception check? Nine. Seven. Cool. You grab the rock, and um, the rock is pretty cold. But cool. you can pull yourself up. And then as you continue to pull yourself up, you're going to start climbing the stairs? Yeah. Okay. Um, as you continue taking steps, each one feels slower than the last one. Uh, but you eventually get to the top. Okay. Ah. What do you see up there? You see what well, is on the screen. It is a flat thing of uh, stone. Yes. I will say, though, that it's getting dark because it's 10 o'clock. Who has tools I, right now? I think we've been still I do. I, I'm gonna be honest, you guys. It's it's just a flat rock, and it's really freaking cold. Like even for me. Also, don't get in the water. Hey, There's can you, uh, can you throw me over? Axios, roll perception. Okay. I got a seven. Cool. Um. Okay. Uh, uh, are you, you sure about that? Do you want me to? Are you pretty strong? I can probably do if it. You you're, good at, you. you're canonically good at throwing rocks. You are right. I'm good True. at throwing things. Yep. Uh, I'm going to yeah. tie the rope. Can I, do I need like, a, I can tie the rope around myself? Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, you do it. Okay. I we'll only it. roll sure. things if it matters. Okay. I'm going to tie the rope around myself and then you can throw me. Cool. Yeet. Athletic check. And I'm going to use my, my wings to help float. Yeah. What color are they right now? Uh, neutral. 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 Three out of three. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. She's canonically good at throwing rocks. Canonically yes. <laughs> great. That's being a rock. Um, also, for level four, four, I added a point to strength, which put me to, at plus four. Hey, hey, hey there you go. Yeah. That's definitely the Axios way. So, He's just like. So you get the you get the yeet action. You are instantly you land on the top uh, of the stones here. Um, I need you to roll perception. Oh, 
so many opportunities for wild magic, which we have not gotten once this session. Stop <laughs> saying things like that. Because last session you said something, and then we started rolling. I got 12. 12. Um, the stone feels really cold. You touch your feet down, and it's immediately apparent to you that the stone is colder than, like, rocks should be. Like, it's colder than rocks okay. should be uh, in this weather. It's cool. colder than rocks. <laughs> it's cold as rocks up here. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the heat actually. I hover. Yeah, she like touches with her, her pinky hey, toe. Hey, 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 like, no, 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 no. I made something for you. Grams. Grams. What a heart? All right. Um. What? Oh, I got that one of them was a heart. Like he was doing a little heart. I mean, thing. it would right, make sense. That makes sense. Gotta love the crabs. Okay, cool. Uh, great. You're up there. Uh, does anybody else do anything in the next like? Five seconds? No. No. Okay, cool. Y'all are just observing. Okay. Which, I'm going to take my... Did you have the staff? I'm, like, still upset at him, but I'm going to talk to him anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the staff Why are you off. upset? <laughs> I don't really know. So you got a little... Okay. Anyway. My, uh, my tinge. Yeah. My, my wings are a little uh, red. <laughs> you notice that a fog oh. begins to descend much more densely around you as uh, the... Th- uh, where are you right now? I'm, like... Oh, you're standing on the bridge. I'm the first one on got the bridge. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Cool. Um, you two are standing there at the top, and what you do now begin to notice is that your feet begin to feel much heavier, um, uh, and over time, and before you can react to it properly, you notice that ice is clinging to your feet on the Even stones. Even though I'm floating? Oh, good point. You don't. Congrats. Oh, ice is going to cling to Aegon's feet. Uh, um, you have some stuff on your feet. I'm gonna give yeah. you. I'm gonna give you one chance. This is an athletics check. Nice. It's technically contested athleticism, but uh, just go ahead and roll athletics. Contested by whom? Uh, it's ice. really good. Uh, Nineteen. Cool. Um, you can break your feet out of the ice, uh, and it, the ice continues to crawl like, across the surface of the slab, oh, and it looks like it's almost as though it were alive. It is following gotcha. your feet. I'm gonna cool. produce flame. Um, cool. So there you go. You're gone. I you, don't you do think we should stay on this rock for very long. Good, good. Because ice fine. is following me. Well, my feet are fine. Yeah, I'm your feet are fine. What hap- okay, DM, what happens when I produce a flame and I leave it in the middle of the slab? So you put it there, and then it it uh, melts the ice. It's just like uh, solid stone underneath wherever you put the flame. So we're good. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. Okay, got a, little, got a little campfire, a little produce flame going on Whoa. there. Um, uh, I'll just keep producing it because it's a cantrip until <laughs> I can't. I Nothing else of note happens at this point. So I, okay. I imagine that you get off or all of you get on or what happens mm. here. Guys, I, I think we... it's safe up here. The okay. signal is literally in the middle of the slab. Yeah, we, we, we should should go. join then. Yeah. We get there. Okay, we're going to say you all climb up. You stand there. You're in the middle. Um, what do you do now? I think I need to bust out. You should probably get, get, yeah, get the staff. 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 staff is out. This is your staff? How do we no, use no, that? No, no. no, it's the tool. No, the, the tool. Oh, you mean the oh the scanner. Okay, yeah. gotta go cool. So um you notice that it is beeping as loudly and as frequently as possible, signifying that this thing underneath you is definitively Clearly. the source of the celestial strips type of magical energy. See anything Can we in all the do stone? Perception? Do you see anything in the stone? Do I see um, like a deposit? <laughs> Oh, my pickaxe. You think there's a deposit in this this stone slab right here in front of you? Yeah. Um, You know what? What the heck? Uh, Luck says no. Darn. (laughs) Can I roll perception? Does anybody else see anything? What are you looking for? Like, any way to get in, or like maybe a depression, or a 
carvings. So this anything. is me. What if I hit this with my pickaxe? It's more of an investigation. Because okay. you, have, you have a purpose in mind. You're trying to figure out how this scum is going to Less, less, much less, lessly good. Uh, okay. I'll let him do his perception first. Investigation in this case. Uh, Twelve. Cool. Um, you are cl- you are at least somewhat confident that there isn't some obvious gimmick for opening up the stone. There's no secret button or anything. All right, I'm gonna hit it with my pickaxe. Okay, you do it. Give me a mining check. It's just a d20 in this case. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got a fourteen. Cool. Um, you strike it, and it cracks, just like you're hitting regular rocks with it. And okay. then you pull your staff up. And now there's a crack in the rock. I want to hit it again. Okay, do it. Should I help you? Yeah. Do you want to join? Help me out. Okay. Especially because I just got a five. All right. Hit it. Fourteen. Cool. Um, you both continue to and you're kind of just like cracking the cracking the stone, and it feels like it, it goes down another twenty feet. That would take you another. Uh, 300 swings. I think he's trying to tell us we're on the wrong track. <laughs> Do I yeah. notice anything about the stone surrounding the platform? Uh, Ooh. interesting. So you're looking Call at these little stone columns that are around it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why don't you take a closer look and roll intelligence? Okay. I know that Can I notice, Hello? um, oh, no. Notice her doing that, and also look at it. Yes. I, I will allow up to two yeah. attempts. So yes, you may do. Not me. Can I pull out the uh, poem, song, the something script? we were given about? Regarding yeah. This? Wait, no, I have that. I just, I got a four. <laughs> um. So you you look around, and they're very obvious to you. So I didn't have your perception at all. On the five facing pillars, uh, inward, you see that there are glyphs that have been written into them. And you look really closely, and you're studying them, and wow, they look weird. Hey. What about that? Hey, what about these You. Words? Yeah. Can you read that on the pillar? Probably not. I mean, do I know? Does my character know whether or not those glyphs look like the ones that we discussed? You automatically know that they have a celestial inspiration. Okay. Do I know that it's the stuff that Dulik did, or is it like just any schmuck who uh, knows celestial? Roll, roll history while I do this. Cool. What you got? Um. So I have the. I want to see if it's the song. Okay. Or anything connected to the song that we had. Okay. Um, so you are also trying to make sense of. What yes. It is. Okay. Make sense of what it is. So you. Does that mean you pull out the song or? Because yeah, like, you I have think, like the, yeah, the I have like the. In front of you? Yeah, I have the. Cool. Yes. I got a thirty twenty. Thirty twenty is pretty good. It's pretty good. So, here's what happens in simultaneous. Uh, you pull out the script, and you're trying to examine yeah. if these glyphs that Lupin found on the stones around you match the patterns that are in the text. And I will review to you immediately that they definitely do. Uh, they are in the same order starting at the 12 o'clock and then going around clockwise, around the cycle. Um, and then, oh, actually, not 12 o'clock. Uh, oh, ugh, uh, hmm. Uh, we'll get to you in a second. Kay. You um, are, with a 20, this will be helpful, um, you with a 20 are also certain that this comes from the same type of dialect that Dulek would have written. Um, and you just, you have a really keen understanding of what Dulek's writing looks like uh, based on your uh, nat 20 from the second session. Yeah. And so as you are examining it, you are, you notice that, Dirty 20 is pretty good, um, the, the delineation of the script is in such a way that if a character runs out 
uh, at a top, uh, top third, middle third, or bottom third. It is only allowed to connect to a similar script, a, a glyph or rune, at that same third uh, mm-hmm. for the next letter. So like in cursive, every single one of our characters tails off at the bottom right so that you can connect it to the next letter. It is like that, except in this script there are three thirds and you connect them associ- uh, in that sort of order. I see. I reveal this because, uh, thankfully, you can only make sense of the broad meaning of the, of the song because it was sort of given to you through an epiphany. You don't know the script very well. You know that it is written onto these stones, but you don't know what order they're in. And because of that role, I'll actually kind of just skip past this part. You, from your understanding of Dulux's writing, are positive that the way that you would associate the ordering of the characters on the poles themselves, even if you don't know what they mean, is 12, then 4, then 10, then 2, and then 8. Yeah, it makes a stock. So, uh... You are now positive that that's how they associate. You are now positive it's related to the song gotcha. somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay. To the center? Yeah. That we're looking at? Yeah, the, yeah. the, the uh-huh. front one. So, wait, hang on. Okay, so I know yeah. how to read them. I can't, though. You know how the characters connect to each other. So you would associate okay. that it starts at the top and then goes through that pattern. All right. Um, but I you don't know what it says. I tell them the order. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. thing that I know about the uh, the fact that yeah. in celestial writing it, it all lies in the same yeah. bracket, great, everyone knows this. Um, I, in turn, like, pull out, I have, like, journal that I've been writing down in, mm-hmm. so I pull out the sign and I say, I think it's connected to this. That's a safe bet. I have the, uh, the book, if I, should I get out the book? Get out the book. It didn't, I want to caution us. It didn't help us last time I opened the book. Yeah. <laughs> Should I get out the book? Let's try this. Let's try, Let's try this one first. one first. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, so you're like holding your written copy version mm-hmm. of the script, and yeah. you are going to do what with it? Um, read it. I think we're we haven't done. heard it in a long time. Yeah, I think we're going to read it first. Okay. Um, so you're standing in the middle, uh, fire's still going, it's keeping your feet from freezing to the rock underneath you, rock. so you're kind of like huddled very closely <laughs> together. Uh, and you are going to read it? Do you want to do that out loud? Yeah. Maiden so innocent, honest and dear, last of the stars to have faith in us here. She walked in the gardens and sang to the moon, shut her eyes to our greed, gave us hope in our doom. But the stars of our world brought her anguish... No, but the fierce wars of our world brought her anguish and shame that the people she cherished would give magic... Malice? Malice is such a thing. <laughs> so she wept and she sang and she fell to the earth. All the stars bid her leave, claimed mortals had no worth. But instead she refused, chose to stay here with us, and she built her own tomb among the stars' flickering dust. If her, her souls, if her soul finds rest, let her... Grief? No. Sorry, I was actually just sending it to you yeah. in type uh, form. Um, but mm-hmm. Let her guide us. Let her guide us where we are. But if the heavens want their maiden, then let her travel swift and far. To the mountains and the skies, let her soul find new life. With the other constellations, Virgo, the last to join the night sky. So you read all of this, and you're standing together. 
fires blazing. There's ice surrounding you. So it's literally like the ice will come in and then the fire pushes it back just slightly because it's melting it in real time. So you're standing in this like little huddle in the very middle where the signal's beeping until you turn the machine off. Uh, and then, boom, 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 you read this out and nothing happens. Yeah, great. Do we know anything about Virgo herself? Did the song say something about the moon? Should we wait till it's night? I mean, I, I think it is. the same thing. Because uh, Bill was stardust. He is. Does anyone else have any more of the water? From there? Yeah, I have some. I think I still have some too. Yeah, so some. Can we just like pour it? Yeah, I think three of you have flasks. Do you what? want mushrooms? Well, they created mushrooms on land, and it said that she was walking in a garden, so I'm thinking maybe... Not a bad shot. I like it. Just pour it out a little bit into the water and see what happens? Yeah, like right. that one yeah. person pours it out onto the concrete and see what happens, or the rock. That's a good idea. Let's just try it. I'll pour mine in the water, because I don't care about the cold. I pour it on the rock. Just straight in the middle, in front in the middle of all of you. Yeah, the fire, where the fire is. Yeah. In the crack. Maybe not yeah. in the fire. Hey? In, the in the crack, crack that you made in the yeah. middle there. Yeah. Okay, so you you pour the water down point. in the middle. Um, so it uh, seeps through the cracks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I love the idea, but that does nothing. Yeah. Unfortunately. Cool. 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 I'm not you over to the water and I pour mine. Cool. You pour it in. And then happy eels swim in the water. That you just yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cute. Happy eels. Do That's it again. That's worth it. Uh, in, the, in the water, uh, next to the eels, materializes four mushrooms. Yay! <laughs> mushrooms. Little, little mushrooms. A little snack for you guys. <laughs> Do they even like them? A lot. Yeah, they like them a lot. Yay! They're eating, they're eating mushrooms. your mushrooms. I'm going to like look down at them and... Thumbs up. And I hate to do this, um, but when they eat your mushrooms, they immediately grow twice their size. <gasps> Yo! Yes. Yeah. You guys are super big! Mushrooms are gone now. Great. Um, hey, are guys. Are What's happening? Uh, guys, the, uh, <laughs> the eels are a little bigger now. You can now, you can now audibly hear their zap zaps. Zap zaps. <laughs> oh, uh, in the water around you. Wonderful. Good job, everybody. Do we think maybe we're standing on top of it? Would the, the entrance be below the surface? I, well, I don't really like her odds of swimming <laughs> at this moment. I don't. <laughs> zap, oh, zap, really? Zap, uh-huh. zap, zap. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the effects might wear off. We could try the thing about the moon. I guess we wait until I mean, the moon comes out. I mean, if you could pass guys. around the cantrip with a uh, produced flame, we could all cast our own. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, it's a That's an interesting point. I guess the idea would be that you have to be holding, holding it. Yeah. yeah. Understand. I can, um, in that case, whatever. I can druid craft a small campfire. There you go. All right. You might as well. We have there's a small now, campfire. There's now a campfire. And I put it you're just far down. enough away from the other campfire to like double the circle size. Cool. You have, you have double fire Sweet. status. Did that take any here? So, you're going to wait? Like 10 oh, we're going like, right? to wait until the yeah. moon comes. So yeah. it's twilight? It's basically, it's a, yeah, it's, yeah, it's getting right. towards yeah, twilight. Yeah, we're going to wait. So do we the see moon the moon rising at all? Or yeah. So, uh, okay. moon's, moon's already almost up entirely. Um, so, I guess you'll wait. You stand there. You do nothing else. You're going to wait. Okay. So I'm going to sit down. Yeah, we're going to say that squarely at midnight, moon is at its highest point in the sky, based on the time of year, I suppose. And you notice immediately that there, the moon doesn't have the more whitish uh, hue that we on Earth are associated with. Instead... It has a more of a golden color to it, uh, like the light is refracting in an instru- in an interesting way. It casts down almost like a spotlight, a much uh, what's the word? 
It's like a floating aura of light. It, it, it is much, like, you can see where the light cuts through as though there was um, fog and fog lights are cutting through it. So it's shooting down, and it's, it sort of echoes around or shimmers around the immediate area of the, the stone slab you're on and sort of the, the, the pillars all the way out. So it's a radius of about uh, 80 feet. So, uh, yeah, that's so happening. It covers the whole area where... Yeah, and it's just, it's just does it glowing. It, is it, like, hot, like the sun would be? Um, do I feel heat? You do notice that immediately the ice dissipates from around you, and you're sitting there with some campfires. Well, this seems to be on the right track. Well, I, I still think it has to do with the characters on the pillars. But The I, last thing that you notice <laughs> is that your knapsack begins to float. Like, like a force was lifting it up by a string. We need to take out the tone. <laughs> it's, I'm going to take out the book, book now. <laughs> book time. And I'm going to like open up the flap and it's going to like come with me. <laughs> yeah. So you, you open the flap and the, the book was packed towards the bottom. So there's some things kind of weighing it in the way. Um, nonetheless, it's being propelled by a pretty strong force and starts to lift upward quickly. Why don't you give me a... Dexterity check. <laughs> drop the book, it floats to heaven. <laughs> Please don't that one. Please. It's a pretty bad nap, too. <laughs> Dex save? Dex check? Dex check. That's six. Cool. Um, you, you're fumbling around. The backpack was already lifting pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. So you pull it down, then you open it, you're looking inside for it, and then it's caught up in some of your other resources. You got some rope, you got some food, rats in there. The and then when you open it, it's Please like you took. It's like uh, if a balloon was underwater and then you removed your hand from above it, it starts shooting upwards like it has helium in it. And your fingers slip. <laughs> Everyone not named Aegon has 10 seconds to decide what they're going to do. Ready? Uh, go. I'm going to try to jump again. And jump. I guess. Climb up, Aegon. Yeah, I'm going to try to like... One, Use me as well. I'm like crouching over to jump so, on my back. Uh, unfortunately, and this is reasonable, you don't have much time to react to it. You two chose the same strategy. Um, uh, so yeah. I'm really just going to allow one of you to roll because not one of you can't do that much better that than the other. That was my first thing that I would have done. All right. Yeah. Uh, Ari, give me an acrobatics check. And don't do it poorly. <laughs> don't tell me the outcome until I decide if I want to re-roll. Okay. Good point. It's a nat 20. Ah! 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 I told you not to say anything. It's not my fault. That is so funny. Okay. You are technically allowed to re roll that. Yeah, you technically are. But then we would do it badly. Yeah, it's worth catching the book. It's worth catching the book. You see Aerie light up, halves begin to shimmer in an explosion of light, and it shoots to her eyes, and she literally, like, on, uh, uh, I can't imagine that scene from Flubber where he's jumping with the shoes, <laughs> boing, just straight up onto Aegon's back, vaults off of his spine, and reaches up with her hands, and clutches this book as clutch. it's in the air. Ultra clutch. Uh, while this is happening, Aerie gets to roll a d100, because this energy shoots from your eyes. Harry has big protagonist energy. <laughs> big main True. character energy. Oh no. That's it's a 12. 12? It's just a circle. She can't be drunk for 14 days. Oh, what? Uh, so, you jump up into the air and you grab it as the energy shoots from your calves up to your eyes. Explosion of light brings itself back in. 
there's a blinding light that surrounds you and everyone looks up. You're only about eight feet off the ground from your acrobatics. And when the light finally fades, about a half second later, like a camera flash, you see that she is in a gigantic, well, I say gigantic, a, a human-sized crystal cocoon, a diamond shape. <sighs> and it falls to the ground. Aegon, dexterity say, go. No! Aegon, <laughs> it, it was a leaner. Do it. It was, okay. Do it, hurry! It was the same number. Uh, Dex save is 20, not dirty, 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 20. 30, 20, great. You <laughs> leap to the side and it... Shatters on the ground as pieces fly in all different directions. Some of them spilling off into the water and others littering the ground around you with this sort of crystal-like structure. Imagine quartz just shattering everywhere. And in place, Ari Uh, is laying on the ground. Did I get the book? Is she she under the book? Book clutched in between your hands. (laughs) Yes. And you shake your head and you can stand up and you're completely unharmed. Well, that was a wild trip. (laughs) Don't want to do that again. Your phasing ceases and you now have the book in your possession. It is pulling your arms up and you're more than strong enough to hold on to it. I'm gonna... Okay. Yeah, alright. Cool, cool, cool. What? Alright, anyway. So, I guess I'll, like, hold on to, like, the bottom and I'll let the cover float up as if it's deciding nice. for its own fate where it, what page it goes to because Aegon doesn't know. That was the exact right thing to do. Yay! pages. <laughs> Back to page 93, baby. As 93, the script in front of baby. you shows the same runes that were on the, the, the script that Uyunga then translated in song and match the post in front of you. Start at the post in front of you. Uh, yep. 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 And? Yep. That's it. Just like in Master, uh, Master Zagria, Headmaster Zagria's office, to you, the runes on the pillars begin to translate themselves again. Mm, yeah. The golden light, hue pulling down and warping the symbols, just like when you transcribe the, the lettering on the pages, they transcribe the lettering in your mind on the pillars to be a recognizable common script, and you can now read them. Um, following the order, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll narrate this, because we've already read uh, the entirety of the, of the thing. Um, following the order that uh, Aegon points out to you, you read in the order. Boom, 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 boom. Making the star shape as you go through the five stanzas of this poem. And as you read each stanza, each pillar in sequence, bing, absorbs light from the moon and starts shooting it towards the center of the stone tablet. And then you read the next one. Boom, shoots towards the center. Three, four, five, each of them pointing to each other, light beams refracting among them, and towards the middle, it grows dark. Energy begins to surge, like the, like the, like the stars themselves were throwing their radiant energy upon the surface of this stone. Now, heating up to the point where the ice doesn't even affect you, where the cold and the air is something you could have completely forgotten about, and now you see that the runes collect in the center. They swirl around each other, and oh boy, what you're looking at is an absolute torrent of energy like this. Oh, oh no. I assume wow. we're in the middle of that. Yes, you are. <laughs> Great. We're all Wait, the- these are over here. I'm assuming... Do we just... Do we not care about that? Which ones? Uh, the ones... Yeah, you don't care about it. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Uh, Whoa! <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming we're all like basically back together. to back, like together yeah. in the middle. Is yeah. it like windy or yes? Oh, like uh. a like a storm of winds begins to throw the runes in a cycle as they spin around you. The song begins to echo with a melody that you recognize from the first time you sang it, and as this disc of runes closes tighter and tighter the winds pick up and as you feel the radiant energy and as you hear the song and as the winds increase the circle closes more and more back to back it covers it begins to uh, pass the threshold of your fires and snuffs them out instantly and as it comes closer you are now back to back with seconds before whatever may occur does anyone say anything Guys, it's real. <laughs> Best family I ever had. An explosion of light. To those on the outside, it is merely that this land returned to its original state. Dark. Stone slab. Now with a crack in it. Some water's been poured in. <laughs> There's some big eels in the water. And you are all completely out of the physical plane. As you have disappeared, you. Can we go mining there? <laughs> <laughs> ascendant rocks, or ascendant rock crab. You. Two of you wake inside of this celestial void. I am rolling these randomly. Um, I was going to wake you up in pairs, and I swear I rolled this. I rolled a two and a four, so it's Aryan Aegon. Where I rolled this, um, you you wake up, and everything that I previously described about Uyanga's experience—void, shimmer, soapiness, um, uh, like a drop sound effect—you're floating. You can wade, but there's nothing under your feet. You both wake up. You see each other. You both look. Uh, no, you do not have it. Book is adios. Yeah, book is book adios. Um, um, you in existence you see each other you look exactly the same as before you disappeared and you're in this void cool. are we dead? I, can they see us? I don't I don't what think a, we're what dead. a good first do we see bodies? do we see them? do we see them floating? you look no. around and you see infinite void and you hear we're, the okay. drop are we, are we also under the same effect that she was under? yeah so like like it, one like it, yeah. um, where's the book? I don't have the book and I, I don't know where we are. Um, if I had to guess, probably something to do with the ascendant curse. Did we? I don't know if we got. Did we not make it? We both touched the book. <laughs> I, I. Do we hear the drop? We do. Yeah, same drop. What's that sound? Dripping. I guess. Like a cave. Boom, boom, Cypress and Lupin. Literally, it's like they step through a film of color. Um, I, actually, I'm thinking about um, WandaVision, right? So, so kind of yeah. through the radio oh, signal, except in this case, it's more of a soapy film. <laughs> step through what looks like just this portal, and they are now in there with you. We're not dead. Okay. Uh, are we all are, dead? Are we dead? Were you guys dead? Did you guys die? It's just a bright flash, and here we are. Yep. You didn't okay. feel really anything other than groggy. We also... I think. I think. I mean, I, yeah. Bright flash. We were here. Okay, I guess we ones? just got here earlier. Uh, only the things that were in the circle with you. So I have my stones in any case. But you um, don't have... 
Okay. Yeah, I don't think he would have fit in the campfire no, circle. Burn is. Uh, right. So is. So. It's the four of us. Where's the other? Where's two? the other? I don't know. I don't know, but y'all popped in a couple seconds. I, maybe it's hard to tell. Your, your understanding of time is drastically warped. You have it feels like days and seconds are passing all at once. I felt like after us. I think <laughs> a little okay. bit. Some time passed. I don't know how many I days think. we have. I don't know. I don't know. Go, go, Uyanga and Axios immediately swarp through a portal just like the rest of you. And oh, they're now there. Okay. Also, Groggy, Great. you are, are familiar with this are human. Are we? Cool. Great. I'm immediate, like, on uh, instinct, I'm listening for the water. Okay. You, you not only, uh, yeah, I think this is fair. Not only do does everyone hear it, you can find it pretty quickly. You know which direction to go. Yeah. Um, Uyanga, is this familiar to you? You. Yes. Oh. This way. And okay. I immediately oh. start like wading, wading towards the water. Okay. Do the rest of you wade Can I after? Follow her, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll try and swim like I did with the crabs. Uh, <laughs> you you do the, do like a butterfly kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. You're swimming. You go no faster than anyone else. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, that's 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 that. Any any is anyone doing anything different than following Uyanga to the source of the, the dripping? I'm just walking behind Axios. Going that way. Just going. I want to go that direction. Okay. Um, you continue walking. But this time it's different. It's not a wall. It's the floor. You find yourself at the edge of the void where you where there was nothing beneath you. But instead, in front of you and immediately below you, only about a few feet down from where you're standing, is a film of a, like a soapy, shimmery surface that is identical to the wall you saw previously, except it expands infinitely left and right and forward, like a, like a, an ocean which touches the, the horizon. And the drop goes, and then you can see it through, dropping through, and then up, and then it, weird. I'm gonna reach out my hand and try and catch it when it comes back. Uh, unfortunately, it is too far away. Okay. Okay. So I guess let me let me do it this way. You, you let's yeah. say this was your idea. So you want to try to touch it? Yeah, I was going to try and catch it. To you, it looks like it's at arm's length. So you're gonna okay. reach out forward and you know, put your hand in front of it. I'm gonna okay. So this it. is like that moon it's trick like, thing ooh. where like you hold your hand out and then you realize that. Your perspective was completely off, and it must be um, a mile away and 5,000 times the size you perceived originally. Oh. All right. I'm listening. I'm doing, some, doing some listening again? Listening as hard as I possibly can. Great. Can we see anything else in there? Good question. Let me tell you what all of you see, but in order to do this, I want... Two random people. Uh, uh, Cypress and Aegon. You get to roll... Oh, man. This is technically Arcana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny? My, my, my man? Yeah. My guy? Yeah. Cool. Um, you... So you are listening and trying to engage with what's happening here, and as the drop begins to almost hypnotize you, your eyes begin to glow. Your ears 
fades and shiver, shimmer in place. And as you are listening, you begin to hear what sounds like a woman singing. Um, this woman's song is enchanting and beautiful. And I'm going to ask you to not roll wild magic. Instead, I need you... Uh, or instead, your ears shimmer. And uh, as you are... Uh, we're just going to leave it at that. Nat 20s are good again? You hear this voice. Please continue. Please continue. Um, you hear this beautiful voice of a young woman singing. And it fills you with an incredible sense of warmth. You remember what it was like being alone in the mountains of the Auron Hollow, and the idea that someone even decided to take you in meant that you had a purpose. And then you found family here at the Celestial Conservatory, and maybe more than that. Uh, that chosen family is the kind of feeling you feel right now, like you've known this person for a long, long time. And for the first time in years, maybe ever, you get to come home. Your body, under the influence of your, in sort of your uh, rockiness as you've been in this plane, your body begins to teeter and your eyelids shut and you fall forward into the film. The rest of you see as Aegon face, basically face plants into the film and immediately disappears. That's not going to be good for his nose. <laughs> The rest of you see this happen, and I will comment that you begin to now gradually, as a, a, a very soft sound, even you, Cypress, hear the voice of this person singing as the shimmers, as previously described, begin to take on the shape of the sound. And for those that were extremely perceptive, which I don't have to have all of you guys roll really quickly, um, which is only Axios, apparently, um, can see the, the shimmering sort of relief sculpture image of this young woman. Long hair and a single, long, flowing, uh, light dress. Um, dress made of light or light-colored dress? Lightly colored. Wait, is it blue? Or curious, asking for it's blue. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all of you can hear this song. You've just need Axios fall into the film. I just want to point that out. No, Aegon. Uh, Aegon, sorry. Aegon fall into the film. I'm just very perceptive. Yeah, thanks. I'm good at everything. <laughs> we'll assume that the song is continuing to play. What do, what do the rest of you do? I don't guess I get a vote here. Do I? No, you knew that. I'm somewhere not here. We'll get back to you. Uh, are we, you know, concerned about? Yes. 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 Okay. Very. Just making sure. Okay. Uh, uh, do you want to try to tie a rope around me? Yeah, I think. I go through it. You jump? Yeah. You jump into the film? Oh, there's Cypress. Is there gravity? I mean, you just fell into it. Oh, I guess yeah, yeah, Uyanga, because she's Whee! like... So you just jump and you say we. Does anyone <laughs> else do anything different? Uh, no, Uyanga, so she doesn't rope. like jump, yeah, sure, but she steps to. forward onto it okay. like she's about to walk across. Cool. So what you feel, uh, this, this fascinating sensation, is that you step forward 
and then your your toe is kind of like pointed in such a way as to reach to like make contact as soon as possible, and you feel gravity now start to pick up. So there wasn't any. You step oh. forward, gravity picks up, and to your perception, it's almost like gravity shifts ninety degrees, yeah. and you find so yourself cool. stepping up, and then immediately falling down and through it. Mm-hmm. Cool. You've already jumped. You you went cannonball style. I'm presuming. <laughs> sure. Great. Sounds great. Who else? I'm I have tied running run with a rope. Okay. Action. Yours feels the same, but it's really weird because you're running. So you sprint, and then you feel gravity pulling you forward and down. You're like, oh shoot! But it's now it's like you're just going forward extra fast. You know, uh, Portal Two style. Nice. Uh, yes, Lumen. Uh, I have a rope tied around me, and Axis is holding it. I'm cool. just gonna walk into. Yep. So you walk, and then you feel gravity pull you. Axios rope begins to pull against you. Do you follow or do you hold? Mm, I'll hold. Okay, you hold and then uh, I'll roll for you. Um, <laughs> you successfully keep her from going through. So now, yeah. gravity is acting at two it? different degrees here. One downward <laughs> on Axios, but barely because you're floating. You're holding the rope. You're here. Gravity is pulling this way. It's technically this way. Right now, it's, right? Yeah, exactly. But you're trying to fall downward, and then you're getting pulled back, and then you're basically got a rope strung around diagonally on this little little cliff thing yeah. that you've got, and uh, he, and he's holding you. Uh, do I see them when I go through? Uh, you, I'm going to say that it is uh, arbitrarily. It's far enough down that... You have to decide whether you're you're like in a repel state right now. You have to decide whether you go through. Down. Yeah, you have to decide whether you're you're going through. Yes. So you're you are going to go down. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you start. You walk through, and then the moment that you do that, um, gravity completely loosens on the rope on the other end. I pull the rope up. Yeah. There's nobody there. I jump in. <laughs> 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 you, gotta, you gotta like look around. Like, <laughs> I like that's like the opposite reaction you'd expect is someone's it's like you send someone to the lion's den you pull the rope back no one's there you're like alright my turn <laughs> it's like, he just goes straight into it uh, Axios he's a, he's a lion in. so oh, yeah. um <laughs> this, it looks suspiciously like Simba this is <laughs> what uh remember that's really impressive actually so uh, <laughs> this is what all of you experience um if you if you remember, there's the scene in Doctor Strange where he is first sent through the uh, the astral plane. He's like hurtling through a bunch of different colors and like bouncing off yeah. of things. Um, uh, uh, or for those of you '90s kids, you imagine Mrs. Frizzle's episode where they're doing light uh, in the pinball machine. So they've got all the bouncing light. Just imagine your body's just careening off of these various uh, astrological surfaces. Your body's feeling at once the size of planets and at once the size of molecules uh, as you're hurtling through the space. It is the most disorienting thing you could possibly imagine. And I need everyone to roll a celestial ascension check as you've been here for more than 10 minutes. Can I? Oh, sorry. I don't mean everyone. Oh. Everyone but Uyanga is going to roll. Aha, thank so none you. of those count. Sorry. Cool. I rolled a 14. I'm going to roll for the party, so you can blame me. I do do. Oh, that's good. Okay, good. That's actually good. good. So you so you don't yeah. lose a day at all. Yes. You stay at your eight, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, here's the party. Four. So you lose one day. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. What? You're at 13. 13? Uh, actually, we need to keep track of that. So someone, someone over there, track it. 13. I'm like, good remember. I pointed my finger in a circle around Logan. Yeah. So really, I really meant that person. Logan. Uh, I'm remembering. Okay, cool. So you, boom, careen through the portal and you find yourself falling through a space. But then eventually you see at the end of this portal, 
that. Oh, and by the way, each of you are absolutely alone. So in your transferring, it's not like you see, it's not like you're on a bus and you see everyone like traveling through at the same time. You are completely alone. Um, you experience these things, and then finally, you find yourself falling, falling. <laughs> Gotta make sure uh, our humans are actually okay here, even if the rest of you are about okay. to die. Water. Should have opened that flask and had yourself some. Uh, <coughs> okay, some, some continue. Super Mario. Mushroom. I apologize. Mario. Oh, no, yeah. yeah, you're good. So you see that rapidly coming upon you at a speed that's almost in- impossible to describe, like the speed of light. But you're experiencing it as the light itself. You see that coming up is a uh, the structure of like a mausoleum. And you see that its that its roof is entirely made of gorgeous multicolored stained glass. And you see that there are twelve symbols across the roof of it, um, and they are all so ornate and have different uh, uh, colors and caricatures and shapes. Let's see if any of you remember any of this uh, in the literal half second that it takes you to go from a thousand miles away <laughs> to um, crashing through it and breaking it. Um, I want everyone to roll a very high perception check. And I will roll for Aegon. I got an eight. I got an eight. I got a 13. Oh, no. I got a five. Or six. <coughs> I'm going to spend a little point. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, that's a 22. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, unfortunately, it needs to be even better. So, so actually, um, assuming that you got the 20 plus, I'm going to have you roll again. This time you need a 15 or higher. Same perception check, though. Okay. We're just cutting it down to like a 1 in 40 chance. 15 or higher? Yeah. No. No. You would need a 9. I'm going to spin another one. Uh-oh. I think this is oh, no, enough. I've got one more left after this. No. <sighs> Unlucky. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The best feat. The one that you only use when you're not the thing that it described. <laughs> um, so, dang, that sucks. Okay, cool. Well, uh, what I was describing, Aegon, is that you careen through a stained glass roof so quickly at the speed of light that you can't remember more than just the fact that there are a bunch of these symbols across the top of it, and they're really ornate, and then your bodies collectively crash through this stained glass roof. So, great. Oh, and the moment your body strikes the stained glass, one, you don't feel anything. Weird. Great. But two, you now see each other as you are falling ah! 25 <laughs> feet off the ground inside of this mausoleum that you've just broken the glass for. Uh, you have five seconds to tell me if you do anything to stop yourselves. I try and I'm grab gonna, somebody else. I'm five. Use my monk four. To do Say it. Falling. Anyone else? I'm going to um, open my winds and glide. Go. Cool. I'm going to try to like roll when I hit the ground. Cool. Yeah, um, I'm kind of cannonballing still. So <laughs> you're already in ball mode. So I'm just gonna like take a shoulder and roll. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't think I can do anything. Yeah, so I'm not going spells. to. Cool. Um, all right. Let's resolve all of it as you fall 25 feet from the roof of this mausoleum to the ground. You float down without a scratch. Congratulations. Lit. It's nice to be a sylph sometimes. <laughs> um, Only sometimes. What were you doing, Ega? Slow fall. Is that a thing? Monks. It cuts it if you're fall feet in half, I imagine? No, it uh, makes me reduce any fall damage by 20. Oh, sick. Well, sick. Uh, that that would be helpful, so good yep. for you. Um, I want our tuck and rollers to roll a pretty tough... Um, this is a... It's a dexterity check. Thank you. Yep. 
Wait, so I reached out to uh, try. Sure. Hold on. I reached out to try and grab somebody. You somebody? Grab me. You yeah, grab whoever, me. Is, whoever is closest with to me. I would... roll being to use them as a meat shield? No! <laughs> if we're falling, I, have, I feel I like it'd be like, no. Sure. Uh, Rux yeah. says, wow, she's literally right next to you. I rolled a 20, and you can just... Wait, I don't want to drag her down. <laughs> I, my wings are huge. Uh, look, I gave you five you. seconds to make your choice. You decided to grab onto her. You didn't have enough time to think about whether that would okay. work out. I now actually do need you to make an athletics check. Okay. Wait, athletics. You, athletics. you two are doing acrobatics. Okay. Uh, uh, this am is Arian. Wait, am I doing this? Six. You're just. just you just got a free grab because she was roll. literally okay. right next to you. Great. Seventeen. Seventeen. I have a thirteen. Thirteen. So. Uh, Here it comes. Tuck and roll, tuck and roll. I, you weren't necessarily prepared. I'll roll some luck for you and see how you land here. Uh, not, not good. Not um, as your body strike the ground, boom, boom, boom. You cut your fall damage in half. You, oh, you two are going to take standard fall damage. Um, you were doing slow fall thing, slow fall thing, which is literally just reduced by twenty, right? Mm-hmm. That will make this essentially negligible. So don't worry about it. Cool. Um, and you grab onto her and. Unfortunately, your wings aren't really strong enough to hold carry you and an entire lion with armor, like a paladin. I'll land on him then. Uh, yeah, that's the goal. That's okay, what cool. he said. Super bad. Yeah. So you fall. I guess this is not a bad strategy. I am still going to make you both take half damage. So um, I'm rolling for um, all of you at once. Okay. Uh, Could have been worse. Um, Aerie, three, one. Oh, uh, you two, both three as well. And then you two six. Okay, that's okay. not yeah. nearly as bad as yeah. I thought. Yeah, falling damage is going to be a lot of superhero uh, landing. It's D6 times celestial. 10 feet for each 10 feet. What's up? Can I take superhero landing? Because uh, I have been studying the stars and I know anything about ascension. Did you just say superhero landing? Yeah. Which does what exactly? I, I want to land like, land like a superhero. superhero? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Just uh, why don't you roll the no? Um, <laughs> valid, but like you know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, why do you, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, roll luck, just luck. I don't care what it is. Seven, Seven? cool. Um, you luck. look just awful. <laughs> well, I didn't take damage. And that's important. Cool. Um, great, great, great. You, but you do, yeah. Sorry, uh, soft footing, you are slow landing. You're able to do that, and you see that this this glass is now scattered around you. Shards, three hundred of them, all over the floor. But they Shard, litter. Shards? No, no, no. Glass uh, <laughs> shards. Um, but they litter over the top of a large tomb. This is a mausoleum, after all, and you see a great statue of an angel with a dagger drawn, held high in the air. The statue itself, about 20 feet tall, made of stone. And the dagger points downward directly over this tomb in front of you. And this is what the scene looks like. From my studies, do I know what this is depicting? Uh, roll history. Like a crazy high history, by the way. It's not good. It's okay. Cool. You you know that statues uh, were typically constructed if uh, they meant something important. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I do. Cool. Seems important. All right. As soon as you enter, it's an angel. Um, you see that. You see that, I guess what I'll say is you see what is in front of you. Uh, maybe I don't have to tell you exactly what it is. Uh, but as you are in the room, you hear the echo of the exact same singing voice from before, far louder than you recall as it reverberates off of the walls. 
Uh, those candles are in the artwork I found. They are not lit. They they're they're just. So it's not. Are there lit. are there candles in there? No. Uh. Uh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So wait. Did it, doesn't like, really, it doesn't really matter. The light's coming through the roof that you just. There's brought. enough light. Do we lay yeah. around the tomb or on the tomb? <laughs> the glass shards. No. The us. Oh. Uh. It, uh. On the ground. Okay. Right on the ground. Right. Um, those are skulls, right? Am I wrong? Yep. Okay. Tons of skulls. Cool, 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 cool. What? <laughs> yep. Tons of skulls. All around. Okay, so you've all just landed. Roll, crash, roll, crash. Soft footing, floating, armor clanking as you all land on the ground. Boom. So. Ow. Did you guys see what I just saw? You see what I said? Skulls on the ground? Yeah, but I heard. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <coughs> that was not the goal. Well, we were looking for a tomb. I think we found I think it. It's here. Certainly, it's certainly a tomb. Where is that singing coming from? Mm-hmm. I'm going to druid craft all the candles on. <laughs> They're all lit, yep. and the place looks uh, uh, cool. Exactly like that. <laughs> Basically, exactly like the image. Thank you, friend. I got you. Okay, cool. Anything else? Can I. Uh, do, do I know where the sound is coming from? Or you are all, you are all, uh, yeah, it's clear to all of you that the, the, the singing is simultaneously from every corner of the room. God. Lovely. And no book. You have no book. No book. No book. Wait, if, I, I imagine you're going to ask them what it looks like. So when you look at the actual tomb itself on its face, yeah. surprise, surprise, you see the same type of celestial runes. Great. The same as in like the song or yeah. Do same you type. Remember the rooms that were on that script there? I don't. It's not in your possession anymore. Uh oh. Uh uh. I, I rolled think... a Nat twenty and Arcana. Yes. To identify it, yeah. <laughs> oh well, good point. Good, 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 good. Can I go up and look at it and since I was the one who it was revealed to, can I roll to see if I Good luck! Yeah, I know it's going to be a really, really hard one. What should I roll? This is going to be... um, There are two ways to do this. Um, The one that I think you'll take is performance, because you're better at it. Uh, That's trying to understand the song and match your your voice with it. Um, That will achieve a different result if you're successful, but I'll say it'll still be helpful to you. The alternative is Arcana, because you're trying to understand more about the runes themselves, and they come from this celestial script. I will... I'll do performance, because, I mean, it can't hurt, probably. (laughs) Then the walls come alive. <laughs> 22. 22, very good. So you start to sing. And hmm, the voice itself has a rhythm and song for you to sing. Round two, baby. We're doing this again. Um, I will keep rhythm. And you with a pretty good performance check. We don't need Justin's uh, hands here. Uh, the rest of you. Hear the voice echoing through the hall. And as you are listening to Uyanka, you notice that she begins to sing as well. Ready? <coughs> Hold on. Okay, cool. I got it.
on this last and lingering note, you begin to feel the surface of the tomb shake like an earthquake was in the actual box itself. And finally, crack, 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 crack across the front. It separates with an explosion of lights, a visage lits, and you are greeted with a spectral form. A young woman, a white dress, a necklace, and she looks over you with a feeling simultaneous of fear, and the word that comes to mind is fatalism, uh, uh, a willing to accept what may come. It is both. Um, And as she floats there, a few feet above the opening to this tomb, uh, you see that she speaks to all of you. In the language you recommend? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Although, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll comment that, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, you're hearing it with your actual ears, uh, if that matters. It, it's not like a telepathic thing. So she, she says, oh, you did this. Oh, you're still singing! I, I thought you were playing music. That's amazing. Um, I'm going to want you to be able to breathe in a moment here. Uh, so she says, Hello, welcome. Welcome. You've made a journey to my resting place, and I suppose I should at least welcome you here before asking what brings you to this plane. I am Estrella. We're cursed. <laughs> We're cursed. <laughs> I, I, can I bring like? Dumbfounded, because that's like a real yes. celestial. Yeah, I'm yeah. dumbfounded. I'm just like this is straight like, up, like crying, and my nose hurts. <laughs> um, she responds to you first. Uh, what do you think about you, Aegon? Okay, so she responds to you first, and then she says, um, "I'm sorry to hear that. I too know what it is like to be cursed. Maybe there is something that I can do to help you." You seem worried. Is it something that you've witnessed in this land? Uh, I've been studying the Celestials my entire life. And you said your name was Estrella. That is my name. Well, in the realm that we're from, you have a new name. Of Virgo, the Celestial. Yes, I am Jusflorin. I am aware of what mortals call me. Do you know how many years it has passed since I came to rest here? I'm curious what has changed in the outside world. The stars haven't other than the addition. Uh, I'll point out that for, for the party here. Um, only somebody with a really good understanding of the legend of Astraea, namesake Virgo, uh, would know at what year she was reported to be buried here. Because it's like a blend between myth and history. Uh, and realistically, only you would have a shot at this. So roll history point. With advantage? No. <laughs> It's a two. <laughs> uh, it's a five. Um, she's probably like 20 years old. 
Uh, like, she's probably been buried for 20 years. Cool. <laughs> Don't tell her that. Yeah, you think this is pretty recent. Right. Like, I think your parents, like, your parents probably talked about this at some point, right? Surely. Certainly. Yeah. Um, can I, can I say it better? Sure. Okay. I, I mean, we didn't study all that much, but I would assume that to you it's felt like 20 years at least, which time passes differently here. Only 20 years in the mortal plane. That's surprising. I can tell from your attire that you have very different clothing and armor than when I was first buried here. But that is no matter. <laughs> oh, no, you ain't. You're very confident in your knowledge. Okay, great. So she says, if you are cursed in the same way that I was, I imagine that you have a duty to the stars to uh, ascend and join them at a particular time. I can see this in your eyes, in your cabs. Cabs. <laughs> um, in your ears. Your ears are still shimmering. Um, in your ears. Um, I can tell that you don't have more than a dozen days, it seems like, for most of you. Does that scare you? The idea that you might join the stars? Yes. Why is that? Our time here is not yet complete. If I understand what little I understand of your story, you felt it wasn't your time either. When you were called first. My story is not even that odd of a story among those who are called. I was a normal girl. I lived and studied and um, I fell in love and I had friends and places I love to visit in these mountains, and I think that when the celestial gods took to me and wanted me to become one of them, they thought that I would be delighted to join, but I think like you, I felt there, there was more for me here. So I chose instead to live out my days, but the curse on my head is that one day I too must join them. And I see here that all of you are now afflicted by that same fate, the one that I was supposed to bear. We touched your book. Specifically, I touched the book. She leans forward, and she nods her head and bows, and she says, I am so sorry that you are going through all of this because of my choice. I wish I knew how to make it right, but I do not know the answer. If I were to be honest, I myself am scared. But I think I know one thing I can do. She gestures to the side. There's an entrance on the ground, not through the roof, uh, to the tomb. She says, down these hallways are some of the resting places of others that ascended. And what I was told when I came to rest here was that if I were 
to take on the challenges of these spirits and prove that I was ready, then I could ascend and be like a god in disguise. But I was afraid and chose not to, and instead simply rested here, losing my life to the natural course of time, and being put in a suspended slumber until... I actually don't know why. She pauses, and she looks around at all of you. She says, Do you happen to have this book that you touched? We had it before we were teleported. Did you see it with your own eyes? Yeah, yes. a bunch of time. No, no, no. I, I mean, did the meaning of the text become apparent to you, almost ingrained on your hearts? Yes. To me. If you don't mind, I, I'd like to check myself. She um, hovers down and is now in front of you. And slowly, she waves a hand and then sings particular notes, which you recognize as the melody to her song. And as she passes through all of you, you begin to see that coming from your chest, emblazoned runes, glyphs, glowing, shoot forward almost like a hologram, the scripts of this text, the one that you originally saw in the book. It is clear that these are attached to you, inside of you. Maybe the cause of your curse, but certainly they are the celestial scripts in you right now. So, she says, I believe that you bringing the script here has given me another chance. And I think that this is what I was waiting for that I was called to sacrifice um, to allow you a chance at a new life yourselves. And then she looks, that's mine. Um, and then she looks at all of you and she says, okay, down this hall are challenges. I was told that if I could pass but four of these celestial challenges, then I would be able to ascend through, oh dear. She looks up and notices a hole in the ceiling where the stained glass used to be. And she says, well, through there, I suppose, there were supposed to be instructions there about what to do next, but I suppose instead we can learn from the other celestials that came before. And she says, I... I'm scared, and I'm afraid I can't do it by myself. So if you would join me, I think what we need to do is go and speak with the other celestial spirits. And that is where we want to take a little break. We will be back in just a pretty short break, and we're going to make it five minutes. Uh, I will do it this time, and then we will get to see the finale to this special journey for our heroes. See you soon! Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Okay, now it's good. All right. Hello, welcome back. Time for the final stretch. 
The last thing that we learned is that Astrea, um, the, the celestial inspiration for the Virgo constellation, has told the party that they were to complete four celestial challenges that come directly from the 11 other celestial spirits, and that they can be found down the hallway in the places where they themselves have been buried. All of these mortals having ascended, um, you are to walk with her. I don't know why I'm doing this in the past end. So, as all of you are standing with her, she gestures and her body floats. She then floats down to the ground and her feet begin to physically walk in front of you. She is not merely a ghost, um, but now is choosing to physically interact as she walks across the ground. She guides you down a corridor and what you see are two rows of two stories of large statues stretching down another 300 feet. Every 50 feet or so, you see a new statue and a tomb and all of these different shapes. You see a mighty bowl with its horns raised. You see uh, two humanoid figures with interlocked arms. All these are statues, by the way, it's clear. You see a large scale being held by a woman on top of her uh, tomb. You see a scorpion with its tail raised and its eyes darting. You see a goat. You see a lion. You see a goat. Uh, sorry, a blah, 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 blah. Oh, right. It's the zodiac sign, so I, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> yeah, have to explain all of these uh, until you choose to focus on one of them. But um, as you see these statues, they are two rows of two stories. Three, 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 three. Um, with the 12th one being completely vacant uh, because it is Virgo. As you walk down, you feel completely distinct star signals, energies careening off the walls like static radio noise. Uh, as if it was interfering with your ability to see and hear like someone turned up a really like high-pitched noise inside of the room. It's really hard for yourselves to bear as you're walking down, and you can feel like there are different patterns of energy coming from the 11 different tombs. And the 12th one is the one you already recognize. It's a little easier for you to, to uh, comprehend. It's coming directly from Virgo herself. So, Astraea looks at all of you, and she says, I was told that I could choose whichever challenges I believe would best prepare me for ascending. Um, but I didn't know which ones were right for me. Maybe, together, we can tackle these challenges and give me the chance to take on the ascension for all of you. She looks at all of them, she says, I can tell you what I know about these individuals when they lived here on Chrysalis, but I think the choice should be up to us. So let us begin. Um, in front of you are 11 different options. As you pull out the, oh, it's here, the star signal scanner, you have the capacity to know explicitly the title of every single one of the 11 challenges. Um, that will give you a clue as to what to expect behind that door. Um, I will point out that one thing that you've observed is that your time in this world is a rapid, accelerated version of what you experienced back on Chrysalis. 
presumably every 10 minutes or so you're losing a day to the celestial ascension. And so time is of the essence. Um, you can try to do more things up here in the, monos- uh, in the mausoleum to learn more about the challenges, but that still also takes time. Um, the entrances to each of these challenges is directly in the tombs themselves. Uh, as the energy glows, emitting a different type of celestial signal from each. I will say, to begin, you may scan five... Uh, actually, I'll say, yeah, you can scan five for free. Uh, and know exactly what those challenges are. The next five will bring you up to a ten minute day loss. Taurus, Taurus, Leo, Taurus, Leo, Libra. That's what I was thinking. Taurus, Leo, Libra. I like Aquarius. Aquarius, Cancer, don't we? The crab. Cancer. Those are our five. Okay. Let's just do these. Let's do these in order. So, which is the first one you scan with your star? Taurus. Who's holding it? Lupin. You walk over to the bull's horns. They don't look that different from the door that you once faced a long time ago. And as you walk up to it, you scan it, and the runes translate uh, on it. Cool. Just for and, sake, uh, yes. this was less than a week ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Long, <laughs> long days. Um, but in your mind, it kind of, like, while you've been in this realm, it kind of feels like it's been, oh, a while. A day or 10,000 years. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's very hard for you to tell. It's a distant memory. Cool. Okay, you scan. <laughs> The challenge of the brave. And then underneath it, it says, charge me down and right. do not hesitate. Looks familiar. Yeah. Seems like we know that. What's yeah. the next one you scan? Libra. Libra. Okay, let me, I'm, I'm writing down the ones you know. Cool. So, you walk up to Libra. Um, okay. You walk up to Libra, and what you see there is the woman with the scales and underneath it you see the challenge of justice and underneath it it says find harmony even in discord (laughs) what's the next one Leo Leo Leo. Um, you walk up to Leo and you see underneath it, it says, The Challenge of Pride. And underneath it, the script, as it translates in front of you, says, Only those with strong will may survive. Hmm. 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 What's the next one? Aquarius. Aquarius. You walk up to Aquarius, and you see an ornate vase held by a woman with fish swimming across the front and along the back insignias of a civilization from long ago. And as the scripts across the front translate and reveal themselves to you, excuse me, um, you see Aquarius, the challenge of change. Uh, and underneath it, it says, let me write this down. Uh, and it says underneath it, um, find the best version of our future. Okay, and finally, one more for free. Cancer. 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 Cool. You walk up. You walk up to 
this massive crab-like statue, and the runes on its mighty claws translate, and it says, Cancer, the challenge of imagination. Reality is what you create it to be. Hmm. So all of these sound like things we could do. I think Taurus and... I think we should just... Leave. Give to us a try. How many? Yeah. How many do we need to do? We can always decide doing. later if we need to change something. Yeah. We definitely need to go for Taurus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody good with Taurus? Taurus. I feel like we have. We've already experienced that. Yeah. One more thing. Because oh boy, do you love the one more thing? Oh boy, do I. Um. Australia looks at all of you. She says, "Oh no." Oh. Oh, it's worse than I thought. And she looks very closely at you, Yanga. She holds your hand, if you will, and then she examines your skin and then your face and then looks over Axios at your mane and she says, you are all fading much faster than I thought you would. I have never attempted these challenges before. My understanding is that entering any of these may take some significant amount of time. And I'm afraid you don't have much left. I think it wise for us to figure out if there is a way of completing these simultaneously. No. (laughs) Split up. Should we do one together and split up after that? I will I will mechanically narrate for you as a party. Uh, let's get a reminder on how many days you have left. Thirteen. Thirteen and eight. Eight. Eight still. Um attempting a single challenge costs you a a, a celestial ascension. Um, meaning if you fail, you redo it. And reminder that technically on an ascension check, you can not lose a day on a twenty, but you will increasingly get more likely of losing multiple days. Um, that is for each attempt, and obviously it's Yonga as a group. fades with four attempts right mm-hmm. now, worst case. So, um, given that, and also just dinking around in the mausoleum like will cost you that as well, um, but that's every ten minutes of just sitting around. And that's for each split. So, are we going to have to keep track of our own? Yep. Because if we split up, yep. then... I'm going to have okay. you track your own ascension. Cool. Okay. Cool, 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 um, so, in short, Taurus, Challenge of the Brave, Libra of Justice, Leo of Pride, Aquarius of Change, and Cancer of Imagination. And it's fluffy text underneath it. Um, let me know if you really care about it, and I'll, uh, I, I, to be really honest, I didn't write it down, so I'm going to approximate what I said previously, uh, and then chat can correct me. Um, but they, they have to do with those core tenets. I think that we should all do Taurus, and then... Also, I'm annoyed that I said... I said bravery. If I said brave, that's I meant bravery because then they're all nouns. Okay. All right. <laughs> cool. um, I don't know that we have. T- I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We don't have time. I want to go. Sounds like do Leo. I would go for justice. Wait, for was Libra. Taurus a strength thing? We don't even know if it'll be the same though. It's true. It was I a still bravery. think the we're same. eventually going to have to do one together. So it's whether or not we start with it or end with it. Not Why necessarily. Why would we do one together? Well, if, they're, if we split into twos... You need four. Yeah, I know we need four. Oh, if we split oh. into twos, and we take care of three. Oh, I was assuming I'll that we split some threes, go by themselves. And each two. We could do that. Do some alone? 
I don't think any we're of all going to be more. Alone. We're all going to be more brave before together. We might as well do Taurus together. I agree. That's right. what we okay. face together first, let's, and we'll face it together now. Let's not do it interesting. first, because if we we can decide. Yeah. We, we need to make sure time. we have enough days. Yeah, basically. And right. and she stands there and she's like, "Wait, is that the better choice, or would it be better to do it first? Uh, no, it's better to do that later. Right, because yeah. we can decide to send the people who have time to do it in. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Okay, done. Done planning. Mm-hmm. I was going to give you like more thirty time? more seconds before mm-hmm. you start. Can you say one more time. Uh, bravery, justice, pride, change, and imagination. I'll do change. I definitely think I, I think justice my... would be justice. I'll Why don't with... we take our initiative cards? And put them next to the person you're going with. Change, change. Okay, Uyanga and Lupin for change. It's change slash imagination, right? Wait. No, change is Aquarius and Cancer's imagination. Leo? Do you want? Which one are you going to? Pride. I, I have no idea gonna, what it'll be, but I do just, think you should do imagination. You just go by yourself. Do you think we can do any of these by ourselves? Who would ask would you our I would know. say it would be she way... Doesn't. I would be... She's never be attempted. Way oh, who's she going with? Oh, yeah. I said, what did she know? Um, she will go with whoever's alone, if that if it comes to that. Um, because uh, that's why. Because <laughs> she doesn't want to go alone. Axios, uh, we're, we're from... To... Aries and Cypress are going together? Yeah. Okay, I can just go ahead and go with the imagination and then... I mean, I was going to say you could come with us to change because change is kind of the fundamental tenet of... The topaz tries. So I, I can go with. Uh, and then wait, did you see the lady would go with? Uh, she looks at all of you. She says, "Okay, that'll work. I think that'll work." Okay, she, well, she says, "Which which of you would like for me to join you? I will help in whatever way I can." Right, ready. Who, do, who wants Wait, uh, who wants Estrella? Estrella. Y'all are going to justice. We'll go with Estrella. Y'all going to imagine. With uh, what is what is like? We're going to change. change. Yeah. But thing Does she know her own strength? Her? Oh well, her her uh, her challenge. Well, th- she doesn't have one. Um, I can't tell you. Okay. Unfortunately, awesome. uh, that's just what it is. So, does anyone really think that they need the help? If not, I mean, she's more than welcome to join us. Um, Virgo in fairy tale is a maid who can dig really good holes. So that's, uh, good to know. Good really to know. Dro- really pulled hard um, from Fairy Tale for the yeah. character. That's, that's probably hers. Great. Uh, so for a So I guess she's going with Aegon. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you mark that somehow? Get a, there's uh, there's there many you go. words. Yeah. Cool. I don't have a pen. So Estrella. Okay. You can just write down Virgo if you want to make it easier to track. Um, yeah, write that down, but with him. Okay. So. Time already ticking, your body is beginning to phase in this massive hall of these titans that have all but Virgo ascended. You have the chance to save yourselves by helping her to achieve her fate. And so you go into these portals. Good luck. Any music will be uh, warranted or welcomed. And now it's time to randomly roll who will go first. Get lights ready. I'll tell you who it is after I determine where we are. So, one, two, three. <clears throat> okay. I. Oh man, there's so much to remember now, but that's okay. We live for this. Yes, uh, we where do. are you two going? Justice. Justice. Okay, cool. I want orange. Justice, it is. That is. 
That's what it says is orange. Because I'm not right in the setting. Hey, hey, that's yeah, better. There we go. Okay, cool. That's a good orange. So, immediately <laughs> through the portals and out. Oh, wait. Before they go in, I'm yeah. going like, to look at Ari and be like, good luck. You too. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, out on the other side, you see the two of you have landed in the streets of a large and ornate city. It's almost as if you were teleported through time to a gorgeous, decadent, mercantile town where people have a blusteringly busy schedule, carting goods from one place to another. You see people on corners barking at one another. And along the way, you see that something is happening in the town. There's originally the shouting of shopkeeps and the yelling of children playing with their families. But then suddenly that turns into something more sinister as shouting now from women scared, from soldiers barking at their own men. And you see a garrison of troops marching into the lower income districts of this town, which you identify immediately from their thatched roofs. And from the, the alleys of this town, you begin to immediately see Poor peoples with pitchforks and and you know uh, 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 like other things that poor people use. I was gonna say uh, like threshers and uh, uh, things that like things that the common working class farmers, mercantile people, armorers and smiths. Uh, sickle, I think was the word I was trying to think of earlier. Thank you. Uh, they are arranged. They're organizing in the streets, and in between all of that, you see two people arguing. One, a woman wearing common clothing. It looks like uh, like a baker's outfit, like she works for a place that makes food, uh, prepares food items. The other, a finely dressed official. You don't recognize any of the garb. I will actually not we transition, I will do this. Imagine that there's an orange hue to everything. It's a dream, dreamlike state. This official, decked in these long orange robes with a fine insignia across, or maybe even, if you might notice, a golden trim to them. And the two of them are this close from each other, yelling in each other's faces as their troops on either sides are at a standstill in the streets. You two land in the midst of this crowd. And immediately, the two leaders see you there and they are cut off in their dialogue. And they turn, they say, Well, uh, I'll say who's saying what. Um, the woman says, Hey, you! Um, do something to help us! We need you here! The other one says, oh, Come off it. If you knew what was right, then you would pick a side, and you would choose to side with that which is true and just. And the other says, What well, he speaks is lies. It's not truth and justice, it's, 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 it's oppression. And he says, no, it is not. If your people continue to do what they've done to the passers-bys in this town, then this place will be taken off the map by the king and his troops. I am trying to save us from destruction, and you would do anything in your power to remove us from the map. And the two of them continue to argue. Your time is ticking. 
What do you do? What's going on here? What What are you talking about? What they're Tell doing? What the two of them are not paying attention to you. They're arguing right now, yelling. Oh. You, let's say you're about twenty feet away from them as of now, I'm and gonna... fifty feet from either army troops, set of troops. Go up. I'm gonna run up in them. between them and push them back. You see both of them angrily frustrated that you intruded. Um, the woman says, "How dare you? What? What?" Who made you in charge? What what right have you to be here? And the and the man in turn says, I can't believe this. You would settle your affairs using someone else. Someone else to do all of your dirty work. Just like I know you're capable of. And she says, this isn't my doing. This must have been your doing. Who are you and why are you here? We they are both not on a side right now, but we are here to help if we can. We want to know what's happening. I'll tell you what's happening, he says... Ever since the new tax was laid on the city, this woman has been organizing riots that have done nothing but destroy the own economy that feeds them every day. Every time she leads a a revolt, they provide no value and instead bring destruction upon all of us. And if I do not find a way to resolve this immediately, then the king will have my head and the heads of everyone in this city. It is for our own good that we maintain order, even at the cost of some. And she says, oh, the cost of some, that's so convenient for you. If we're not loud enough, then we will not be noticed by the mercantile class, by the oligarchs, and especially by the king. Sometimes it takes burning a few shops and cutting a few supply lines to make our voice heard. So what if we don't have a plan? Any plan is better than this plan. And the two of them seem infuriated with each other. It sounds like the problem isn't with each other. You both have a problem with the king. You're only sabotaging yourself by hurting who you perceive to be the people who are acting for the king. Why don't you both take care of the root of the problem here? I don't understand. He huffs and seems lost for words, and she is breathing deeply, but seems almost um, foggy-eyed in her expression. And... Oh boy, baby, it's time for a high-stakes dialogue up in this joint. The two of you have proposed that these two factions would solve their problems by, apparently, taking care of the root of the problem being the king? Question mark? Let's see exactly how well this pans out. For those who don't know, high-stakes dialogue is like Death said, it goes in 5e. First two, three successes or failures will win the day. Obviously, a failure in this state would kick you out of the challenge and put you right back where you started, albeit with one day less, maybe two. Uh, so, let's go ahead and get started. You see that the two of them breathe in disbelief, and the man speaks first. He says, Well, you clearly don't have the foggiest what the king is capable of. You see, these troops, his outnumber us ten to one. What do you want us to do? Plead with him to uh, subsidize everything in the kingdom? If my town were to make a such request, then every town would make a request. And he knows this. That's why if he wants to make an example of us, he would squash us under his feet. Order is the right answer. I am well aware what the king would do. I come from a town very similar to this. I was in this almost exact same position. It's scary. But going towards the king on your own, I agree, is not the right move. But if you can band with neighboring nations who have the same thought pattern and the same desires as you before you approach the king... You might have a shot. You could even appeal to someone such as the Emerald Egalitary. I have, I have seen firsthand what this king is capable of. 
if you just sit back fighting amongst yourselves, letting him commit these atrocities, commit these, you know, horrible injustices, then the problem's never going to be resolved. It'll just continue to be fighting and murder and destruction and death. He huffs and he says, it always felt out of reach, connecting with the other towns. You know, the king has spies in those towns. If word were to get out that we were trying to band together, then the first mover would always have their head on the plate. I'm not sure that I like this proposition, but you are right that it would only continue as long as the king is in power. Why don't um, either of you, your choice, because you both contributed, roll your first persuasion check. I have a plus four. Plus luck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucking. No. Two. Final luck. No way. It's like a seven. He looks at you and he goes, "Oh, I see. You just like the idea that the world is so simple and the compact units and work together with enough uh, grime or hopeless or hopeful intrigue. It's a little more complicated than that, I'm afraid. That's one failure." Um, the woman then turns to you and she says, Besides, we, we are the ones really taking the brunt of the king's work, not this man and his troops. The reason why we do what we do is because there is nothing better for us. I would rather have scraps of food than to die in a gutter. I'm afraid that working together cannot possibly be a solution here. I request that you instead find a way to help us to seize control of this city and use its resources to create an underground railroad of sorts. Maybe that would solve the problem, at least for the time being. That's all that me and my son are looking for. That may be what you you think you want, but sticking a bandage on this situation is not going to fix anything. You may be happy you have scraps of food, and then... The people around you die. The friends you care about die. Your family dies. And maybe that food runs out. Something, the king gets wind of this underground railroad and shuts it down. As long as you just put off fixing the root of your problems, there's going to be no peace, no solution, no surviving. And for the record, I agree with you that taxing you for all that you're worth is not the solution here. Instead, work together to share the brunt of this. You have wealthy merchants in this town. You have uh, the, the wealthiest of citizens who could share some of this brunt so that everyone has food on their table, everyone has warmth to sleep in. You don't have to make this the worst case scenario for yourselves, even if you can't do anything about the tax itself. You can try. Catch this. Catch this instead. <laughs> there you go. Add that to your persuasion check. Thank you. Am I still rolling? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what is your persuasion? I have plus one. She has plus yeah, four. Yeah, that's weird. Roll better. I don't have a luck point anymore. Ten. Fifteen. She looks at you and she says... Even if we took over the city, we wouldn't have enough through the last six months. I do think something bigger has to be done here. 
and we can't afford to have someone in the king's court simply beheaded because of something stupid that I chose to do. That's one success. Nice. Um, uh, and he looks back and he says, oh, well, that's just great. Why don't you just all have fun amongst yourselves? I think it's clear here that those without would choose to do anything in their power to disrupt the status quo. But the problem with that is that I am not the one that holds the keys myself. What say you? Surely there's a plan here. And he begins to escalate. He turns to the crowd behind him, the troops behind him, and he says, So what? Would you have this half-elf's, high-elf's prophecy come true and see the king brought down on our heads? We must stop this here. And the crowd behind him, the soldiers, begins to chant in unison. Oh! 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 Your move. Violence there, there are about 60 of them there. Is not the answer here. It's are you talking to him? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm addressing the, the people who are mm-hmm. chanting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I am addressing the people who so are loudly, chanting. So loudly, because they're chanting right now. Yes. Violence is not the answer here. It is only going oh. to tear oh. the city apart, very similarly to it did to Kraya. I don't know if you've heard of Kraya, but it was in a very similar situation and it tore itself apart under the ruling of a, 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 a ruler of the city who thought that he could outsmart the king, who thought that he could do better for his people when he was really only protecting himself. I do not want to see the same thing happen. I do not want to see history repeat itself here. Let's see the man roll and see if you're, if, let's see if he thinks that you're lying. Because um, some people are pretty persuasive. Um, he breathes and he goes, You have seen this before. Roll persuasion. Oh, and add a d6 to it. Okay, good. <laughs> Since you're getting some butt-ugly rolls here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's a 21. He says, Wait, also the d6. Well, I guess it doesn't. Can I save the d6? Nope. Oh. Well, it's dependent upon each roleplay. Um, three. Uh, so he, he then, they're chanting, and you do notice that he does this. He goes, and the troops quiet. And they seem confused. You hear them, you hear their whispering with each other. Yeah, they do this. They go, whoo! Ha, 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 Whispers in the crowd. And he says, if things ended so poorly for these people that you want to then what would you have done differently? Right now. And she says, she t- in turn turns to you, she says, Yes. To be quite honest, I don't hate this man. Because I know that he's not really the one pushing the power in the city. But sometimes, in order to keep yourself on your last leg, it's almost as if you need someone. I well understand that feeling. It's it's easy to push that anger and hatred on to the one who's carrying out the rules, who you see day to day enforcing these hardships upon you. But you must think about it. He's just doing a job. You have to look at where the rules are coming from. Who is pushing those down? Where do they start? You take that source and you stop it. If you block that, then 
he he's, he has no animosity towards you. He's just doing what he's told. If he's not told to do that, then there's no problem. The the man says. I used to think of myself as a kind man, but it's pretty hard to do that after the last two years. If I had the ability to rewind time and turn down this position, I know I would have done that in a heartbeat. I want both of you to roll. It's effective advantage, except not as good because it's a you roll, you roll. <laughs> um, if one of you succeeds, that's number three, baby. This is what you need to succeed the challenge. Eleven. It's a twelve. 12 after modifiers? Uh, without the d6, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you didn't get a yeah. d6 because you had advantage on that. <laughs> he looks at you and he says, um, he says, but even still, I've spent the last two years of my life learning exactly how to maintain control in the very small realm of the world that I actually know. Anything outside of that could mean the death of me and my family could mean the death of many people in this city that don't deserve it. I think I have to do what's best for my people. And she begins to lean away from him and turns to you and says, I understand that. And I think I might as well. That's a failure. Final round. Uh, the two of them begin walking apart. Almost like uh, one of those very peaceful and honorable discussions between generals before they return to their troops and trench warfare to then begin fucking. And they are they are now just parting to go back to their troops. This is your last chance. You're wasting an opportunity here. And I know that this town values opportunities as valuable as this one. They keep walking. You said you're worried about your families dying, your people dying. The choices you're making right now will lead directly to that. They both pause. If you take this opportunity and waste it, walk away, and turn out to all-out warfare, things will only escalate. This only ends in bloodshed in the path that you're taking, but you do have an opportunity to make the most of this situation. This cannot, this does not have to be a repeat of Kraya or the countless other cities that have fallen to the Amethyst Kingdom. This you have the opportunity here to start something new. To start what, then? He turns around. You keep saying that there's this, there's this other thing at the end of the rainbow that we can create for ourselves, but I've looked in the vaults. I've seen the fields. There is nothing for us at the end of this. I might as well enjoy the, the, the most of what I have in the meanwhile. And she turns and she says, I wish I could believe you. Trust me. All of these people wish there was something better for them here. But I think ultimately, we know that we don't have power. And that's just the cards we were dealt in this life. Maybe it'll be better in the next one. They both seem resigned. Any last words? You don't have to take this hand that you were dealt. I made something more of myself. I came from Kraya. I witnessed this firsthand. I lived through it. And I'm telling you, I have traveled much of the world, I've seen the Emerald Galatari, I've seen the, the, the Sapphire Scholars, I've seen other ways of life, and I do believe that that could be repeated here. That the Amethyst Kingdom will not forever hoard the wealth and the gold and the power from its people. You say you've looked in the vaults and you see emptiness, nothingness. 
If you look in the king's vault, they're full to the brim, overflowing, several vaults. It's because he takes everything that you have, everything that you make, keeps it for himself in abundance that he could never use. But he keeps it and gives nothing back. And I promise you're suffering for that. I promise you that if you take this opportunity, I personally will do everything in my power to bring assistance to you and your people, no matter the cost to me or my friends or my family. Uh, he and she seem stuck. Like their arms are being pulled in two different directions. Literally in the direction of their own troops, but then also in the direction towards each other. And as they feel almost confused. I, I say more. I know that what we're proposing is not an easy path. It's it's gonna be difficult. It will be hard, but it will create solutions. If you stay on the path you're on now, the path that seems easy the seems most straightforward just to fight it out it may seem easy now but it will ultimately lead to death destruction starvation just because you weren't willing to look forward look ahead to what could be instead of seeing what is now and around you Mm -hmm. look forward to what can be if you work together all right, you ready for this? Yes. It is time for the grand finale. We reach a tiebreaker, and I would like to think that each of these individuals, uh, the man and the woman, unnamed so far, uh, will have their own choice to make, and the outcome is dependent upon both of them. Um, I think that you two are making very different, but uh, they're complementary in a way, but they're different arguments, ultimately. Um, I like the approach that you've taken. It feels right to say that uh, Cypress's approach is to help re-divert the man's anger towards the king in an idea that defying him is the solution, that finding a way to overthrow him is a solution. Meanwhile, you proposing ideas of hope, of self-sustenance, of peace is something that Ares proposing to this woman. And so for that reason, because I think it's interesting, I am going to roll in front of the table the thresholds you need to make in order to persuade them. Um, both of you are going to get a d6, congratulations, but the number that I roll is based upon it, uh, what they currently feel. You're at two and two, meaning they are ne- neither in nor out, so this roll could really be anything. I will roll in front of the table. You can keep it there in case I wobble. This one, light die, will represent the woman's ideology and whether she likes Ares' argument to an extent. The will roll later. Um, you need to tie or surpass. I can't so crit, uh, not 20. 20. Oh no. It's an actual 20. What do you have a say? And you, Cyprus, need to meet or surpass a 16. With a d6, with a d6 in tow. Does this is the twenty count as a nat twenty, or does it count as a number? Twenty. It's a twenty. Okay. Yeah. Also, it wouldn't matter anyways because if they roll, if a 20, it's a critical success, definitely passing right, it with yeah. the d six. Um, uh, well, she can tie theory. Well, and it ties a win. Don't fear. No. Just to clarify, it ties a win. If you tie it or surpass it, you win. Persuade them. Okay. So Eric needs a 
actual 20 to persuade this poor woman to give up their tactical advantage in this particular battle and try to find means to a uh, solution. Meanwhile, Cypress needs to meet Order Pass of 16. Let's roll these one after the other, starting with Aerie. Good luck convincing this woman. Start with a d20 and then roll the d6 after. I, I don't. I That's a uh, 12. 12? No. Oh, 13. 13. Noted. She seems, from your final cries, unmoved by your statements. Cyprus, it is all on you. Y'all are cursed. Six. (laughs) Y'all are cursed. It's a day lost. Or two. Or two. Go ahead. Go ahead. And roll your d6 anyways. It, it, I did. it was with the d6. That was, that was with the d6. Yeah, it was a the two. D6. He rolled a two. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Are you ready for this? No. You ready for this juicy no. outcome? Hold on. There's one last solution. But it's definitely not as nice. Not as nice and pretty as the option that you were, you were dealt here. 13 plus 6 is a persuasion of 19. Which is enough to persuade him. I will not reveal to you what will happen, because I'm assuming you're going to take it anyways, um, but if your combined efforts were posited towards making him believe that there's another solution, he might stand down. The alternative, um, I'm really not giving you a choice, because the alternative is failure, and you're not going to pick that. So... You're going to, your words eventually, as he hears you speaking to her, you speaking to him, this man is the one that drops his guard for just long enough to take in a big sigh. And he says, if it is as as you say, then I will find a way. To make this city the first of many. But I will be expecting your support in this. And you'll have it. He turns to his troops and he says, Troops! This fight is not for us. Return home and set up defensive fortifications. We'll regroup at dawn. A general commands them as they begin to walk away, but the woman is not finished. She hurriedly runs back to her people, and she says, Come on! Fight with me! Let's go! Use the rooftops. Use the plan that we executed on previously. Go fight them. Now! And so they begin to scatter throughout the city. And your bodies begin to shimmer and fade as you pull back. (laughs) And what begins to occur in front of you is these poor people begin to assault the troops that they're trying to return to their home base and make defensive fortifications. They, in self-defense, kill every one of these rebels in the streets and then stop their warfare as they continue to march back, preparing 
for what will eventually be a much greater undertaking if the city tries to find peace. The blood doesn't look very, uh, it, it, it doesn't taste sweet, so to speak. But as you move away from the city, your hope is that future citizens of the city might find their own form of justice. And justice sometimes doesn't look particularly just. But in this world, that might be the best that we get. You see, as you begin to move through the portal, that a scale bing, lights up and its visage begins to implant itself on your own chests. And you see the symbol for Libra appear in front of you and you appear on the outside. For all intents and purposes, and because you got just so close that I'd be depressed if you didn't succeed, that will be considered a success. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thank you for I need both of you to roll a Celestial Ascension Chef separately. Roll your, low. Your Not current, that old game. Your current number is, oh, yeah. your current number is 13, I believe. 19. Is it a 13? It is 13. 13. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm actually that very well. Roll oh, now you roll an 18. Lol. Oh, That's a 9. Boy. Okay. Um, obviously, Trace. track yours separately. You lose an additional one. You go down to yeah. 11. Uh, you go down to 12. So track your own. Yeah. I will trust you to do that. Woo! That was something. Oh, Let's oh, keep boy. going with the next oh, Celestial God. Challenge. Um, and it will be... Uyanga and Axios. Oh. <laughs> uh, and where are you going? Challenge of change. The challenge of change. Aquarius. Mm -hmm. You find yourselves. Ooh, ooh. ooh can we do awkward right? uh, I would yeah. actually choose. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I like that a lot. So you find yourself. Boom! Teleport, and you find yourselves on top of a flat mountain as though the, the peak of a mountain was just chopped off. And if you were to look straight below, off the top of this, let's say 300 foot diameter mountain top, it would go straight down about 2,000 feet. You are elevated above the clouds, birds flying above you. And in the middle is a one singular large marble slab. Upright, let's say 20 feet. The base is a 10 by 10, so 10 by 10 by 20. And this rectangular That's prism the size of our porch. Yeah, is in the midst of this area. And at the base of it is a message for all of you. And it's just you two, right? Astro yeah. is not with you. Um, the message reads, you can, you can read it now. Your, the runes translate in front of you. Um, it says, help me to fly. Do we have flying spells? Levitation spells? You have whatever on your inventory spells right now. Spells seem to be the... Yeah. Spells seem to be the most... Mm, well, nothing. Um, mm -hmm. Flying. Mm -hmm. Let me see what shards I got. So. And every... Every minute in real time that you spend thinking or taking actions, I'm gonna roll something. Okay. Okay, here's a thought. Wait. Do <laughs> I don't know what the topaz shard does to my pickaxe. 
I was thinking maybe the sapphire shard, if it's icy, we can use the ice to push it off the side. If you hit the ground hard enough, it raises it, even just for an instant. That's flight. It's been a minute. I'm gonna roll again. So I could also try and break it. It's marble. No, I don't think breaking it is the answer. Okay. Use the topaz. (laughs) Use the topaz and hit the ground near the. Um, hit the ground near it as hard as you possibly can, and I'm going to, um, give. I don't know what the topaz does, though. We'll find out. You okay? Um, I'm going to roll to give him Bardic's... I'm just gonna give him Bardic Inspiration. You feel inspired by your youngest words. How inspired are you? I'm so inspired. It's been another minute in real time. I'm hitting hitting the ground with the topaz and my pickaxe. You're the ground. Right next to the marble, yeah. Literally right next to it? That's what we talked about. Shard in? Yes. Okay. Go. As you strike, whenever I'm narrating, obviously your time stops. Oh, okay. Um, As you strike the ground, you hear a noise so loud that you can't even begin to, I can't even begin to represent it for you, but imagine four simultaneous thunderclaps. (laughs) As it shoves this entire, this entire marble slab in the opposite direction of where you were standing, away from you. And, uh, I mean, goodness, this mountaintop is pretty big, but I'll roll and see how far it goes. It goes pretty far. It slides. At the ground, grinds underneath it. You see that marble's being left behind as it's scraping along the stone ground. And it flies, let's say, 30 full feet from the force of your pickaxe. Flies. The shard inside dissipates. It seems effective. It flies? Seems effective. How close is it to the edge? 60. 60? Feet. Okay. Thought you said six feet. 60 feet. Uh, Ice. Ooh. Use the sapphire. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm going to take the sapphire, like put it, it in here, put it... In fr- like between the marble mm-hmm. and the, the lead, the, and the no, edge. no, put it in your pickaxe, right? Because your pickaxe makes everything stronger. Well, yeah, but I yeah. have to like, yeah, like you have angle to it angle so it. that yeah. it creates an ice. You're doing like a frozen, like a yes. Yes. we are creating like runway, basically a curling runway. Super, yes, super cool, super cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you do it. Okay, sapphire. I'm um, you do that. So, you hear, as ice goes, uh, why don't you roll? Roll d20 for me. Hey. Does she get bardic inspiration on this length of ice? Sure. Well, I got a 16 plus 6. So I got 22. 22? Nice. That is enough. Um, for 30 full feet of ice. It's a lot. It's a lot of ice. So you only 30 feet? Only 30 feet. You're the wrong way. Um, so you, get 60 feet? You, sh- you shatter the ground as it makes this massive runway. Okay. You just do it again. Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing with Great. the topaz. To- do you have enough shards for this? Yeah, I had not used any topaz yet. So I had two topaz and two sapphires. Okay, so you're using the other sapphire shard mm-hmm. in your inventory. Yes. Okay. What if you do? Wait. What if you do sapphire? 
Hold on. No, I did use a sapphire shard. So I. No, 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 no. I'm not using a sapphire. I'm only using one sapphire and two topaz. Yeah. No, no, you have. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to ice it again the second half. No. Because you're 60 feet. Oh. Well, I don't have another sapphire shard, so I can't. She's we're going to wake up the, the thing. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's you have it. One more topaz left? Yeah. Uh, yeah, use topaz and do the thunder move. You're doing it again? Thunder shove. Uh-huh. This is a mining yeah. attempt, technically, so I'm going to have you roll d20. My stone's fire. No, because you just used it. I got three! Wait, can I choose when to use that? Yes, you use it on reaction. Oh. Well, I wouldn't have done it. it. I had a 16. Okay. That's fine. Go ahead and you can apply Did it you up. tell me to do that? I was just curious. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I wouldn't sabotage you. You may add. It's, it's not going to matter. I got a three. Is that much so? I mean, if I roll a D6, it's a six total. Okay. So, you strike the ground, and it barely slides at another 10 feet. 50 oh. feet to go. Okay, um, 50 feet, though. We're still closer. We're still closer. Yeah, and yeah. it's now on it's the ice, ice. Uh, if that matters. Um, okay, it is I'm gonna, like, very heavy. Nope. Push it. Um, I've been rolling bad luck for you this entire time. Oh. As you prepare yourself for your next attempt, um, you notice that... A uh, a wiper flies up. It is now overhead as it begins to look down at the two of you and rears itself, ready to attack. I need both of you to initiate. Okay. This wyvern is, uh, do not imagine a dragon. This is much smaller than a dragon, but it is dragon-like in its shape and some of its abilities. So what you should internalize is that this wyvern, not a big or adult wyvern, it probably has roughly 25 points. Um, Now, it begins to attack, but you can choose to take your turns to do other things. So just keep that in mind. Um, What's your initiative? 23. 23. An actual nat one, and I roll for you. And Uyanga, you're definitely first. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to yell, Axios, shove it! And when while he does, you don't gotta be rude about it. (laughs) Um, While he does that, I'm going to use firebolts to zero sapphire and uh, yeet it at the wyvern. All right, go ahead, give it a shot. Okay, so I'm going to I think I just do it. And that's my action, and then... It's an attack roll, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So then... Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so inspired. Yeah. Me too. Are you going to push that lock? Hopefully. I'm not done with that. I'm not with that. A wyvern? Yeah, kind of. Those are pretty gross looking. Thirteen points of damage. Okay. Yeah, you your it rolled really well. It just and you look up as you see this wyvern's wings as it lights on fire, and you hear as it's trying to fly, flutter in place, and push the uh, essentially t- put out the fire with its movement. Um, it's looking already pretty bad. Um, uh, it takes its turn as it swoops down one wing up in the sky, the flaming wing, and it takes its good wing, and it starts to slash directly at you. And what's your AC? Uh, my AC is... Uh, it is 12. 
So it comes in and just barely enough. And you look and you see as the, the hip of Uyanga is slashed badly by this wing. Almost like it was, I mean, knife through butter. Uh, it was not very pretty. And the amount of damage that you're taking, uh, it didn't go deep, which is nice, but the amount of damage that you're taking is uh, nine. Nine points of damage. Uh, slashing damage. Cool. Um, and then it pulls itself up and it screeches. And I need both of you to make a wisdom check. Um, that is, uh, you, as of now, uh, are, make sure you I think it is, yeah, you are frightened. You are frightened of this wyvern, with this, fly, with this flaming wing in the sky. Axios, it's your turn. Um, okay. So, I have an idea. Um... I'm gonna yell to Yanga. Uh, basically, like, Uyanga, like, get it to get it to ram into the marble in order to like hit it off the edge. So, for my action, I'm gonna actually push the marble. Like, I want to see if how far I can push it on the ice. Give me an athletics check. Okay. A good one. Um, but then to 19. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's you. And it's going to easily, from your push alone, make it to the very end of your ice. That's 20 more feet, cool. which leaves it 30 feet. Yeah. So the idea is that even though she's frightened, frightened you have to move away from the beast, yep. she can run to the marble and yep. get the thing to, like, chase it and then hit the marble. I like that idea very much. Uh, yeah. It is Uyanga's turn. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, Here we go. I'm I am going to yeah run towards the marble as my uh I'm gonna say it takes your dash action. And I, am I yeah, also as my dash action. Can I run action. that twenty feet that I just pushed yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you got so we're both we're both okay. running towards it. I'm All trying right. I'm like yelling, waving my arms, trying to get it to chase towards we me. Do that thing where we go and then split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like where do I go? Um, it's turning to a Scooby Doo episode. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're both yelling, running towards the marble, and I am. Um, also going to, let's see, oh, I'm also going to, no, never mind, okay, that's the only thing I'm going to do. Okay, um, it's definitely enough for you to catch up with Axios, you're both in front of it, here it comes, it is diving at both of you, dex saves, dex saves, please. We're gonna we're gonna have this represent your attempt to dive out of the way. It was almost a nat twenty. Oh, that's a twenty-three. Do you know why you're deck saving? Because it's gonna hit us instead. Because you're running on ice. So as you sprint, trying to create this runway, your feet are struggling to keep yourself on the ice. Uyanga, swift of foot, decked in her movement, she and dodges dodges to the side. Axios, you slip and your feet fall, come out from underneath you. Yes. Doesn't she still have the the the, the fast speed run mm-hmm. on her? Yeah. yeah. On her instrument. Yeah. yeah. I do still. Okay. Cool. Okay. Just carry. You. Sprinting. I can't like your use feet. my claws in the ice or something. On your turn, yeah, probably. 
if you get one. Uh, so as you are sprinting, you, your feet slip back, and you're trying to keep yourself up your main Eat some ice as you fall down, and here comes Mr. Wyvern. Um, His attack rings as his flaming wing strikes into you. He sweeps low, and his head strikes you directly, pinning you to the marble, and the force is unbearable. You are crushed from the front. And, yes. yeah, but yeah, it's a wyvern. Also, you're on the ground. Um, My body. <laughs> you get crushed in between the wyvern and the stone behind you. Ready for some damage? Oh, fine. He's rolling too many dice. I'm worried. Cool. Um, Forty-seven points of damage. I'd be dead. <laughs> you take twelve points of bludgeoning damage, and then your body gets thrusted into the marble slab. And how well did he roll? You notice that he tips over the marble statue, the marble block, and you go tumbling with it backwards. Your body now, I guess it's hard to explain, you've been struck, falls backward like this, and you are now tumbling backwards at an alarming speed. Uh, I need you to grab onto the marble. This is uh, a deck save again. 13. 13. Your claws desperately scratching in place and you notice that your claws scrape the surface of the marble all the way down as you slow yourself enough to hold on as the wyvern just plowed into you and it's like he didn't even feel it. He's rearing back around for another pass and now the marble is on its side. Which means it's only 10. It is. It did did fall an entire 20 feet closer to the edge of the cliff there. Um, Ryanga, your turn. Oh no, it's actually his turn. No. Great. <laughs> what? Is there anything on the top since I'm basically on the top of it now? No. Okay. <laughs> it's a marble block. Sure. Your turn. What do you do? Uh. I go on the other side and I push it. Cool. You're trying to push it off. That's my best guess right now. So friction is almost tripled on this thing now. Good luck, but give me an athletic check. And then I'm gonna prepare. It's a nine. Okay, so okay, so you're pushing. You get come, Annie, five feet. Uh, from, from, all, from, all closer. This, from all of this work. Um, so the, and then I'm gonna prepare to dodge out of the way of the. So the edge, yeah, it's 15 feet until it would even consider toppling. Yeah, it's five. The edge of this is five feet from the edge of the cliff, thousands of feet down below. But other than that, yeah, it's it's exactly. My other guess is getting the wyvern to pick it up somehow. It's massive and heavy. Okay, made of solid rock. Um, so (laughs) where is the wyvern right now? He is swooping around for another pass. Okay. He'll say he's pretty good about you. I'm going to use my sling. as a obviously a ranged weapon, and I'm going to roll to yeet into his eye. Um, Fourteen. So that would hit, but you're afraid, so you need to roll with disadvantage. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like uh, six. 
and suddenly you see in its eyes a bloodlust. It is there for no purpose other than to slaughter you and feed you to its children. You miss. You can continue to move or do a bonus action if you like. Okay, so... I'm desperately looking at my spells. Um, and I'm just gonna go ahead and roll for its attack because uh, we yeah. know what's gonna happen here. Yeah. Okay. Do you run at least? To the yeah, top? I'm gonna run. I think you can get there in time. Yeah. Sure. You are there. Um, you are now technically beyond the ice conveniently. Um, uh, just the little area right there between ice and block as it's tipped over. You run. Here it comes. It's attacking you. And what's your AC? Uh, twelve. It is. Uh. And this is just like the headbutt attack that struck you. Um, unfortunately, uh, conveniently, you're not pinned because you kind of get knocked on the top of the marble block. Okay, cool. You take seven points of bludgeoning damage, and then your body topples backwards onto the top of the marble structure as well. Um, Nine. Okay. Exit. Great. Okay. He's now down on the ground. He just spent his turn. He's now closer to where you are. Are you a total of 16 HP? Like you've lost 7 or do you need more? HP? No, I need significantly more HP. Okay. Uh, I could heal you or push the rock. Push the rock. The more we get, the sooner we get push out of this. Push the rock. Okay. The sooner we get out of this, the better. Um, in that case, I'm gonna push the rock. Doing it again? Because she said so. You're gonna need a really strong one. Okay. Bardic inspiration. I I have I am giving him bardic inspiration again. I love Uyanga singing. <laughs> I what what do you do to inspire Axios as he tries to maybe finish this here? Um. It's an athletic check, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, as as he's running at it, I'm like, I like, okay, so I roll off of it. Mm-hmm. I roll off of it as action, and then um, I'm like hurting, and I'm like clutching my side where I've been, um, where I've been injured, and I just yell, Axios, get us home! Mm-hmm. Axios, before you roll, oh, I'm gonna tell you what you need. Uh, then it doesn't count because I haven't seen it. Okay. Cool. And I want you to roll in front of the table as well. So okay. Um, <laughs> you need. What's your What's your uh, athletics uh, modifier? Six. Plus six on athletics. Line pride, baby. Uh, you need a twenty-three in order to successfully push it off the cliff this round. So you need it. So you need a seventeen. You need a seventeen. Plus inspiration. Oh, plus inspiration. That's true. Plus inspiration. Seventeen plus inspiration. I'm inspired. Okay. The music swells. You notice, you notice as the mane on Axios ruffles, and you feel, you see, biceps and deltoids activate as they <laughs> begins to lift claws underneath the base of this marble statue, you push, you lift, and finally, you fling this entire marble statue-like block off this mountain. Why? I don't know. And finally, music cue, we'll stop that there. You see this block.
fall a hundred feet and then shatter on the rock. Yep, there you go. Immediately below you on the mountain. Yeah. Well, it flew. It flew. But then. Oh no. Something good happens. You see. Doubtful. It tumbles a hundred feet. A jut out from the mountain strikes it as it's falling down. And it cracks and explodes. And out from this marble block, a wyvern flies. Oh, it was an egg! Wait, this is good, right? This is good. And you see the wyvern above your head screech. Ah! Like an eagle, I guess. And then spins in the little spiral and juts out with its top speed to unite with this baby wyvern fly into the sunset. Yay! Yay! And the two of you see as the sun sets, a film of multicolors begins to descend over the two of you. And you see the icon of Aquarius implanted in your heart and you are back, baby. Back in the mausoleum. But while this is happening, I need both of you to roll a Celestial Ascension check. Uh, What is it? Just a d20? Yeah. 15. Bummer. 19. Mm. Oh, that's bad. Six. You're at. You have six days left. You have 11 days left. I need you to track your own. Who took my my pen? I think you have my pen. And finally, we take ourselves to the trio. Astraea joining in tow as you go into which challenge again? Creativity. Awesome. You mean cancer? Imagination. Imagination? Cool. Sorry. That's okay. That too. That's all right. So, you... Cram! <laughs> so, you... Land... On a gorgeous beach. Ooh. The sun setting, warm, gentle breeze, and... You feel like you could spend an eternity here just with how nice everything is. And so bad. You stand there, and I feel like time is not moving anymore. Like it's frozen, standing still. And only then do you notice very perceptive the waves are not moving. They are frozen in place. This seemed fun. Australia? Yep. Any um, ideas? <laughs> she says, Oh, Cancer was such an interesting fellow. Mm-hmm. He was one always known for taking detailed notes of everywhere we went. He would tell us, We'll want to come back here someday, if not in person, at least in our lives. And I couldn't frankly understand what he meant, but maybe this was one of his memories. Oh, was it a memory that you were part of? Did you, were you here also? Do you recognize this place? I was never so close with cancer, unfortunately. That's what I Wait, look at that, over there. She turns around and the two of you see closer to the inland part of this island, it looks like, that you're on. There is a large bubble, a diameter about three feet across. And it's like if a crystal ball was in a fountain of water, consists like constantly passing water over it, Mm -hmm. because it has, once again, that sort of shimmery looking, uh, semi-translucent hue of a glass ball or of a bubble. And the two of you, look at that. It is the only thing in this entire world, other than the three of you, that is moving right now. Okay. Uh, Before we walk over, um, 
is this island, can we, like, see to the other side of the island? And we're like, oh, ocean over there, too. Is it like the, the Bikini Bottom Island from SpongeBob? And it's just like that little tiny thing. Yeah, it's a very small island. We'll say, we'll say total diameter of the island about 300 feet. Okay, so we can see all of it. Yep, it so feels like there's basically trees, nothing. There's some trees, mark. there's some grass, there's some bushes. Um, gotcha. It's an island. No uh, dense jungle or no. anything. Okay. No. Small island. 100%. Yeah, we walk over. Let's walk over. Okay. You walk up to this ball, and it is pulsing with this kind of energy. And when you look very closely, um, okay. when you look very closely, what you see on the inside is that it is, if you were to... I'm trying to think of a reference that would make this easy to demonstrate. If you are um, doing... Have you seen the music video for We Didn't Start the Fire? Maybe. Uh, I would say it's that on double speed. It's basically every image of every single thing that you can imagine existing, like an encyclopedia of the world, is rippling in front of you instantly, frame by frame by frame, every single thing. So it'll rapidly oscillate between magic and buildings and faces and foods and customs and dancing and music and it's like the entirety of existence is in this ball so that one Somehow. scene from Wally where he's just on the computer yeah, yeah he's just like downloading all the all the human information yeah it's basically like that uh, except just bubble. really fast yeah gotcha. really really fast um you uh I want both of you to roll uh this is going to be it's just perception see how we do 14. Fourteen. Uh, mine's five. <laughs> Aegon, you look at this, Bye. and one of your thoughts is, wow, this is like really hurting my head. Yeah. Lupin. Every now and then, maybe one in 80 frames in this rapid, multicolored show, you catch a face that you know. And actually, wait, that was the tree that you used to play around growing up. And then, wait, 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 that, wait, stop, that's Headmaster Zagria. And it flies by in an instant. Almost like this is being conjured from your own memories. Uh, that's what you get the sense of from watching this. And by the way, Estrella is looking at it as well. She's trying to help as much as anyone else. And she says, oh, there's so much here. It's almost like all of existence in Chrysalis is in here. I'm seeing images of my... My family, my friends, and the headmaster's aggregate. Does she see Tiger? You were 14, right? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Uh, I should be. I don't it just know. hurts my head. Like, are you. Is last this thing stuff that. The last thing that you see, I might as well give it to you before you start discussing, um, is that in the distance, a different thing has started to move. Oh? What? The sun. It is now at what we might call 7 p.m., and it begins to dip. And what you see is that the sun is falling directly behind, in line with a large portal. That portal is a sphere itself about the size of, like, the portal that you used to escape the uh, uh, yes. conservatory. But it is at least half a mile out on the water. And the sun is setting. You would predict that it would set in the next hour. Well, uh, if I had to be honest from what that looks like, I have some idea that we need to use something from this bubble to get us to that portal before the sun gets there. I would agree with that. 
So. Okay. Um, should we touch the bubble? Well, hold on. This this trial is about imagination, about creativity. Um, do you have anything that you've used in your past, like a boat, uh, something that could propel us across water? Uh, something, I mean, you said you saw things in your past. Um, do I have anything? Do I if remember? I, when I start imagining, when I start imagining my um, home, yeah, and thinking about my home and conjuring up my mother who could fly, all that stuff, what is the bubble? What so are you trying to see in your mind's eye? Something that can help us get across. <laughs> you need to be more specific. Are you thinking about your mother, or my, are you thinking my, about a my, boat? My rowboat that I used on the lake that I lived at. When oh, I was a kid. very convenient. I rolled luck already to see if that was true. Mm-hmm. It was not true. Something dumb is not true. I'm actually going to have you roll to resolve it. Okay. You need to beat. This is just a pure luck check. So you're just rolling to beat this. You have to beat or match a six to have had a rowboat growing up. Nine. <laughs> Wait, was there a nine? Yeah, it was a nine. Oh, okay. It turns out... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, Lupin, you have a really intimate memory when you were growing up with Cyprus. Uh, the two of you would sometimes go out on the lake in your rowboat, and you would use it to catch fish with your bare hands, and you would challenge each other to see how many you could catch. And you would both use very underhanded druidic tactics to lure them, trick them, or literally make them inside of your buckets <laughs> and nets. But it was still a fun competition nonetheless, and you felt like you grew really fond of him and you two of each other during that time you spent together. It comes to mind. Your ability to conjure this, this makes the image appear before you in the bubble. Can I reach in and try to grab it from the bubble? Are you going to reach in and grab yeah, the, the rowboat? Yes. Oh, can I see the rowboat? No, you don't. Oh, okay. Yours is encyclopedia mode. Oh, so okay. you see it, you reach in, and you feel wood in front of you. Yes! <laughs> It's it's tiny. It's like the size of your perspective. So it's like you're hiding at holding a tiny little boat. And you're you gonna pull it now? I'm gonna pull it out. You pull. Boom! Yes! It flies yes! out of the bubble and lands in front of you and you are recoiling because you uh, I have a boat in front of you and the second thing that you realize this This looks familiar somehow. You don't remember what this is from anymore. Aww. Oh. 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 I pulled it out of my memory. Yeah. Oh. Lupin hasn't said anything, so you just see Lupin reacting this way. No. Great! We have a bow! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it came from. Who cares? <laughs> we have a bow! We can go! You you are you are filled with a, a pretty heavy sense of like Sweet. <laughs> like just like sadness, but you don't know why. I'm sad. I don't know why. I sound like me in normal life. <laughs> having <moved>. flashbacks. <laughs> uh, I guess we can try and use it. Yeah. Do you just come with paddles by chance? You look inside. There are no paddles to be found. I mean, <laughs> okay. Here, I have an idea. Are there palm trees? Can you, can you pull it to the water? Yeah, hundred percent. Is it choppy or is it smooth? It's frozen. Well, it's not literally frozen. It's not moving. Okay. Oh. So oh, what does that mean? How do you ride a boat on? Well, I guess since you're doing it, I'll just explain to you what happens. You yeah. pull the boat across the sand and into the water, and you're pushing it, which, when you are immediately in the shallowest part of the shore, is pretty easy to push through. But then you get to the parts of the waves that are have picked up and are frozen, little 
five, three foot little ways. And it's like they're made of stone somehow. Like they, they literally, you have to push through them like they're, actually I'll say sand. It's like you, you would have to push it through walls of sand so like, to get it to go. Like sand basically? Yeah. Can I, can sure. I like, since I'm pushing it out onto the water, yeah. I'll like walk into the water and yeah. wade in. Do I feel like it's quicksand? Uh, yeah, quicksand esque is a good description. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we but can't just like floating. swim. The boat, yeah. the, bo- the boat is floating. The boat is floating. Yeah. The boat uh, is boating. Yes. <laughs> the boat <laughs> is boating. Okay, so before we get any deeper, yeah. let's just climb in the boat. I have an idea. Um, should we not at least plan to maybe need a paddle? I have an idea. I'm gonna need you to hold me so I don't move. What? I'm going to cast a spell. Okay. Are you gonna turn into a creature? No. Okay, good. I don't. Don't be a bug. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a bug. You do seriously. Yeah. 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 You can become an aquatic creature. It's not In water. Frozen <laughs> water. I don't know. I don't know how that works. It's true. She does have swim speed though. Through level four. All right. Fun. So I'm going to cast. So we're in the boat. In the boat. Is that what I'm understanding? We're on the boat. Okay. And you're holding on to her for some reason. Straight is with us. So I'm. That's your holding you by the arms. What am I? Uh, you are going oh. to hold me Titanic style, but we're going to face the island and face away from. We're gonna use some physics here, baby. Uh. I'm going to cast magic missile tier one sapphire. <laughs> No. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens. Uh, I, I know the nature of uh, magic missile here. So you're facing backwards and you're shooting it kind of from your at hand? The same, so what I'm thinking in physics yeah. is that at the same force that this leaves my body, yeah. it's going to push yeah. us the same amount back. Uh, you know what? What the heck? Roll damage and based on how forceful the attack would have been on a target, I might give you some distance here. My spell modifier? Yeah. No, it's to hit. No, no, no magic missile automatically hits. hits. It's a it's, it's a three d four. Yeah, oh, uh, I think three d four is at this level. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, let me look. Can you you, you said at level one. One d four plus one force damage hits target. One d four. Four. But it's three five. So it's five. Magic missile's three hits. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. A dark. deals. Oh yeah, it shoots three dice. So I have four, and then so I have five. Yeah, yeah, five. Five. five more, and then three more. That, three that's more. like almost the maximum damage 13. you can do. Um, so <laughs> you're just like, this is like rockets on the back of a of like a this little, exactly red, little red wagon. Yep. So you're <laughs> as you're like shooting through the water, uh, that water, that's water awesome. a little bit here, and uh, I mean water. you get exactly that distance times two in feet. So you get you know, like twenty five feet, and thirty feet. The water, the total is how far? Uh, a half, mile. half a mile. 2,000 something more feet, yeah. yeah 2,600. It starts, it starts to get cold um, as the sun is beginning to set. You are not convinced uh, that you would be able to survive being in the waters, despite its weird texture, um, if you were to try to swim it on the way there. I think we need to use the boat, and we need, we need a way to propel it other than that. We should go back to the bubble and find something else, yeah, for sure. You return to the bubble, you're looking inside it. What are you thinking about? All I can remember is my past with... Aegon, can you remember that, that road that you walked on? That's what I'm thinking of. Oh. 
I don't know where the drill boat came from, but I'm assuming I'm looking and these are my memories, so I don't know where, I can't remember a robot in my past anymore, but maybe it was there one time. Like you traded the memory. Probably worth it. This was the first time you met Master Sumeni. Vereni. Vereni, thank you. (laughs) Master of Vereni. It wouldn't have changed the fact that I still have memories with Master Vereni. It just would have been different, I guess. You've never walked on any rainbow road. Other uh, than that time. Other than the one time. Well, wasn't there... In the garden bits, little tiny ones. That's true. I don't know if I can. I mean, I don't know if I can control it. I only was able to walk on it with Master Verney. That is true. I wonder if I can imagine that moment and bring him back. I've already rolled luck for you. It is time for you to find out if you can manifest this reality. Are you ready? You need to roll with a luck check, d20. A six or higher. Only <laughs> <laughs> one win this. Oh, no, really. I rolled three. Ha! Well, there you go. You think as hard as you can, and this, this rainbow road, it's just, it's like so many other things have happened since then, and... Yeah. You feel like you've let your master down, but this memory is not with you in this moment. You still on that mic, then? I, I, I don't That's think straight. I can let go of that. I mean, what else is in our past that we can talk about? You, you went on many travels. Do you yep. remember anything? He said, "Most of my time was in the gardens of my youth. I, I, I'm afraid I didn't live a very long life. But I will see what I can find. I just rolled luck for her. Um, she said, my thought was." Um, Every night, my mother would make uh, a, a like a large stew on the fire for all of us, and we, she would ask us to choose which ingredients to bring in and put in the stew. And I thought that maybe having a strong fire, um, one that I could carry in a kettle or some other instrument, would be something that we could use. So I'm going to try uh, and see if I can get that. So she, because she's like, because that's a very strong memory in my mind, so that should be pretty easy for her. Cool. Uh, and then she's gonna roll. She needs a four <laughs> to get it. I don't need to roll in front of the table. I'll just roll here. It's roll fourteen. So she reaches in, and there's a small wince, and she goes, "Okay." And you see that there is a black kettle and uh, firewood, and there's some like flint to light it with. And she quickly lights a fire here, and she says, "There's some very." interesting patterns on this. I wonder what those are for. Uh, and she holds it out and now you have warmth and light for your journey. Seems good. I had to have used paddles somewhere in my in my memory. I had I pulled out the boat. I'm gonna say your only memory of really rowing a, a strong memory of rowing the boat, um you don't have anymore. I I mean sometimes we would run out of crabs that were really close to the shore. So we weren't swimming at that point. We had a boat. What were you using to push the boat? Master Verney was the one rowing, which was really strange. He's very <laughs> old. <laughs> what did you a paddle? I rolled, and yes, that did happen in your past. So if you want to conjure that memory of fishing for crabs with your master, then you can do that. Okay. Okay. Um, it's already there, uh, because I already rolled luck on that. 
Um, in order for you to manifest it, you need to roll a six or higher. <laughs> Eleven. You reach and you see that Master Verney is there. He's rowing, and the two of you are on very still but cold waters, uh, just outside of the dojo. You look off and you see the pattern, the insignia of the wooden carvings on the front of this dojo to Taurus. And as he's rowing there, he's talking to you and he says, you know, I always thought that one day you would be able to combine your physical strength and this wonderful gift of yours to become a, um, a master wizard, a sorcerer, or I heck, you could be one of those astral projection wizards that Dulik keeps talking about. And uh, you are sitting there, and what do you say to him? Wait, okay, so I'm taking my place in Yeah, you're taking your place in, this, in the flashback. Am I aware that I want the paddles? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, I mean, oh, you watch. Okay, it's okay. a, a, a oh, body okay, experience. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Master projection does seem pretty cool. I'd, I'd be interested. Do you know anything about it? You know what? I could teach you a little thing or two right here. In this boat with these paddles. He holds the paddle in front of you and he waves it very quickly and he says, Now I want you to think very hard about a place you know very well. Think of it in your mind. Go ahead. Okay. Now watch closely. He begins to move it faster and faster and then he lets go and mystic arms, uh, the astral arms, are waving it at a supersonic speed in front of you. And like one of those machines that you can spin and it, uh, the frames of a film come in front of you, you can see it moving in motion. The iterations of the paddle moving back and forth open a very small hole, like in a fence if you're passing it on a bike, and you can see the place that you are imagining in your mind. What is it? It's... The, the rainbow bridge with the stars. You see the rainbow road in front of you. you. You're actually there right now. You can see where it is as it is now. And you're looking down. And he says, that is so good. What a great skill you have there. Anyway, I'm really excited that you'll probably never forget this moment. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that actually for you. <laughs> Your hand reaches in and grabs the paddle. The grab both oh <laughs> And you pull them out. And immediately... You feel the worn texture of these paddles in your hands. They're actually a little cold for some reason. You don't know why. You're on a very warm beach. And you don't remember any of your days fishing with Master Veretti. None of them? None of them. At all? None. But I remember eating crabs. It's very important to me. <laughs> you are confused by the fact that you like crabs so much. Wait, he, he, he crabbed on the shoreline too. I mean, yeah. Like, so I don't remember going out on a boat to fish with that story? Correct, yeah. Great, okay. So I still fish for yeah, crabs. Yeah, you, 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 you caught crabs, you eat crabs. Great. Yeah. It's very important to my character, Dark. <laughs> no. I will say, though, the that crab you... Arc. Actually, I, I think it's important that I establish that you do not remember any of your fishing outings at all with Vereni, so I'm, I'm kind of changing my mind on that. No fishing at all. But you remember eating crabs. So anything in the dojo, fine. Anything that involved fishing or the boat, no. Ooh. You now have paddles. You see, as Estrella looks at you, she says, This might be enough. 
I'm afraid we're going to need a lot of strength to work through the, the frozen waves, but this might be what we need. We, we, should, we should try as the sun is setting soon. If there's anything that I can do, it's that. <laughs> All right, so you three get in the boat. And I'm going to hug him first. I know we're short on time, but I'm going to give you a quick fairy hug. <laughs> yeah, you have a fairy hug. What color are your wings right now? Uh, What's my sad color? Blue. 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 They're blue. They're blue. blue. All right, cool. Just checking. Gotta get that status up there. Uh, you, you three. Um, so she's holding the light uh, high above the wooden rowboat from your childhood. You don't remember. Um, and using the paddles from your days fishing, which you don't remember. And the lit uh, bucket from her youth, which she does not remember. The three of you paddle hard. And eventually what happens is you are essentially asked to break the waves with your paddle to pave a little sand-like path for you to mostly propel yourselves through. And I will say, because you have... I use my lead cord quarterstaff to not break the paddles because they yeah. don't seem super strong. Yeah, that, I think that's fair. I, you don't have to resolve anything else. That was... Uh, you got enough stuff for me to say that an hour is comfortable for you to make it there. You make it to the edge of the horizon and like your time in the void when you were looking at the film of soap and you dove downward, you notice that the horizon just stops and there is a portal and if, you were, and if you were to look on the opposite sides of this three foot wide portal here you would see that it drops off directly into stars uh like you were on the edge of the universe or the galaxy row us into the portal row 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 your boat you go down and a film encapsulates all of you and immediately you see crab begin to appear on your chest and blazons. But that's odd. Why would a crab mean this much to you? You used to eat a lot of them, but hmm, like that's crabs. that's funny. Oh well. As you descend and all seven of you <laughs> land back in the mausoleum with three runes emblazoned on your chest and you then see them trade with each other all of you holding three of the four runes you need to pass the celestial challenge yes and only because i'm a dm that pretends he likes sandboxing and not scripting or uh you know sandbox or uh, railroading anything you all happen to land immediately in front of the challenge of bravery. Yeah. <laughs> Taurus himself Great. looming over all of you. We've you can choose another one. We decided we were going to uh, do that anyway. Uh, Capricorn. Capricorn, Capricorn now. Yeah. No. You, you literally can't. Uh, I just thought it'd be funny. We so, no, we're doing Taurus. We, already we started Taurus with Taurus. Taurus got us into this. Taurus will get us out. Taurus if got us into this. Roll well. Seems right. <sighs> all right. So all six of you... You come back, you've already rolled your... Oh, uh, you two need to roll we your did. Celestial Ascension. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. I got an 11. She got... No, oh, I got a 9. nine. She got an 11. Uh, so we both just oh, lost okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. That's good. I forgot. It's for us. Very backwards. Very backwards. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> for us. Like, like, for me, it's better if you miss. Um, so, let's get a day count from Maiming, because uh, who knows what's going to happen next. Uyanga. 6. 11. Cypress. 12. 12. 12. 11. All right. Hey, not so bad. Not so bad. Time for the challenge of bravery. You, all seven of you, drop through and you find yourselves in a deep underground cave. Infinitely long before you, infinitely long behind you, curved roof, flat 
sides flat brown, just dirt. There are lit torches that dot the halls, alternating at 20-foot intervals, but again, infinitely long behind you and before you. And you don't see anything else right now. What's above us? Dirt. Oh. Let's Almost run! A, yeah, it's, it's a curved ceiling. Uh, where? There are two choices. Forward. That way! Uh, Can we split up? Straya, you have any recommendation? Ow. I'm hurt. Oh, I'm gonna you and me help okay. that. Thank you. Wait, I got you. You yeah. get. Yeah, many, y'all like notice that I'm like wincing and holding want? my side. Astraea puts her hands on her temples and she says, How many do you like is Tim Knox? Uh, I'm at like seven and I need like 31. Take 20. How much HP do you have? 38. 27. I have 45. Did it go? I cannot heal anyone else. I'm good for 20. How do you have so much HP? How do you have so much health? Max max HP is 31. Oh, okay. okay. Are you ready? Yep. I did nothing. Uyanga, add five to your thing. Okay, here we go. So she she puts her hands on her temples and she says, Oh, that Taurus. He was such a foolhardy and brazen fellow. He... Love just asking people to chase after him without any regard for what his plans would be. I think what he would want is for us to follow him, but we need a signal. Your device. It tracks signals, doesn't it? I have it right yes. here. It does. Good. You pull it out. It instantly <laughs> points to the path behind you. Oh. Well, well, I mean, we've been through this before. I don't think it's going to help if we just walk it. Let's go. I think this is a headlong charge. Can you long stride us? Yes, we're long striding. Uh, Each level of the cast uh, is the number of people that you can affect with it. Okay. It is... And if I was being that DM, I would say you can only cast it at a fourth level, because that's typically how spell slots work. But I don't freaking care. If you can send the spell slots, you can cast it at a level well, six it or seven. Six. The Muse Stone or something? That that gives it a one, it's a level one for each charge. Yeah. Uh, so that means that I can cast it at level six, right? Or seven. Oh, right, yeah, six, because you have one free. Yeah. Sure. Six. You will need to spend six spell slots to do this. I have a great time. That's fine. Cool. I like having options. In your app, spend your good. infinite spell slots. Uh, Wait, you can have... put your app. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fine. Cool. I forgot the last thing. And let me double check Longstrider here. It is what, what, what? Uh, what's the exact language? To... Doubles. I think it's double. Yeah. Or oh, no, it's 10. Increase by time. Increase by time. Yeah. Cool. Which is an hour. Yes. You are all, most of you, a third faster. You know, 30 to 40% faster for an hour. Uh, that'll be fun. All right. All right. All uh, of you are now sprinting in the direction, I presume. Yes. Do you say anything? Last one, guys. Let's, Let's get, get it in. Let's get home. Let's go home. All right. You begin to sprint, and the walls begin to fly past you as you are running your absolute fastest. These torches dotting each side, you see them flicker past as you are sprinting towards whatever this thing is at the end of this 
who knows how long tunnel. And as you continue to run, you hear hot breath along the backs of all of your necks as a massive warm breeze shoots from behind you, past you, and down the tunnel. Mm. No! Back. With literal wind at your heels and on your neck, you speed up just a little bit. But the next thing shakes you a little bit to your core. Horns of stone begin to break up through the ground on either side of you before you. And what you notice is that because it is shattering the earth underneath you and you are sprinting towards it, it is separating the path in front of you into different pathways. There are now eight to choose from as it has been split into eight pieces. The device. Which way? The device. That device. Look at it. Look at it. I'm using it. You are continuing to sprint forward and you realize that behind you, the dirt underneath your feet is beginning to fall and give way. An eternal blackness underneath them. You continue sprinting the torches on either side and... Every path seems like it has a supercharged amount of energy. It doesn't Guys, matter. I take seven. Just, just keep running. I take path to seven. We all go, follow. Go with we him. All you all go. Sure. Down the path. Yep. Cool. As you are, you take the seventh path, following behind Cyphus as you continue sprinting, and then in front of you, you see three statues appear with large entrances under each of them. One Libra, one Aquarius, one with the other one, Cancer. Uh, as you continue sprinting in front of you, these openings beckon to you and the statues begin to come to life, almost leaning forward to beckon you inside. What do you do? So wait. Go into the Libra. one Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. So there are three doors open. Is there any other way we could go, or is it literally like an empty passageway of three doors? Dead end at this point. Okay, so just let's the one go. That we went in. Yeah, yeah, let's go in the one we went into. You're splitting up. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. I don't know. Splitting up is a good idea. You continue to sprint because the dirt continues to fall behind you. You gotta go into these various paths as right before you walk up sprint underneath these openings the statues lean down like they're trying to take a swipe out of you and you go through the tunnels underneath you are now split into your groups of two two and three you continue sprinting i need to know who is in front you can be i'm in I'm arbitrarily making one of you even barely slightly in front of the Honestly, other. Honestly, you're probably faster. You're faster. I'm faster. I mean, you have longer legs. Okay, if you're in front, sure. raise your hand. That's true. I'd like heavier. Great, armor, you continue to sprint I together. Your, the echoes of your footsteps <laughs> off the walls of these caves, and suddenly the dirt in front of you breaks. And you see as Cypress, Uyanga, Aegon falls through the floor, and the, the ground swallows them up. The rest of you continue to run. And only moments later, Lupin, only moments later, Lupin, you felt running faster than Estrella, the floor does the same to you, too. As you all <laughs> descend into different varying heights of caverns inside of this massive underground labyrinth. Soon to say, all of you are now completely alone. You continue sprinting. In front of you, 
you see that something lit is coming. It's uh, 300 feet away. No, uh, 250 feet away. 200 feet away. It is coming toward you as you sprint forward, the ground behind you falling from beneath your feet. And you see at the very end of all of it, the beginnings of a massive, massive stone wall made with the etched relief sculpture of a bull with its horns flaring. Fire shoots. Each of you is like imagining a hornet's nest about to exit these various tunnels and halls at the very end of this long journey with one large stone wall between you and victory. Your capacity to meet it head on, like in the Dungeon of Taurus, has everything to do with your commitment to the charge. So, let's go ahead and resolve that, shall we? First, we need to resolve each of these in sequence. If I could pause music for a moment. Can I get, uh, actually, we're gonna do this. As the red lights of the torches continue around you. Cypress, you continue to sprint and the walls of the caves begin to shimmer. And you see the arching branches of trees descending around you, and a fire lights the base of them all as it spreads from canopy to canopy, sprinting faster than you possibly ever could. And at the end of it, you see that behind you, at the edge of the trees behind you, you see your surrogate mother. You see a sylph, angelic-like fairy creature holding her children in her arms as trees begin to burn around her. You know in mere moments they will encapsulate her in flames. I need you to tell me what you do or say to yourself right now. Go! I've had enough of this! And then I, like, reach to down to the depths of inside of me and, like, find strength and power and, like, rage that I've... Rage. For of barbarians. barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this, like, burning hatred that I have for, like, you know, people who hurt the environment, people with power, and I just channel that all into, like, my feet and my speed and, like, oh, boy, I love it so much, baby. <laughs> Why don't you roll d6 on top of your wisdom saving throw? Can you see right now, by the way? Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> the vision of your mother perishing behind you. You know that this commitment is more important than anything else. Let's see how you do. Great. How do you do? I do... <laughs> 17 plus 6 plus 6. You are fired up! And your nostrils flare as you sprint along the ground. You see the trees burn. But they might have to burn if it means you saving the day here. And you're committed to your team. Your feet run faster. That is an excellent job. What is your total after that? 29. You will get an additional D6 to your impact to the wall. Congratulations. Let's go to the next of our heroes charging. It's Axios. Uh, Sprinting down. You see the visage of your father floating amongst the top of the cavern as you run, and his face looks right down on you. 
You see his voice. You see his mouth move as his voice echoes through the cave. He says, This life was not meant for your glory. You will never measure up to your brothers. You are foolhardy. How dare you take on your grandfather's legacy? You do not deserve it. Axios, what do you do? Go. You don't define my future! Run. <laughs> Run. As your feet foot into motion, I need you to go ahead and roll your wisdom saving throw. Okay. I got a 12. 12 is good. Oh, uh, and, uh... Do it. Uh, take a d4. Do yeah! And it rewards you. Ooh, oh. four. <laughs> so I got 16. That's pretty good. You see his face, but he will not stop you from attempting what you need to do. Your feet pick up, and you continue to run, prepared to charge this door. Next up is Estrella. Ooh, interesting. And you don't get to see what happens. Okay! Uh, so, um, next up is Ari. Ari, you begin to sprint down this corridor. And as if the last few weeks have not been enough for you and what you've been experiencing, somehow, in a form that levitates at the speed of your sprint down the corridors, you see steps, then a stone table, and your father seated. Like he's hovering beside you as you run along the corridor. One hand leaning on his fist. And he turns to you and he says, Hmm. So you think that you can save people. Let me just think about how successful you've been with that. No, no. Oh, heavens no. And oh, not even your mother. I say you should just give up. That way you'll have some semblance of dignity when you perish. What say you? I say that if I stop now, their deaths are in vain. And I say further that I have had enough of you, and I am coming for you, and you will fall to your own pride. He leans back and he says, I look forward to it. Fades back. Add a d6 to your roll. Right. It's a wisdom save. A wisdom save? Yeah. Seventeen. is enough! All right. You push through the tormenting words of your father, and you continue to sprint forward towards your goal. We are one, two, you don't know about Estrella, but we are one, two, three, out of one, two, three. Let's continue <laughs> with one of you having a bonus initiative there. This goes to Uyanga. Oh boy. Are you ready? Yeah. You sprint down the hallways and immediately behind you and nipping at your heels are three rhinos. (laughs) And they are reverberating the walls as you see at the head of the pack, you see Captain Gravenock. He stands there with a spear drawn at the side, orderly. Like he has one mission and it is to bring you down. And he says... By the order of the Empress, I command you to cease. If you stop immediately, we may spare you and your family. And so he is charging after you. What do you say? Go. Your story will not be mine. I love it. 
Uh, add four. And let's see how we do. Hang on, if I can find my pointy one. Hang on. Where's the pointy one? Wait, somebody give me... D- Wait, oh, there it is. I'll do it. Ah! No, we dropped it. Well, 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 well. Ah. <laughs> give me another one. Okay. I need to re-roll because I dropped everything. That was a lead. Ah! And... A 20. Dirty 20. Dirty 20s. Pretty, pretty good. Um, uh, at this point, you are so resolved in your struggle that you're going to get an extra D6 on contact. Yes. So congratulations. And uh, finally, l- no, it's you two. Both of you are left. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that'll be Aegon first. <laughs> Aegon, you are sprinting forward, and in the midst of your sprinting, you hear screams. Um, you hear screams. Oh. You hear screams of Nova, who seems at this very moment to be uh, being attacked by the Truth Keeper's forces. And she says, Okay, um, if only there was someone to help me now. Uh, Aegon, you stupid idiot. Where's this guy when you need him? And then behind her, cowering in fear, you see Gaius. He is clutching his bag tightly as these troops come in. They break off your path to the right, and the two of them seem not long for this world without your help. What do you do? Go! Uh, I'm gonna, I mean, flashbacks of the things that we've done, the, the memories we've made, the friendship that we have built, flashing in front of my eyes, tears streaming down my face, I'm going to stare and lock eyes with the bull on that stupid door. And I'm going to scream, Let us go home! Go ahead. We're coming, guys! <laughs> Add a d6 to that roll, baby. Let's see how you do. Oh, we had no roll. Oh, wait. Lol, we Please be good. Oh. Wait. It's a 25. Yes! <laughs> Three of you are very committed and... Uh, Almost all of you succeeded. Lupin, how would you do? As you continue to run forward, you see that your locket around your neck floats upwards, and it opens with the image of your father inside. And that's when you look up and realize that he's before you. He is sitting on the ground. His hands are covered in blood. And you notice that in the middle of his chest, is a wound. He's been stabbed, and he's bleeding. He looks up to you, almost like he expected you to show up, and as you sprint towards him, him now 30, 20, 10 feet away, the only words he says are, my girl. What do you do? Go. I'm coming for you, Dad! I start running for the door, and I lock eyes with him and past it on the red eyes. Are you going to Sprint past him. I'm sprinting past him. I'm sprinting straight past him. All right. You're going to ignore him. He might die. We'll see. Give me a wisdom saving throw. And uh, go ahead and add D4 to that. Wisdom saving? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't even add that. Oh, 26. 26, really? Wait, Mine was a 26. Oh, okay. He didn't add his wisdom save. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you have a plus six wisdom? Yeah, Druid's 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 Druid's
26. Yeah, I think you got it. Yeah, <laughs> 26 is great, Fantastic. You see him behind you, but in your mind, you know. This in my, is in my not, heart, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> you, you know that he is, he means the world, but this is more important, and you'll find him someday. And as all of you sprint, the dirt floor falls behind you. Cypress, the trees burn and collapse over the image of your mother and her children. Airy, your father's stone table falls to dust as he's behind you. Axios, your father's face descends and disintegrates behind you. Aegon, you see that Nova and Gaius begin to be surrounded by these troops and fall out of you. Uh, Uyanga, these rhinos part ways and stop as they fall through the dirt floor. And Lupin, you see your father turn with a smile and disappear into the darkness. As the rest of you sprint, coming up now, 30 feet, 20 feet, 10 feet. The extra speed from your long strider kicks in, and all of you leap across a 10-foot chasm. If you were to look down, you'd see nothing but darkness. If you were to look forward, you'd see the gigantic emblazoned etchings of a Taurus. And as all of you strike, as Estrella joins you, I want everyone at this table, we'll use light for this moment, to roll what may be the most important d6 in your life. Anyone that got a 20 or higher rolls two d6s, but so that this is much more entertaining. Let's at least see if there's a chance for you to fail. This is not your easy peasy tiny door from the previous time you took on Taurus. This is a mighty machination. I gave some of you the opportunities to earn extra dice. That is based on your resolve. That is the challenge itself. Thankfully, all of you took this on together, which will improve your odds dramatically. I'm sure you probably thought of that in advance. As you are getting ready, I'm going to tell you the number that you have to beat. Are you ready for this? I'll roll in front of the table, so it's all honest, honest, honest. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have a word that rhymes with honest. Boop. I'll give him back. You have to tie or beat this number. Is this other seven this in there? There's six in here. What about... It's just a number, actually. Australia? It doesn't have to do with the number 66. of people. Yeah. <laughs> Two. Good. Oh, it's going to get annoying. I'm going to roll them all. All right. Oh, all right. Nine. Ten. Eighteen. 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 Eighteen beats it. And I think you have the dice to do it. So let's do them just... In order, we'll add it up around the table. So, Uyanga, why don't you roll your two d6s first? Six. All right. And four. Ten already. Ten. Goodness. Three. Thirteen. Uh, seven. Twenty does it. But let's see how well you smash this thing. Keep rolling. Four. Uh, I already forgot where you were. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Great. Go ahead. Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Well, I, it's impossible for me to explain. That's double. That's double the number. That's double the number. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I didn't roll. I didn't roll hers. Did she, she get two? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Forty-two. <laughs> ah! 
So you want to see this? Well, how about put on this for size? You all jump. And there's this breath as you hover through the air, looking downward, knowing that this could be the last choice you ever made. Just together, united. Any of you could have turned back. Any of you could have turned back. United to take on this final challenge. And as the bull's horns breathe fire, it's like you don't even see it. As all of you, boom, 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 boom. And you see the wall crack and shatter. Both tablets of stone falling before you as you careen through like action heroes, landing on the other side. And all of you, all of you, stick the most beautiful landing (laughs) together to take on this Taurus. And there on the other side, you see merely a small, (laughs) humble little wooden calf, one about the size of Axios. And across it is a room, the room of Taurus. And as you walk past it, it begins to glow brightly. The room begins to collect with the runes on your chests, and a portal opens for you to escape. The dirt floor behind you continues to catch up with you. So, making no uh, uh, no hesitancies about it, you quickly file yourselves to the portal, and... You pop out in the mausoleum. I need everyone to roll an an ascension check. (laughs) The only good ones. Nat 20. Hey, you're feeling pretty good. What if you match your number? Uh, 12. Uh, You lose lose one day. Oh, yes, that's correct. You lose one. I rolled a 19. You lose another day. You lose two days. That puts you at nine. You are now in the mausoleum. Four runes, four challenges completed, and immediately Astrea's eyes light up with a mixture of hope and excitement and fear and sadness as she and all of you realize that it's over. It's time. And you see that the the tomb, the the mausoleum tomb that was originally intended for her ascension, just like the other 11, is now glowing with a golden light. And she stands in front of you as all of these symbols echo. And she says, actually, we'll pop me to you. I am so proud of all of you to know that there are people that walk on Chrysalis that can still find justice to create and imagine, to change. That's what this world needs. I have to confess that it is hard for me to think of leaving at this point. But if I can leave behind people like you to keep it in this stead, then it might be time for me to leave too. And at this moment, all of you are standing there, and you hear a voice. Or, sorry, a sound. You hear a sound. You hear. Yeah. 
in the midst of um, this room that you're standing, you see someone that might be recognizable to some of you. Um, it's a ghostly visage. Careening, like bouncing off the walls from here to there, you see that there is the ghost of an older man walking with a cane. Um, he has balded, sort of scraggly hair. He's got relatively low-class clothing, um, tattered, got a little vest, uh, sort of frilly shirt that's bound by a rope. Um, and he comes before you and says, Estrella, sweetheart. I think that you're ready. And she pauses, she says, if I were to be honest, I don't think any of this was truly me. These mortals here, they did this. And he says, well, maybe that's why we keep them around after all. People capable of change and ingenuity, of finding justice where others can't. We can take good care of them in the stars. And she says, I'm scared. I don't know if I'll be ready for it. And he says, I know that you are ready. And she looks at the rest of you and she says, thank you. Thank you for returning my script to me. I'm not sure that I would say I regret waiting out my days here on Chrysalis while I have the chance, but I will say that I'm glad you taught me just how resilient, how loving, and how uh, just you can be. So I want to give you a gift. She holds out her hand, and in it is a very small, condensed, multicolored, shimmering, sh like shaking ball of light. Um, it looks exactly like the star that Master Vereni handed you to touch when you first met him. And she says, this might help you if you need an aid in the stars. And she invites you all to touch it. <laughs> you all Put forth your hands that as you touch them together and on top. Why do you do it over there? Hey! Suddenly, in an explosion of light, you feel sparking energy shoot through your arm and into your body. And in an effect that is not that dissimilar to what you remember, you see several things to each other happen all at once. Number one. You see the runes that have been across your chests disappear. You see 
Each person's eyes glow white like you've seen multiple times in this campaign. But then the energy pulls from the eyes, transfers back down the arms, and shoots out the fingertip that you touch the star with. And they collect together. And as it hovers, this energy from all of you combined hovers, this radiant energy in the air around you. She reaches out and she grabs it with both hands and she breathes it in. Well, I hope that that solves your problem. But as for the power inside you, do not hesitate to call upon me if you need a helping hand. All you have to do is touch the third star. And she points, and in through the, you know, those broken stained glass roof, um, the film of soapy, multicolored shimmer breaks, and it's the regular night sky. And in the distance you see the star that will become Virgo's official constellation, where the brightest of those stars shines brightly, matching the hue, the signal, if you wanted to check, and the color of, or and the frequency of the star that you all just took, and that is inside you. And finally, she turns to the rest of you and she says, um, maybe one day we can have a chance to celebrate together. <coughs> but I don't have much time, so I think it's time for me to say goodbye. Thank you, Luyanga. Thank you, Eri. Cyprus and Aegon. Lupin and Axios. Take care of this world. And she holds the hand of the older man. He guides her to what will be her final resting place. And as she descends and lays backward, floating into position on her back, she says, May truth and purity be in your souls, that together you may bring this world peace. And the man effortlessly moves the gigantic slab of stone to cover her face and as soon as it's sealed boom, boom golden light emanates a rune of Virgo appears on the front of the stone and a statue <laughs> steps out of the ground erected in her pose with her hands clasped much like you saw on the front of the book that you found and the room begins to get silent. And it begins to feel cold. And the lights begin to fade. And it begins to grow dark. And all of you fall asleep. You wake up on top of a stone slab in the middle of an eel-infested pond. <laughs> Was that a long wrist? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and you notice that it was winter when you got there. It is summer. Hello. Ah, oh, we missed the tournament. <laughs> what about your martial archery? I missed the martial bow class. <laughs> and as 
you begin to look around, the trees are, uh, uh, there's green grass everywhere, the stone is not cold and icy, you see birds flying in the air, you see an elk or two walking along a river. Harold, march? Stop. We're not actually doing that, right? No. no, no, no. Um, and finally, you notice that all of you are back to normal. No curse-like affliction, no wild magic surges, and your, your sense of reality, your ascension, as it were, officially, cleared. You may tear up those things if you've been tracking your celestial ascension so far. Unless it's your phone, in which case, don't tear up your phone. Um, I'm tearing up D&D Beyond. Oh, no. <laughs> Finally. Uh, actually, that's it. So you, you're now on land, and all you know is that it is distinctly not winter anymore. Can we go back home? I... Let's go home. I'm, I think I'm it's time to get Tigria and, and guys their memories back. Yeah. Well, it's been a heck of a long time. Who knows what's happened in our absence? Do you? I guess we're headed back, back to the celestial conservatory. Oh, let's say hi to Zenny on the way. Yeah. Do you head back He's to the He's probably very worried about us. Well, we need to us. return his device to him. That would be good. Unless oh, he, he didn't say it was for you. Yeah. He said it was for it's you. Ours. He just wanted to keep it for the research. Right? Yeah, no, he just wanted the, the blueprint. He just wanted to prove the proof of concept, basically. Oh, okay. yeah, it's for, the, the point because, of the hard decision uh, was that we get to keep it. Yeah, you have to get something out of it. <laughs> yeah, we can use it in the future to find more signals. Great. Oh, and I guess I'll point out that the signal from Virgo's tomb, completely gone. It's silent. Well, rather, you point it upwards, and the third star has the exact signal of Virgo's script. Well. And while I'm pointing it out, each of you also has that signal inside of you. We can so, find each other. Ha! That's funny. Uh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> no, that's actually kind of Never true. find <laughs> my friends. <laughs> you all have find my friends installed. <laughs> just, just, you're there. Yeah. Right. So you're going to walk back? Let's go home. Let's begin, go home. You begin Let's to walk. Home. Where the heckin' are animals? You trek. Oh, oh, your animals. Your animals? They've just been chilling. <laughs> I'm gonna quick call Where's for. Sar? I'm I gonna pull out my whistle. I pull out my whistle and I do not come. Oh, oh. Maybe they went back to a star step. They could have gone back maybe to like, our cabin. Maybe like Montaigne and and Zenny are taking them. care of them. Where's Sar? That's possible. You freaking took my horse. I'm gonna you took my werebear. <laughs> Where do you go? Let's, yeah, okay, go back so to you the begin walking on the roads, and about a day later, you notice that there are blue robed officials that are doing the toll along the roads of Starstep. Some of them have armor, others look like they might be casters of some kind, and they stop you as you travel, and they look at you and they say, hello? Um, uh, yes, that'll be a toll for the Truthkeeper Prionis um, uh, to help maintain the standard of these roads. That'll be four gold pieces, please. Do we still have our Do you have any cookies? Yeah. You have everything that was in your possession when you went in. Let's, let's, let's just pay it. Here you go. All right. One of one of the robed individuals looks at you as you're handing it. And he goes, "Wait a second. I'm gonna go up to him and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna intimidate him." <laughs> he says, "Are aren't all of you students at the Celestial Conservatory?" <clears throat> I mean, yes. He says, 
He says, the headmaster put out a search warrant for you. They say that she's been worried sick. Headmaster Zagria? No. I'm sorry. Oh. You must not have been there in a long time. No, we were. That's, that's quite all right. What happened? Uh, oh, nothing happened. Her term uh, finished when she took a job at the library. Um, instead, uh, she has a new successor there. What's their name? What's her name? I forget his name. He's new. Um, it started with a G. It was, uh... Gaius? Headma- that's right! Wait. <laughs> Headmaster Gaius uh, is now in charge of the Celestial Conservatory. What? Really? Did he, oh, when did he take? Excuse me. Wait, what year was he? Yeah, what year is it? Why would she have left midterm? Also, Gaius is. How old is Gaius? Do you know? I have the foggiest what age Gaius is. Halflings mostly look younger than they really are. Well, uh, let me ask you this: How long has it been since he became headmaster? Uh, Probably two years. I really missed my Marshall Berkeley. Oh, well. Oh, so, um. You know, you don't happen to have a way to get us there pretty quick. I I would hate to keep him waiting. I think I can do that. Um, you know what's funny? (laughs) Um, I just realized two out of this campaign things that become really, really interesting with a two-year gap. So, I lied. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna roll it back. We're gonna say it's been six months. Boom. Six months into an end. Still. I just, okay, I so just it's like you. the winter of our like semester or whatever is when it happened, and yeah. then it really is the next summer. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. But guys, is still Yes. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, cool, cool. Cool. So, so you all go back, bop, boom. Um, you walk through, star step. Was there anything else you were gonna ask? I suppose. I mean, like you're gonna get there. I mean, yeah. but cool. You walk through star step, and there, absolutely shocked, he falls off his chair at the top of his tower when he sees you walking down the path from the eastern oh side of star step. He's literally not heard from us. It is Zinny, and he sprints up to you, gives you the closest of hugs, and is thrilled. He want, he asks a thousand questions. What happened? What did you see? What did you learn? You spend the night there. Yes. You want me to roleplay a thousand questions? No. I no. Didn't <laughs> I didn't hear an Australian accent. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sound like Jenny. He's probably an imposter. <laughs> Montaigne makes you some fake sand. Chaplin makes you some tea. Um, and uh, the rest of you continue on your way, walking back. Um, the most interesting thing is really that uh, when you arrive at the Celestial Conservatory, you notice that there are lots of students that are walking around. I guess I'll say, I'll skip to this. The most interesting thing that you notice is that the um, banners that used to be over the main courtyard and over the entrance and the main study hall used to have the symbol of the Council of Scholars. It was an icon of four heads that were together over a book. But instead, all you see is a, like, a Coptic, this is like a special design of characters, it's a Coptic P that has been emblazoned over these blue banners so as you bad. enter and also in the various halls. Um, 
you walk in. And where do you go first? Headmaster Gaius's office. office, yeah. Okay, so you go to where you think the headmaster's office will be. You turn in and you walk down the hallway and Professor Molnor is there in his office. He's looking ah! at documents and as of now, he doesn't actually notice you there. I'm gonna knock on his door. Uh-huh. Hey, Professor Molnor. Sorry, we're in a bit of a hurry. We very briefly spoke uh, six months ago. Uh, can you point us to the new headmaster's office? His jaw drops. Well, he does remember. <laughs> the administrator from Star Stuff said you were dead. Said you well, were killed by an elemental construct. We almost were. Uh, depends on how you define killed. I am so relieved to see you alive here. I, uh, yes, yes. Um, if you wish to see the headmaster, he's, he's down the hallway, uh, same as the other headmasters. It's good to have you back. What happened to Zachria? She accepted a position on the Council of Scholars. Um, she is undertaking a very special mission, but she wouldn't explain what it was. Um, I'm sorry. Gaius is the interim headmaster in her stead. Uh, Do you happen to know anything else about what happened to the administress? He said, uh, yes, actually, I I happen to be reading about that. Um, A lot of the administrators in the remote regions are typically... They're forged, the the creations of the library. Um, She lost her source of power, and so they had to replace her with a a a carbon life form, with a living being instead. Ugh, carbon life. (laughs) Right. Okay. Thanks. Yes, of course. Do you go down to guys' office? Yeah. 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 We have to see guys. You walk down and. As you're walking, there's uh, uh, a few students that are coming by on a tour, and uh, you hear a voice that says, and that was the headmaster's office. Gaius right now is actually the interim for Headmaster's Agria. We hope to see her soon. She's on a very special project, but I wouldn't exactly be one capable of telling you more about it. <laughs> Anyways, and he bumps into Cypress. He bumps into Cypress, and he goes, um, hello there. Uh, you, Please. you all look familiar. Is it halfling? Is it, is it cream cheese beet? It's a halfling <gasps> with very bushy hair. <laughs> yes! Cream cheese, cream cheese, cream cheese. He says, do I, do I know any of you? Uh, uh, no, 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 not, no, no, not no, really. I don't think so. You don't look familiar. Okay, um, sorry about that. It, if you're looking for a tour, I'm giving tours this afternoon. There's another slot that opens up at 3.30. That sounds, sounds like good. it might be good. Yeah. What was your name? Oh, um, my name is Peter. <laughs> yeah, it's great to meet you, Peter. Peter. Nice nice to meet you, Peter. Peter. He says, all right, well, anyways. Okay, next we're going to go over to, uh, uh, <laughs> what is it called? Ground Zero. Yeah. And we're going to be able to get one of my favorite snacks here. They have these lovely cupcakes with a cream cheese filling that you will die for. And so he walks off with the rest of the <laughs> And as he walks, the crowd subsides, and you get to see in. There's a desk in the front. 
and no one's at it. The table's been moved, and instead, on the front of it, there are many stacked books with lots of records on them. And behind it, in the back, you see a halfling with straight, short, parked, and neatly parted hair and rimmed glasses, busy, studiously working away at transcribing one document using a particular <laughs> spell. It's over. 26. We're doing. We're doing this. Yeah. I'm typing incorrectly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I, that's what I point. <laughs> four. That was a four. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know. I really am blind and deaf. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse us for a moment while we uh, while we get this character right here. I mean, I did not. I didn't prepare my my victory lap artwork for every character. Okay, I got him. Here he is. There's Gaius. Gaius is looking at uh, these texts in front of you, and you do notice that the one thing that has changed about him is that he has a thick mustache what? on his face. Mm. Just grown out uh, right here, like he's instantly aged 10 years somehow, despite it being two seasons. And he looks down at his texts, and finally he, he, he pipes up and he says, um, if you brought more of the, of the governmental records, you can leave them on the desk, thank you. Guys? Who has, Guys. Who, who, Sorry, we didn't bring any governmental who records. Who has his memories wrong thing? Uh, younger does. Welcome Wait, but how did he put a search warrant out for us if he doesn't remember us? I figured that kind of just got resolved. Uh, not yet. Not yet. Soon. Just got it. Yeah, how did that happen? Hand wave. Oh, we all good. We all good. Yeah. So the rock. Yeah. Can I just like? We we. Take it. We do have this for you though. Master Gaius? <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll, I'll keep going. He he looks up and he says, I'm sorry, do I, do I know you? Not well, yet. Uh, what? Not yet, it's not the right word. We're some, uh, some old friends of yours. Yeah. You might not remember us. There were a bunch of circumstances. Yeah. Hard to oh, remember. Okay, Um. well, there's been a lot of new faces around here during the summer as we get ready for the next year, and I thought that Perhaps you were visiting students from a while ago, but <laughs> I must just be getting your faces confused with someone else's. Uh, we have all sorts of different personalities here at the conservatory. We are proud to have one of the most diverse student bodies here. All different kinds. Uh, Leonids, of course, and uh, we, uh, we have silks, and occasionally a Goliath comes through our pot. Um, real quick, I heard that you put out a search warrant a while back for some students that went missing. Is that true? Oh, um, yes, there was a record of some students that were uh, reported missing about six months ago. Um, unfortunately, there was uh, a mishap up at in Star Step, and the official came back and said that they had perished, unfortunately. So we, we discontinued our search warrant. How many students was it? Um, well, um, let, let me check. Pull out the stone. Yeah, the memory um, stone. I have the stone in my pocket. So I pull it out. We're supposed to do with it. Cast it on him. Yeah. We, I think I think you could casting. infer from the way it was originally cast that you right. replace it to his forehead. Right. So 
I pull it Maybe out. Maybe ask his permission. And I, no. no, 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 no. Definitely not. As I look, uh, as, as he, like, turns back to us, about to say something, so I, I stick it on his forehead. <laughs> you see as energy shoots through his core, and his body begins to tremble. His eyes are completely closed. His hands drop the book that is in between them, and they sit there, idly twitching in the air, and then, as his hands slow, Tears begin to fall from his closed eyes. I'm like around the desk and already holding him. Group hug. Told you we'd make it back, little buddy. Bring it in. It's like, you can tell that he really doesn't want to open his eyes. Um, I'll just tell you right now. For fear that the thing he knows to be true might actually be an illusion. Um, So he hears your voice and he says... Hey. Is it really you? Hey guys. Yo. You, uh, we never gave you that dinner we promised. Yeah. He you want to come over? Opens his eyes. Oh, oh my friends! My friends! My friends! You're here! And he takes you all oh, as you yeah. complete the group hug. Tears down his face. And he says, The memories. You were given the memories from Zagria. I knew that there was something missing in my life. I knew it. I was trying. I, he gestures to the table. He was like, I was trying to figure out what it was all this time. I accessed the archives and the student records, and I, and I, I, oh, oh. I messed with Zagria. She, she, she went looking for you. She, she what? what? How did she remember us? I, 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 I don't remember I don't remember why. She, she never explained to me, but she, she said that there was something at the library she needed to find, so she accepted a position there. Is she okay? I haven't seen her oh. in months. She hasn't even sent a message. Guys, come on. we got to go to the library. Let's go. Uh, I, I, I'm afraid that even as an interim headmaster, I don't, I don't have clearance for something like that. We, we need to um, be given authorization by Truthkeeper Prionis. Uh, oh, great. Mm. No. He's like the head honcho, right? So, do you know if Nova's still around? He says, Oh, I remember the night she left as well. Now that you mention it, she was to be a, a deep <coughs> for all of you. Yeah. I can send out for some information on her. If there's anybody who'd know a way in, without clearance, probably would be her. I reckon so as well. So he sits there in his office, and he says... The The interim headmaster didn't hear that, though. Ah. Right, didn't hear it. Just our buddy guys. Yeah, yeah, got it. Just our best friend guys. Good. Just guys, our friend. Um, he says... Right, right, yes, right. Um, I... If I'm being quite honest, I think Headmaster Zachary might be in danger. But now that you're back, and now that it's clear that you are no longer in danger, then maybe she can call off her mission and, and return to being the headmaster here. I just I wish I knew her way to contact her. And suddenly, um, you, not that suddenly, uh, he turns to the rest of you and he says, all right, so it's resolved then. We can find a way 
to contact her, let her know that you're right. Mm -hmm. And maybe if there's no longer a curse for you to suffer, then the truth keeper will have no need for you. One can hope, I think. I think those are lofty hopes, but maybe so. We can hope. But we'll do our best. Well, additionally, everyone does think we're dead. That's true. So that could be so worse than our favorite. Nice. So it could be silver lining. So let's keep he, it that way. He turns and he says, I wonder if my dad thinks that. Don't worry. Um, I have things that might be helpful for us. Um, I have official documents. Um, we, we keep very detailed records over our students and where they come from and, and their relationships. And we submit these to the library. And um, it just so happens that I have been holding on to some of these for some time. And he pulls open a drawer, and in it is a very short document. It's a page that's been torn from a book that he's transcribed onto just a while ago, as all of you first arrived on campus. And he goes, ah, well, um, I don't think we'll be needing this anymore, shall we? Maybe I can... <laughs> He begins to tear it up, and then he just throws it. Into the air. I, like, cast, I cast flame and when we signed up as a poof. party. Oh. Um, and he says, Okay. And it's resolved. We find a way to free Headmaster Zachria. Um, meanwhile, um, he turns to you, Uyanga, and he says, However, now that I remember all of you, I have a letter here. It says it's from your father. You open it, it is two months old. And the message is short, but it's in a very specific script, always handwritten, always with very level lines, but pretty uh, uh, scruffy strokes on it. Um, you see a letter from your father that reads, Dearest Uyanga, I pray you've learned much in your time. We will need you here as soon as the wind pulls you. Our resources are scarce, and Captain Gregnock continues to push us to our survival's limit. I know you will be a great leader here, and so I am welcoming you home as the next chief of this tribe. Yours truly, Tamulin. I... It's already faded because of how much time it's spent since it was sent. I'm... Staring at it, and what is it? Everything okay? They need me home. They, they're dying. This is already old. I don't know how much time they have left. If they have any at all, I. How can I choose between two families? I've n I've never struggled with this before. I I always knew where home was, where my place was, what was most important. But now. Which family do I choose to follow? The one that I have always had or the one that I've gained? But we will always be here. 
for you to come back to. We're not going anywhere. Except maybe to buy Master Sacrifice. Could be mildly perilous. But your people need you. We get that. You'll be able to find us again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember Find Your Friends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easy spot. Touch the third star, right? I'm sure we could find a way. Oh, for sure. The third star will always be there in the night sky. Stars don't change. No. Not much. He looks at you and he says, Well, um, um, I wish you Godspeed. But if you are to return to your people as quickly as possible, then you might want to see someone who's been waiting for you here. And he gestures for a stable hand to bring Sarge. (laughs) And in tow, you also see (laughs) It turns out that while the six of you were stuck in a temporal rift that lasted months, Sar and Fern were on the outskirts of a frozen forest with giant eels, uh, trying to make sense of what to do next. And eventually, they believed that they were to travel home. And so the two of them went on a weeks-long adventure together, trying to find their way, which we will get to experience ourselves as part of a special one-shot I plan on hosting in the future. Yay! The Homeward Bound Journey. (laughs) And So put that in your back pocket so we can prepare for it. That's lovely. Okay. The two of them are now in your respective stead. And you, I imagine, mm-hmm. mount your horse and prepare to immediately depart. Yes. So, when I'm about to mount, sorry, I imagine we've all moved outside. I don't imagine yep. my horse is yep. in the guest's office. So, I'm out, and um, I know that they're going to be staying together for a while as they go to find Sacria. So, I hesitate for a moment. And then I, my fiddle has been strung on my back, and I sling it off of my back, and I hold it for a moment, and I give it to Eric. And I say, this has been with my family for generations. And now it will stay with my new family until I come back to claim it again. Tell my story, tell your own, and tell other people's. And tell me about them when I get back. And so I'm out to Sar, and I move out. You take off riding in the forest and you are on your way back to your people to see if you can take what this mess has become and turn it into a saving story for your own people. And as the five of you, plus plus Fern, plus Gaius, Headmaster Gaius, stand there. Gaius says, hmm. it's so funny how much can happen in just a few months. I feel like I was just getting to know you and Yet, we have so much more in front of us. So, my new friends, 
Are you ready for another adventure? After dinner. <laughs> Haven't eaten in six months. And says, well then I would like to try some of that mushroom stew you've been talking about. Dinner. Dinner. Coming back to the purple heart with us. And so, uh, the rest of you begin to walk as the sun is setting on this chapter. You walk across the quad into the forest to an absolute shack that has been decorated in your absence with flowers planted at the base where stone tombs have been made. Little tombstones, little uh, heads, with your names on them. And as you walk in, you see that at the, at the foot, buried underneath the floorboards where you originally laid in your fire, you see not just a few gemstones here and there and some uh, donations, some, some uh, tributes to you as a group, but you also see a very recognizable pair of daggers belonging to Nova. You step into the hearth, you shut the door, you make some dinner, you prepare to rest for whatever adventure may come next. And what will it be? I suppose that we'll just have to find out next time. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we were going to end the final session of this arc for Weave of the Nine Stone. It has been a fantastic journey. Let's go ahead and just... Let's just give it up for this fantastic cast. I want to name them off one by one so you can enjoy all of them going around the table. Let's give it up for Hannah as you younger. The wonderful, the tragic, Ayla as Ari. The absolute wild man known as Cypress played by Justin. The mystical, the starry-eyed, the love struck. Aegon, played by Logan. The daughter in a world full of chaos, finding peace with her were-barren toe. It's Claire as Lupin. And the youngest born of a pride of lions with his grandfather's mystic war pick and toe. It is Annie as Axio. And our benevolent and crafty DM, Nathan! <laughs> as everyone else! Except City. City! Thank you so much for watching. Obviously, we're going to have a playlist of all of these up on our YouTube what? and on this Twitch channel for you to watch back as many times as you like. You do you. And uh, we will be thinking about the next season of content we want to be producing within this universe, whether we go on a homeward bound journey with two animals or step into some different stories that take place in the world of ourselves. What is the Amethyst Kingdom up to? The Emerald of Galatary seems nice this time of year. And are the Black Jade Lords scheming something? Or is Truthkeeper Prionis up to something behind the wall gates of the Library of Evolution? And what happened to Headmaster Zagria, anyways? Surely more questions will be answered as we continue to explore this grand universe known as Crystals. Thank you so very much for watching, and we will see you next time. Goodbye! Bye! Oh, it stopped. Okay. Hey! hey!